And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this Hoopsville special. We are on an hour earlier, and we will be on quite a bit tonight as we look at who may be in and who may be out of the NCAA Division III Men's Women's Basketball Championship Tournament. I cannot believe we have finally arrived at this point, but welcome in nonetheless. Hope you'll enjoy the show. We have lots on tap. For example, Pat and I will be talking about who's in and out of the tournament. We'll be making our selections, uh, probably starting with the men, I suspect, and working our way to the women. There are 19 men's Pool C bids at stake, and there are 20 Pool C women's bids uh, up for the up for grabs. Remember, no Pool Bs at all uh, this season. Um, just not enough teams, independent, and nobody, nobody, in, and and no conferences with non. Uh, uh, on non-AQ scenarios. So um, lots to cover there. We'll also hear from some of those who uh, are dancing already, winning AQs, and some of them who stole essentially some Pool C bids away from some teams. We'll call them bubble bursters. Those uh, We'll talk to a number of those coaches as well. Some of the coaches we'll talk to, and, and we'll tell you now, all these interviews are pre-recorded so that we could focus on on the selection show, and that's a little bit different. We'll talk about that in a middle, minute. But we talked to uh, Stevenson women, Alvernia men, Salisbury men. Um, doing this off the top of my head without looking at my cheat sheet, <laughs> which is never great. Um, Wittenberg women, DePaul men, um, and Wesleyan men. First time in the NCAA tournament since 1959. First time with an automatic bid. Um, but I should say also first NESCAC championship is what I meant to say. If you have questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville. You can hashtag Hoopsville. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can also join us uh, or email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Uh, if you don't know what my monitors look like, we'll give you a treat. But I've got three in front of me, and we've added a laptop over here as well today. That's how much we got to cover. I've got pads and paper. I got, I got pens and pencils. A little, few little snacks to get us through. Quite a bit drinks. Well, you may catch me uh, drinking and eating throughout. You'll just have to bear with me. Also, big announcement coming up here momentarily, by the way, as well. So that is how you can get a hold of us, and we certainly hope you will take advantage of it. If you bear with us, we sometimes get a little bit over. Um, inundated, as it were, with uh, those who are trying to tune in and enjoy the show and ask us questions. It sometimes just takes us a moment to get it all taken care of. We will try and get to as many of your questions as possible. Um, and I know there's a lot of them out there, so we'll do our best, uh, as it were. So feel free to fire away questions. We'll do what we can. Brian, another year, another Sunday, listening to Hoopsville. Hoping to hear some positive news about the birthplace. Brian, you're going to have to be a little bit more detailed about what the birthplace is. Uh, but that's how you can interact with us. Um, it's time for the Hoopsville Bracket Prediction Show from now until whenever Dave or Pat fall asleep. You'll find out why this show will not go to 4 a.m. like it did last year, or the second version of our show last year, uh, in just a few minutes. So bear with us for the big announcement. No, lower corner, right here. We're going to have an open window to our Hoopsville campaign. This campaign ends tonight. We are 77% of the way to our goal. 
Our goal is only halfway to what we had last year. We've only raised a third of what we raised last year. Any help you can give us would be greatly appreciated. We'll follow how it goes in this window right here throughout the show. Any contribution is appreciated. You can get a t-shirt out of the deal. We got a second contribution today um, from somebody, and we will read that off. Just hold on. Let me find it here. Jim, big women's basketball bracketology fan, Jim from Connecticut. Just gave us $100. Jim loved that we did the Women's Bracketology Show last year and gave us $100 because he found out we were going to do it again. We are going to do it in some capacity. We are not going to do bracketing per se. Listen, bracketing is so difficult in Division Three, and there are so many different factors in play that it's too difficult. And to be honest with you, I felt that last year I got into what I thought was a very enjoyable bracket, maybe a little hopeful, and I think it caused me not to be all that happy when the real bracket came out. So we're not going to bracket per se, but what we will do, what we will do is we will select who we think is in and we'll talk about um, some of the bracket scenarios, okay? So that's how we will tackle tonight's show. Yeah, Ryan, I thought the birthplace had to do with Springfield. I just wanted to make sure he was talking about Springfield. And not maybe his birthplace, which I don't know. But yes, right. I figured that's what he was talking about. Um, Lots of Pool C implications. We'll talk about that, especially on the men's side and women's side as well. But join in. Again, Hoopsville Campaign. We'll tweet out some links here momentarily. It's on Indiegogo, and you can look it up there if you need to. We certainly appreciate any help that you could provide. Um couple uh, important notes, 12.30 tomorrow, Eastern Time, men's bracket is announced on the NCAA selection show. The women's bracket will be announced um, at 2.30. By the way, just got an interesting tidbit. We do not get the last regional rankings officially. Um, but we're gonna, we may get indications throughout the night of other things that might be going on. Um, listen, regional rankings are important because results versus regionally ranked opponents is an effect that could affect other people, blah, 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 blah. For example, in the East region, Plattsburgh State is an at-large, and there are some who say, well, they should be 4-1 and one versus regionally ranked opponents because they will have played Oswego three times. You're correct if Oswego enters the regional rankings. That's why this get, comes out. If Oswego doesn't enter, Plattsburgh loses that. By the way, Plattsburgh could be then in trouble to make the NCAA tournament. Maybe a team like NYU could enter the regional rankings. It gets a little interesting, doesn't it? We saw that a couple years ago once we were still under the once-ranked, always-ranked when Randolph made the NCAA tournament, and it was very much in part due to their results versus regionally-ranked opponents. So those are some of the things you're gonna we're gonna maybe get. Sometimes we get some information as it comes along. Um, we'll see how we can translate out and figure out what's going on. Now remember, the national committee could also make some changes. We don't know where in the situation things are right now. We do know racks have voted. That's done. Um, we also know that the national committee. We'll then see those rankings, see the new results versus regionally ranked opponents' information, maybe make some changes, and then maybe make some changes 
outside of that. But for example, already starting to glean some information that is not officially public. One of the information, at least before it got to the National Committee that I've earned, that affects Plattsburgh, for you East Regionites, Oswego is not ranked. That's big. It's huge. It's gigantic. It's enormous. Large. Big in charge. Oswego, if they stay unranked through the National Committee, that has a huge implication on Plattsburgh. Remember, Oswego just beat Plattsburgh for the conference championship. So that's huge. Keep that stuff in mind. Um, we'll go on and on and answer your questions. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. E e um, uh, Facebook us, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, or, or, of course, join us on uh, or email us, Hoopsville, D3Hoops.com. Um, so we'll see how this all translates out throughout the night. Lots to cover. Again, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time tomorrow, the men's selection show, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the women's selection show. If you have questions for us, you know how to get a hold of us, we hope you'll take advantage of that opportunity. Um, and throughout the show, uh, pool, B, uh, pool C, I should say, implications, teams like DePaul men, Wesleyan men, um, getting at-large bids that took from other teams that will have an effect. Um, St. Thomas barely won the Mayak if, uh, th that would have stolen another bid away, potentially, if maybe Bethel earns it on its own. A lot of those things could come into play, and it's going to have uh, an interesting effect down the road. So we'll keep an eye on things there, and we'll see if we glean anything else from the regional rankings as time warrants. Um, again, if you have questions, let us know. More specific, that's the only birthplace of basketball. Men's or women's programs hoping for at-large bids. Fingers crossed, Brian. Um, we'll go through it. I think Springfield's in a little bit of trouble. Um, just And I think WPI's in trouble just because there's so many uh, East region teams, especially in the NESCAC, who are now on the table because Wesleyan won. If Wesleyan hadn't won, that could change the factors around a little bit. Um, it could change how we look at that uh, at that at that area at that at that region but Amherst didn't win so they're at the table Trinity's at the table Bates is at the table um, Springfield WPI are at the table no no particular order here a lot of teams at the table um, on the women's side for example Wittenberg women's basketball won a, a conference title because Ohio Wesleyan defeated DePaul well DePaul will get the automatic we're getting that large bid, but now that's one more bid going to a team no one expected it to. So Wittenberg getting that extra bid, that takes a bit away for a potential Pool C. Also on the women's side, Scranton losing to Catholic. Catholic now gets an auto, an, an AQ. Um, and so Scranton goes to the table. That's another bid gone. Potentially in the Centennial Conference that happened because McDaniel loses to Muhlenberg. Muhlenberg takes a bid. Could McDaniel now be left out or will they take a bid from somebody else? Um, as well. By the way, back to Wittenberg. Wittenberg winning their automatic conference. We are just learning they had 26 games in their regular season this year. You're only allowed 25. The ramifications of that, they will have sanctions apparently next year. We'll keep an eye on that as well.
There's uh, indications that that win by Dickinson over Johns Hopkins may have been had a bigger ramification than people realized. Don't know about the first weekend, but Hopkins may have lost traction on the second weekend. We will see how that plays out. Um, Gordon Mann, thank you for that. Six first-time qualifiers for the women's tournament. Johnson and Wales from the GNAC. Mount St. Vincent from the Skyline. Penn State Abington from the NEAC. Pine Manor from the GSAC. Skidmore from the Liberty. And, of course, Stevenson from the Commonwealth. We'll hear from Stevenson's head coach coming up later in the show. Thank you, Gordon, for that insight. Pretty impressive for those six programs. Congratulations to them. All automatic qualifiers and winning as a result. I got to see four games this weekend. Three of them on the women's side, um, and certainly thrilling basketball to say the least. Um, if you got any questions for us, tweet us at d3hoopsville, hashtag hoopsville, email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at facebook.com/hoopsville. Matt tells us his laptop with myself is and the show is currently on the dinner table with his family. Matt, uh, I would like to say hi to your family. If you have any food to share, please send it my way. I don't have any as of right now. Uh, I will get some later. But Matt's family, hello, Snyders. We hope you are well. Thank you for letting me be a part of your dinner, even if I'm not enjoying the scrumptious, deliciosos meals that you may be providing us, or providing Matt, I should say. Matt will certainly be stepping away. I apologize to the family now. Will the men's East region go through St. John Fisher? DV, I think it might. I think it might. Um, listen, the committee has said that um, the, the, that they want as many people to 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 host from each region as possible. Last year, remember, we had the kind of the snafu. The Mid Atlantic had nobody hosting. Uh, I think that that St. John Fisher is in pretty good shape from information I've gleaned. Um, I think St. John Fisher could be uh, could take advantage of that, um, but. We'll see when the brackets come out officially. But I think St. John Fisher is in pretty good shape. Women get priority first year. Yes, they do, Jeffrey. You are correct. So schools like St. Thomas and Wash U, um, where they have men and women in play, and even Amherst, let's just put it out there just in case, even Amherst, um, the women take priority. Uh, now, Amherst women lost in the semis. Amherst men lost in the championship. I don't know if this is going to have a ramification, but certainly on St. Thomas's side, where both teams won the conference, and on Wash U's side, where Wash U's men are in at large but in pretty good shape, um, and especially considering St. Thomas can't host, Wash U won't host either because the women have priority the first weekend. Now, that means the men have priority the second weekend, just in case anyone's curious. Whitworth to Texas, Claremont Mud Scripps to Atlanta, both four-team tops. That's assuming Whitman doesn't get in. Ryan, I would agree with you. I don't think Whitman gets in either. I don't think they've got strong enough data. They're also going to get stuck behind Buena Vista um, and some others. Um, I, I don't think Whitman gets in at all. And so, yes, I think Whit, Whitworth and um, who is the other team? I just blanked. Oh, yeah, Claremont Mud Scripps who upset Chapman. I think those two teams are on a flight. Um, and to do two different places. That way the pods are full and the buys are really going to go on the men's side strictly to teams who deserve uh, a buy based on data, not geographics. This is the first time that's happened in quite a long time, mainly because we usually get an extra team out of the West or, or somewhere in the Skyhack or the Northwest. Um, and so that will be certainly something to keep in mind. 
Um, let's see. Another question. How do you feel about Dickinson hosting the first round? Jacob, I'm feeling pretty good about Dickinson hosting the first round. Very strong SOS. They have now beaten Hopkins two out of three times, including for the Centennial title. I think Hopkins may still be in play to host as well, but uh, information I have kind of gathered is Dickinson will probably host at least the first weekend. What do you think of the Maryville Lady Scots out of the USA South? I think uh, off the top of my head, I don't have all the data in front of me. I think Maryville is in decent shape. I don't think they're in bad shape. I'm going to call up the old regional rankings so I can remember myself. Um, again, this is the last public ones I'm looking at, and then I'm trying to glean information from that. In the South region, Maryville was sitting third. Eastern Mennonite did lose ahead of him, so did Texas Tyler, but both those teams will probably come off the table. Uh, Randolph Macon's behind them and, and lost. Texas Dallas got the AQ, so they're not a factor. Um, so I think uh, Maryville's got a decent chance. I can't imagine Maryville sitting at home, to be honest with you. Uh, not with a third loss. I, I just don't see it happening. Um, and they got a decent SOS as well. Um, seven first-time qualifiers on the men's side. Thank you, Gordon Mann. East Texas Baptist out of the ASC. Newman out of the CSAC, who defeated Cabrini, probably bringing Cabrini's um, deep tournament runs to an end, by the way. Regis out of the NECC. Sage out of the Liberty. Uh, SUNY Cobbleskill out of the NEC. Cobbleskill beat Lancaster Bible. It's the second year in a row Lancaster Bible, who's been the best team in the NEAC, will probably be left at home. Remember last year, Morrisville State eliminated them, then made a run to the Elite Eight. Uh, Texas Lutheran from the SCAC and Wesleyan from the NESCAC. Um, so there you go. Strong case for an at-large Transylvania women or Hope women. Um, well, if you let's start with the regional rankings from last time. If we start there, and we're talking Great Lakes women's, um, Transylvania was ahead of hope. I think Transylvania would stay ahead of hope. I don't see why hope would get in. Both teams got it to the conference championship. Both teams picked up an extra loss. I just don't see how Transylvania would slide them behind hope. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Um, I think Transylvania is going to get in and Hope's going to be at the table. I think Hope might get in too. By the way, great uh, tidbit from Matt late last night, if nobody missed it on Twitter. Calvin, men and women, a combined 6-0 and versus Hope this year. Calvin, men and women, a combined 6-0 and against Hope. That's pretty impressive. By the way, if you did not catch how Calvin won that championship last night on a terrific shot with five seconds left, you should check it out. The highlight is making its way around. How do you feel? Uh, let's see. Those are other questions I may have missed. I don't see them off the top of my head. Oh, there we go. Fun fact from Mac Commonwealth Women's Basketball. First time since 2009. The Messiah or Lebanon Valley didn't win the AQ. 09, Widener beat Lebanon Valley. Another sole fun fact, Messiah is going to be out of the NCAA tournament for the first time in 14 years. Just got a contribution on the campaign. Thank you very much. Let's uh, Let's see if we can refresh that. Um, thank you to whoever gave that contribution of $50. We certainly appreciate it. We'll update that screen, as you can see, at the bottom of our page, showing you us that as it is. What's your opinion? Got a question on Facebook. Hold on. We're calling it up. What's your opinion on the potential at-large bids from the men's West region? Buena Vista, Bethel, St. Olaf, Dubuque. Well, St. Olaf, I think, is a slam dunk in. There were two in the regional rankings um, and lost to St. Thomas. I think they're a slam dunk to get in. Um, or actually, they lost to Bethel. I apologize. Bethel is interesting. Dubuque is interesting. Buena Vista is interesting. I think it depends on how they get regionally ranked and if one of them acts as a blocker. 
Um, I thought Buena Vista would at least get to the table, but now that um, Dubuque has lost um, but got further than Buena Vista, could swap those two positions. Bethel could emerge after having a decent week here. Um, I think the West region's up in the air. And by the way, your example right there, Buena Vista, Bethel, St. Olaf, Dubuque, didn't even mention Whitman. That's why I think Whitman's got no chance to get in. And by the way, for anybody in the Skyac who's wondering, that's why I don't think Chapman's got any chance to get in. Not to mention the fact that criteria is already low to begin with for those two teams. Um, I just We just named four teams that probably deserve to get in before those two teams, for example. Yes, thank you, Phil. F- uh, 15 years. Um on the uh, on Messiah Women, not 14. I am now getting interesting. Interesting. Gleaning some information that Mount Union is ranked number one in the Great Lakes region in men's basketball. Now, listen, I'm going to I'm going to preface some of this because I'm not positive. I'm prefacing it because at the time of night I'm getting it. I'm not sure if the National Committee's made any changes. Let me go through the steps of how this works. And, and someone can make, I might be able to find out if that's true or not. But what I am going to tell you is usually what happens is the regional committees have a you know, their meeting. They look over the data. They make their vote. Their vote goes up to the national committee. At some point, a second set of data of results versus regionally ranked opponents will make an appearance. I believe it's with the national committee. The national committee then makes changes based on that data. They then could make changes outside of that if they want before finalizing it and starting the process of going to the at-larges. If that process is all done, Mount Union number one in the Great Lakes is huge. Because that takes away a hosting situation that we thought was going to go to Ohio Wesleyan or Worcester. I would argue right now we may be in a situation where this is Ohio Wesleyan and Mount Union hosting the first weekend of the NCAA tournament on the men's side. Um, thank you, Pat, for that. I will get to that in a minute. I just hadn't had, hadn't had it loaded yet. Um, got another question on the Hoopsville timeline. I want to thank everybody. Who's taking the time? If I can find it, it says here we go. NYU men in or out? Sack man. I'm not sure. I I like their data. I like that their results versus regionally ranked opponents is really good. I don't know if Plattsburgh blocks them. If they get ahead of Plattsburgh, and if it turns out Oswego not being regionally ranked keeps Plattsburgh from being ahead of NYU, I like NYU's chances. We'll go through this in a little more detail in a bit. I may change my mind in about an hour or two, but right now, just gut instinct, having seen some of the numbers, I like NYU's chances. Again, could change my mind later. Uh, what are the chances Geneseo women hosting? I think pretty darn good. Um, if we remember, Geneseo women were regionally ranked uh, number one, and they won, so I don't see any reason. By the way, quick alert. Anybody might notice that NYU women were regionally ranked number two last week. There's no reason I see them falling. They will not host. Will not host. If anyone thinks about it, they are hosting wrestling, NCAA wrestling next week. So NYU women cannot host. That will change some of the hosting scenarios for men's and women's basketballs, by the way. Just so you know. Adds a host somewhere in the Northeast, East, Mid-Atlantic, Atlantic area. Interesting tidbit for you to keep in mind. Uh, Ohio Wesleyan would host in the Great Lakes over Marietta. Yeah, I think they would, Ryan. I don't see why with Marietta losing and Ohio Wesleyan losing, the, the two of them were kind of splitting hairs. I think 
the extra loss to a Marietta team whose SOS was lower than Ohio Wesleyan's, I think Ohio Wesleyan would get a hosting opportunity over that. Don't get me wrong. I might be, as I go through the data in more detail later, I might not like that. But right now, I think it might be Ohio Wesleyan and Great Lakes. Uh, Ohio Wesleyan and, and, as we now know, Mount Union. Brooklyn's chances for an at-large. Baruch is legit. Great game Friday on ESPN3. I hate to be blunt, but I don't think Brooklyn gets in. They're buried in the in the Atlantic region, which didn't get a lot of love last year. Um, if you remember the Atlantic region's regional rankings going into it, Richard Stockton, William Patterson, Baruch, Brooklyn. Okay, so at least two of them are off the board, so William Patterson probably comes off the board. So conceivably, Brooklyn comes to the table. Uh, one other thing I forgot to add here. Hold on a second, folks. I forgot to have my SOS numbers up. I'll have them load here. We'll go to the Atlantic region, and the SOS for Brooklyn is a 507. That's tough. A 507 with a sixth loss. They're on that bubble that a lot of other teams are going to be sitting at. I, I'm nervous if I'm Brooklyn. I'm really nervous if I'm Brooklyn. Um, what's the status of Worcester's men? Well, we know that Mount Union is one. Worcester conceivably is okay. I. I don't see John Carroll jumping them. Barron's not going to jump them. They might get behind Marietta, but Marietta's in, so I don't I don't see a reason Worcester doesn't get in. What's your take on the ODAC? Randolph making the average number one seed. What is what seed Virginia Wesley and how far do they both go? Well, Virginia Wesleyan's going to hit the road. I don't think they're going to have home cooking this year. Uh, they were third in the regional rankings. They lost. Um, Texas is going to get one of those seeding opportunities. I think Virginia Wesleyan hits the road. I think Virginia Wesleyan heads north. Um, I think Virginia Wesleyan can go deep. I'd like to see an ODAC team get to Salem. I think Randolph-Macon's the better of the two teams to do it. Because let's be honest, who is Randolph-Macon beat, or who is Virginia Wesleyan beaten this year? NYU Athletics is hosting wrestling today, not next week, according to the website. I was told NYU was hosting next week, so they weren't hosting. That's what I got told. Maybe NYU can host now, but I was told when I was there that they would not be able to host the opening weekend. Maybe that's changed. I'm I'm not positive, Phil, but that's what I was told. Uh, what are the chances Springfield gets an at-large bid after losing a tough one to Babson today and beat WPI yesterday? Um, it's seventh or eighth loss. I, I think Springfield's on a very, very dangerous bubble. Dangerous bubble. Um, any other questions? Tweet us at D3Hoopsville. Hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. A reminder, we will actually start going through the actual process of selecting teams coming up here in the uh, near future, um, starting with the men most likely and then go to the women. Um, so we'll just keep an eye on that. Any chance Muhlenberg women host given location and size of gym that or does not not matter? Um, I know Pat already answered this. Size of gym only matters as long as it's above a certain minimum. I don't think Muhlenberg women host anyway, um, mainly because um, uh, Stevenson, uh, Salisbury both won. Scranton is still highly ranked. I don't see any reason Muhlenberg women host. They're just not high enough ranked to do it. Uh, what teams are looking like getting at large bids from the Northeast? Well, there's a whole host of them, Larry. Um, I would say 
And these are in no particular order, but Bates is at the table. Amherst is at the table. Trinity's at the table. So is Bowden. I don't think all of them get in. Maybe one or two don't. Um, you also still have Springfield. You have WPI still at the table. Uh, I think only one of them gets in. So maybe three or four bids off the top of my head. Maybe maybe a fifth out of the Northeast, depending on how it all works out. Um, another question via email. Oh, we got a lot of questions here that I apparently missed. Um, enjoy the show and your effort you and Pat put in. Thank you. What are your thoughts on Franklin and Marshall getting at large? Rich, I think they're in trouble. Uh, I'll look at numbers more in detail, but the more upsets that took place, I think put uh, F&M in, some, in, in a world of hurt. Uh, F&M's got a 517 SOS. They're now 20-6 and six with a 3-3 three and three versus re- regionally ranked opponents before they re-regionally ranked, and so I don't know what that might have changed. I think I had said that semifinal. I thought Franklin and Marshall needed to win it more than Dickinson did. I thought Dickinson was a lock. F&M was not. They lost. They, they might get stuck behind Catholic, who was regionally ranked ahead of them. Catholic's got a 506, but a better record at 22 and 4. Um, I think if Catholic takes a while to get off the table, FM's in trouble of getting in at all. Um, by the way, if anyone's curious, the Mid Atlantic Commonwealth doesn't have an extra bid coming. Uh, been fun tracking all the D3 Hoopsville updates today. Hope Mary Washington is back to the discussion soon. John, we do too. Tough year, but expected. We'll look forward to seeing them back at the table very soon. Um, oh, fencing. I apologize, Phil. Thank you. I had the wrong sport. So NYU fencing is being the host. That's why it's not wrestling. It's fencing. I apologize. Thank you, Phil, for finding that. Why do you think? Uh, what do you think? Salisbury University chances in the tournament, Matthew? I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there and ask you which Salisbury University team are you talking about? Both Salisburys made the tournament this year. Hats off to men and women. The women um, will probably host. The men um, are hot right now. They're they're darn hot. They're playing very good basketball. First time that the men have made the NCAA tournament since 1997. I believe I was at the game that clinched it for them because I was announcing. A game at the time, because it was against my alma mater. How tough Great Lakes Conference also how tough Great Lakes Conference also think Wittenberg women's basketball will get a solid seed. I don't think Wittenberg women's basketball is going to get a solid seed, to be honest with you. I think they're going to have to go through somewhere. You'll hear from their head coach coming up here later in the show how she would like to go through Thomas Moore. Yeah, I said that. Wittenberg would like to go through Thomas Moore. Um, what do you see LaGrange facing in the first round? Oh, I think LaGrange goes to Emory. And I don't. I think they get Emory. <laughs> I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, Wisconsin Superior. What are the chances of Wisconsin Superior making the tourney? I think they're pretty good. Uh, if you look at the last regional rankings out of the West, um, Superior was sitting. I'm sorry, Central. My bad. Uh, Superior. Well, they were at the bottom. You know what? Maybe they're out. I'm sorry. Maybe they're out. I apologize. They might be out. 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 Um, Rusty, we figured it out. It uh, wasn't ECAC track at NYU. It's um, uh, it was fencing. Um, Gordon points out the Northeast region is really jammed with that large women and men. NESCAC has four teams blocking everyone on both sides, or three on women. He's right. Uh, fencing, yes, Pat. Fencing. Um, by the way, it would be kind of cool to watch that um take place, wouldn't it? Um. Let's see. Division three men's basketball sites. Questions. New to this tournament, how many teams will be uh, at a regional sites four or eight? Where do you think West Coast Regional will be? 
how our first round buys determined. Thoughts on where Whitworth would be. Well, Bob, welcome to Division Three. Says he's new to the tournaments. We'll give you. Thank you for telling us that. We'll give you a, uh, some benefit here. We play in pods. This isn't like Division Two where they play eights. Uh, so there will be four teams at every site, except in Division Three men. Uh, there will be one pod that will have one team with a buy. So two teams will play on Thursday, and then a an extra game on Friday, or uh, the, the, then they will travel to the team on Saturday. Uh, West Coast Regional, there will not be one. Whitworth will be on the road. I can't imagine unless Whitman, Whitman or Chapman get in, and, and I really don't see that happening. Um, so West Coast, uh, th- those two teams are flying. Uh, I predict Whitworth will probably go to Texas um, because there will be the one. There'll be there'll be a nice seating in that sense. Uh, granted, nothing's officially seated, and I think uh, Claremont Mud Scripps being the uh, being a, a kind of a, a low lower end team will probably go to Emory and face Emory. Um, Gordon, I'll tell you since you're listening, I'll take anything you got, buddy. I'll take anything you got. Rusty Foil or Saber? I don't know, Rusty. I just know they're hosting fencing. Um, yeah, by, back to superior, superior Women. Pat confirms with me no bubble for them. Yeah, I, I forgot they were at the bottom of the regional rankings to start with. Uh, who are leaders for Muskie and Otter jobs? Listen, Daryl, I would love to start talking about who's up for the Muskegum and Otterbein coaching jobs, but it, it, we have so much going on tonight, I don't have time to tackle it, so I apologize. Dimitri, Eastern Connecticut in or out? Forgot about Eastern Connecticut being on there. I think they're in. Um, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't. Uh, great work as always covering Division Three. This is from Peyton. Is Emory in solid position to host? Yes. Um, Zimmerman continues to achieve at a high level any potential uh, as Coach of the Year. I don't know about Coach of the Year yet. Let's see how the tournament shapes out. But I think Emory's in good shape because they're going to have to send somebody there. You've got a couple other South teams are kind of island out a little bit there, and I think that'll happen um, as well. Sage question is in the skyline. Didn't I say that, Carl? If I didn't, I apologize. But yes, I know Sage is in the skyline. St. Vincent women. Just wondering if you have any opinion on whether St. Vincent women have a shot at an large bid. Um, forgive me. Forgive me. Hold on. Um, getting lots of questions. Getting through some stuff. Just bear with us. Uh, let's see. Great Lakes. St. Vincent. I don't think they're getting in. They were eighth in the regional rankings. Transylvania's there. John Carroll's there. Hope's there. Yeah, I don't think St. Vincent gets in, Jim. I'm sorry. By the way, if you're emailing me, please listen to the show for me to answer your questions because I don't think um, I'm going to be able to reply to any of them via writing them. Um, What about Mount Union? Do you think they host the first round? Kevin, we uh, did answer that. I know I'm getting back to that late. They'll uh, be hosting, it looks like. What are thoughts on Augustana hosting all the games that they continue to win until the Final Four? Uh, I think they're pretty good, Eric, as long as they keep winning. Uh, They were one in the regional ranking. The only thing that might uh, trump them is if for some reason... um, That for some reason... um, uh, What's the word? St. Thomas trumps them. That's the only way it could possibly happen. St. Thomas might get the host over them. That's about it. But that also could come down to geographics, by the way. Uh, no guarantees. If there's enough upsets, remember that what happened last year, may have to go somewhere else just because of geographics. So second weekend is not guaranteed. Second weekend is where we see geography play the biggest role of the entire tournament. Hanover uh, 106, Transylvania 98 in the women's final f- uh, Hanover seven straight conference championship, a uh, seven straight conference appearance, third conference title. How about that? Terrific. Um, yeah, uh, back to women's basketball. Yeah, Eastern Mennonite is definitely in for anybody who's curious. Johnson and Wales uh, 
Providence men get a bid? No. No, sorry, Christian. They weren't even regionally ranked. Um, at least be regionally ranked to be in this conversation. But no, Johnson Wales is not getting an at-large bid. Uh, do you see Rhodes or Center getting an at-large bid? I think Rhodes or Center could get one, but not both. Uh, I think Center was in better position, but again, I'll have to look at their numbers a little bit better uh, in a minute. I don't have that off the top of my head. Um, North Central men getting a chance at them at large. North Central's men are in trouble because North Central's uh, a lot of other teams have been losing. I think North Central is going to be on the outside looking in. Uh, could again, and a lot of these answers could change once we go through the process. Does the Centennial Conference have two at large bids? No, I answer this with the F and M. Hopkins is in. F and M's in trouble. Um, got another question up here. Um, Cobbleskill alumni here, new to the tourney. What do you think of Cobbleskill? Hey, pretty nice win over Lancaster Bible. Uh, the last team who did that last year, Morrisville State, got to the Elite Eight. That being said, Cobbleskill's new to this. They're going to go through the gauntlet. They're going to get some tough opponents. I think Cobbleskill doesn't get past the first weekend. Maybe they can pull off an upset early on. Where do you think the Spartan women will end up? We're talking about Castleton. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I think they stay in the region and maybe go to Tufts or something like that. I don't think they're going to get a lo lot of love. Uh, is Worcester in? Yes, Mike. Uh, Worcester is in. He apologized for coming into the show late on that. Randolph-Macon, any chance they got in at large? I think they're in trouble. Randolph-Macon women needed to do some work. Uh, they were sitting fourth in the regional rankings. There's at least two teams that are going to be sitting ahead of them. I think they're going to slip as well. Um, I'm not loving their data. They could get in. I'm not saying they aren't. I just think it's going to be tough. Uh, St. Norbert. Uh, any chance St. Norbert men host the first weekend? Jeff, it's going to come down to about 600 things. Uh, the fact that St. Thomas can't host, the Saint uh, won't host on the men's side, the, Saint, the fact that Wash U won't host, uh, what teams are involved, what, do they need somebody who's a little bit more easterly to get some teams there within the 500 miles versus going somewhere else? Um, but I think on paper, no, but there is a chance, yes. Where do you envision Suniac winner Oswego playing the first round? Um, I suspect they might go to the Great Lakes, to be honest with you, Matt. Um, if it's not there, I think they head south. They can get to Randolph-Macon. They can get to um, the Mid-Atlantic region. But I wouldn't mind seeing them head to the, to the Great Lakes. Uh, should be studying for his NBA coursework, but I'm too busy listening to Hoopsville. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate that. Um, do you do, 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 do where else do we have questions? We had more. Well, uh, how do you know if Brooklyn College men's team gets a bid? I think they're in a tough spot, Andrew. I don't say they're not in play. We'll look at it a little bit more later, but I think they're in a tough spot. Um, thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. Um, thank you very much for the support of the show. We certainly appreciate that tremendously. Who goes further, St. Norbert men or women? Either hosting. Uh, neither hosting, I think, unless St. Norbert men are, are needed for some reason. And I think the men go further. Uh, any larges at larges in the South region dancing? Uh, yeah, I think we've got a couple there. Flip, it's going to depend. Um, but I think, like I said, I think center might be able to get in. Um, do you like LaGrange's chances in the first round? Uh, Mike, it's going to depend on who they're facing. <laughs> I, I, listen, it's hard to say if I like a team's chances if LaGrange is going up against Emory, no. But I could be dead wrong. If LaGrange is going up against somebody else that I like their matchup, yes. I just don't know what their matchup's going to be. It's way too 
Way too difficult. Richard asked, you stated earlier that you thought Hopkins could possibly host the first round. That's a very small gym, like 1,200 capacity, where they really give a hosting opportunity to a small venue. Let's start here and say that 1,200 is average in Division Three, Richard. It's not considered a small venue by any stretch of the imagination. It, does it feel small? Sure. But Hopkins has hosted a lot in the past. This, this would be nothing new for them. Um, I have been there on several occasions when they've hosted, so I have no reasons why Hopkins. By the way, the minimum for sectionals is a thousand, and at Hopkins is twelve hundred. Um, got any questions for us? Tweet us at D three Hoopsville hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D three Hoopsville.com or join us on Facebook facebook.com slash Hoopsville as well. Lots of you listening in. We certainly appreciate the support. Off to a bang. Don't forget about the Hoopsville fundraising campaign. Right here at the bottom of your screen, we've already gotten one donation during this show. We're closing in on our goal. We're about 80% of the way to the goal. Here's what's significant about the goal, folks. Um, The goal will let us keep more of our money. If we hit our goal, uh, our fees drop in in a a little over half of what they would be. So we get to keep more of our money. Second of all, the goal is half of what we had last year. And last year, we surpassed our goal. This year, we haven't yet. So we've only raised a third of the money we raised last year. If you're curious where their money goes to, the money goes to the studio you see here. You'll, If you've seen this show in the past, you know all of this has changed. All of this has changed. The camera has changed. The computer has changed. The lighting has changed. The microphones have changed. We have traveled more than we ever have in the past. Um, we have done more with this show just due to that fundraiser. And part of it was just paying off bills that had been mounting for years to keep this show going. It also helps our other efforts, the YD3 show as well. So if you feel that we do a good enough job, we don't have any advertising, as you can tell. If you feel we do a good enough job and you feel like you want to contribute to our efforts, please do so. Because as we say, we'd like to cover Division Three the way it, de- way it deserves to be covered, and you can help us do that. Um, let's see. Is there any better shooter in this planet better than Mark Wagner from LaGrange? BD, I see so many guys. I don't know. I am sorry. There's 420 some odd men's schools, 440 some odd women's schools. There's a lot of good players in Division Three. I don't know if Mark Wagner is the best shooter in the planet. I'm I'm sorry, but I, I appreciate your your uh, your your gusto, as it were. I really do. I uh, got some more questions via email. Scott asks, really enjoying the show. Any thoughts on where Sage ends up? Oh, thank you, Scott. Uh, Sage could do uh, one of three things. They could stay right in the area, maybe go to St. John Fisher um, and and be hosted there, though I like I like it if the regions can be as, as diverse as possible. But technically, they're an Atlantic region going to an East region team, so that could work out very nicely. They're also in the Albany area, so going east into the northeast is cake. Um, I suspect they go into the northeast region. That's just my, my gut feeling, but I, I could be wrong. Um, let's see. Michael asks us, I believe you mentioned Dickinson hosting the first weekend. Who would you predict making the trip to Carlisle? Oh, Mike, this is why bracketology is so difficult. I mean, anybody within 500 miles, I'd love to see go there. I'd love to see a Northeast team. Um, I'd love to see maybe a Virginia Wesleyan could go there because it would fit the profile nicely. Maybe a team out of the Atlantic region. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of teams out there who could get there without any trouble. Uh, without any trouble. Um, I think you can even get a a Great Lakes team in there, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, and that would be kind of nice to break up the amount of North Great Lakes teams that are getting in. Let's see. Uh, our surprise was DePaul. They're probably not going to be getting there. But let's just, for giggles, let's put them in um, and see how many miles that is. DePaul to Dickinson is 577, so it won't be DePaul. <laughs> oh, I tried. I tried. Let's say Worcester's not hosting. They could probably get to Dickinson. Yeah, 326. Uh, we'll see how that all translates. St. Vincent Women, really low SOS. This goes back to a bit. Yeah, low SOS. Uh, Pat says the same thing. 507 with 22 and 4. St. Vincent not looking too good at all. Other questions? Fire them at us. Where do you see the uh, Misericordia men going for the opening weekend? Well, if it was my dream bracket, I'd see them maybe going to St. John Fisher, believe it or not. I think that'd be I think that'd be a nice fit. Yeah. That's where I would probably send them. Why not? I think that fits nicely. They're technically an Atlantic region. They're going up to the to an East region team. I think that would work nicely. Appreciate what you do for Division Three. Thank you. Uh thank you, Rob. You guys do a great job. Join the show late. Uh, Texas Tyler women getting at large. Yeah, they're a lock. Do you see them hosting rounds one and two? Yeah, I think they're going to host rounds one and two as well. Wondering where you think Regis College will end up traveling, and also will Southern Vermont College get a bid? Uh, thanks for everything you do. Regis College could probably stay right in the, where they are. They're going to need some teams to fill in the Northeast a little bit. I think Regis stays where they are, not in the home sense, but in the Northeast. Uh, they may be what you would call a sacrificial lamb for somebody like uh, Babson. Uh, Southern Vermont, I don't think gets in, Jeff. I I think that's a that's a that's a risky one. I don't. I think they put too much eggs in the basket of winning a conference championship, and it didn't work out. Where do you think Keene State heads? Same answer as uh, Regis. I think they may stay in the area if they have to. Maybe they go down to let's say Richard Stockton. Kenny asks, St. Mary's College men's basketball team, in or out? Out, Kenny. Um, I just don't see it happening. I, I, I don't think they've got strong enough data to get in. Where do you see DePaul men will play and their chances of advancing in the tournament? Well, DePaul being in Indiana, you've got two choices. They can either fill in a hole, if necessary, in the Great Lakes, um, but you can easily ship them out to the cent central region if it allows you to get a central team maybe into the Great Lakes. So I think DePaul heads west, uh, maybe northwest. Um, they're going to have a tough route, I think, uh, for the DePaul men. Uh, do you see? Do you think Plattsburgh State gets a bid? Listen, I, Plattsburgh State gets a bid if they if their data keeps them ahead of NYU. We've been told Oswego State may not have been regionally ranked. If that's the case then Plattsburgh probably is in trouble. Do you see Hendricks playing? Who, who do you see Hendricks playing in the first round? I'm trying to think of where Hendricks is off the top of my head. I apologize. It's not that I can't remember. There's 425 schools, and you're trying to remember where everybody is located these days. I'm just calling up my map so I can just punch it in. It saves me a lot of time. Ooh, Hendricks. Yeah, they're the they're the they're the they're the Achilles heel of this plan. Can they get to Texas? No. They're probably going up into the Great Lakes somewhere. I mean, in the in, into the well, they might be able to get to a Texas school. They're located where they could go to Texas or they could go to Illinois. I think. 
Hack. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple chances there of where they could end up. Uh, yeah, Pat's thinking the same thing I am. Um, Hendricks to Eastern Texas Baptist. Yeah, I think they're going to Texas. If Marietta hits the road this weekend, do you, do they travel to another Great Lakes site or out of region? I would hope Marietta heads out of region. Um, maybe they go to St. John Fisher as that other uh, big team on the pod. Um, they could also go to Dickinson. Maybe that's a nice fit for Marietta is to go to Dickinson. I kind of like that one. Uh, six man, I'd love to give uh, Johnson and Wales a bid, but there's nothing in their criteria that says give them a bid. I'm sorry. There is nothing in their criteria that says give them a bid. Um, maybe put the question this way on the men's side. Who does host? <laughs> Dean, that's a good point. I don't know who hosts. Albertus, thanks. A uh, question about Albertus is from Chris. Thanks for answering my questions the other night. You're welcome, Chris. Here's another one for you. Now that Albertus secured their own fate with the AQ, where do you see them in the opening round? Well, Albertus is in an area where you can ship them all kinds of different places. Maybe you have some fun. Instead of Marietta going to St. John Fisher, maybe Albertus goes there. Um, they won't send them to Richard Stockton because I think they're going to try and avoid a second-round uh, matchup with them for the umpteenth time. Um, maybe they could go to Dickinson, make it really interesting. They can also get down to Randolph-Macon. Albertus Magnus could really, honestly, with their criteria, go almost anywhere. Um, all right, BD, is Nick Mitchell, LeBron James, a D3? And we're done answering those. Panic level for Catholic men. Nick, I don't think it's panic level. I definitely think it's nervous level. Um, their data is, now their SOS is above 500. They got a pretty good winning percentage. If FNM gets in over Catholic, I'm going to be a little surprised. Um, yeah, I don't think it's panic level. But, you know, listen, you got to do more. You're out of conference. Um, women's Northwest conference teams, three of them, Claremont mud scripts at George Fox next Friday, or did Texas Dallas throw a, a wrench into the formula? Well, they certainly threw a wrench in the formula because you have an extra Texas team in there and it may give the women's committee enough excuse to ship some Northwest conference teams out. It may not be foolproof there. I may be, it may be a pipe dream, but you got at least three Texas schools now and you got three Northwest schools plus a California school you're going to have to do something to ship some people out and, and get creative. Um, but that's just a theory because you're going to have to get somebody to Texas. Who do you see Emory playing in the first round? I, I um, LaGrange. Let's just go with LaGrange. Um, Marietta played at Dickinson and lost in the first round two years ago. Thank you, Gordon. Uh, they'll try and avoid that, but there's a chance Marietta still goes there. But Marietta might go to St. John Fisher. Alberta's Worcester could go to Dickinson, though I think they played before. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. One of the reasons Pool C is going to be so interesting is basically because there are some teams who have uh, stumbled, as it were, um, and we have some extra uh, uh, allotments of teams. Uh, interesting enough, I don't see the interview. I was hoping to pull, pull up, so we'll have to uh, do some work here. But we'll get an interview later with Wesleyan, we hope. Um, talk to them about them getting into the tournament and certainly how that will impact things as well. We'll talk to them coming up uh, here on the show. If you got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. 
We'll try and answer your questions as often as we can. We got maybe a couple more here, so hold on. Let me see here. Yeah, here we go. Let's click here and see if we got any more questions. Got them on the Facebook page. Love the show. Who do you think will get the at-large bids from the East region on the women's side? Oof. Uh, I'm calling up the thing again. Hold on. So Geneseo's in. NYU's well, Geneseo's automatically in. NYU's in. Um, I gotta go back and look at results. Hold on. Give me a moment here, folks. I I I went to the wrong cheat sheet. <laughs> it happens every once in a while, right? I'll get to the right cheat sheet here momentarily, and we'll figure that out for you. How's that sound? Um. Getting there. Just give me, give me a moment. Give me a moment. Trying to do six things at the same time. Needless to say, it doesn't get any easier uh, the second time around. All right. So as soon as the page loads, we'll get that. We'll go back to Twitter here for a moment. Thoughts on William Patterson men. They're in. Absolutely they're in, but they're traveling, I think. Hey, they might host, but I think they're traveling. Where do you see Worcester traveling? Yeah, I thought Dickinson, Cody. I could see them going to Dickinson. I could see them going to St. John Fisher. I could see them... They can go to they can go to Randolph Macon. Maybe Randolph Macon. Marietta could go to Randolph Macon too. My computer is not cooperating with the page. one of my pages loading, so just bear with us. Uh, see if we got any more questions here. Um, do you think the chance of the Wisconsin Superior Women's team getting an at large bid? No, I think they're out, Eric. Uh, is there any team you like to pull off a big upset? Honestly, I want to see the bracket first. Uh, I think the men's side's going to be a crazy, crazy bracket. Um, I don't see how it's going to be anything but lack of crazy. Uh, and I think a lot of dark horses will get in. So, um, I think you're going to get a bunch of upsets. I don't know what the biggest is going to be, and it's going to depend on the bracket. So we'll see how that all plays out, as it were. So let's we'll, let's play it by ear, and we'll see how it goes, okay? Uh, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. That's how you can join us. We certainly hope you'll take the time to do that. Pat will be joining me later. We'll actually go through the official selection process. Again, a reminder, the men's basketball selection show is at 2.30 tomorrow. The women's basketball show uh, will be our selection show will be at um, at uh, two thirty. So men at twelve thirty Eastern, women at two thirty Eastern time. That's how you can uh, get a hold of it uh, if you have to. Um, sorry, trying to get this interview for you guys. It apparently doesn't want to. Okay. There we go. Just give me a moment. I need to type something, and I can't seem to type and talk at the same time. So bear with me. Um, there we go. We'll let that roll now. If you've got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Where do you see Wittenberg's confidence level after this six-game win streak? I think Wittenberg's confidence level is darn high. Uh, we'll talk to their head coach coming up here on the show, and you can hear it from them. Um Hey, by the way, just Ryan, I want to clarify that we know that Mount Union is a top seed. I don't know who the second seed is. 
Um, it might be Ohio Wesleyan. That's who I think will will be will be um, the hosts. I could be wrong on the second one. Chances Catholic gets an at-large bid. Whew, it's gonna be tough for Catholic. I think they get in, but I, I think they get in ahead of F and M. But I think it's still it's still tenuous, uh, as it were. Um, let's see what else we got. Any other questions coming in? Um, I think I just saw one. I just lost it, so bear with me. Oh, I saw it on the email. That's where I saw it. Got multiple screens. Doesn't mean I can see them better. Trinity men's chances. Ah, that's tough. Northeast is a quagmire. I think Trinity's got a better chance to get in than Bowden. ECAC, Richard. I know the ECAC tourney with no rhyme or reason, but do you have any thoughts on who might be? No. Richard, I have no idea who's going to host the ECAC South, and to be honest with you, I don't care. And the reason I don't care is because the the NCAA tournament um, has so much effect on that. Because who ends it in and who didn't bid and all that. ECAC is not, and I'm not a huge fan of the ECAC tournaments to begin with. You don't want me to go out on that one um, too far. Um, got another question: Rhodes College men's basketball getting at large bid. Listen, I think Rhodes is in trouble. Uh, the reason I say Rhodes is in trouble because in the South region. Last week, they were sitting seventh behind center, and both teams have lost. I understand that center won more, or Rhodes won one more game than center, but there's a reason Rhodes is back there. I think Rhodes does not make it. Center has a chance. Um, what does WAG say? I don't know what WAG says yes to. Um, got questions for us? Tweet us, email us, Facebook us. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. We certainly hope you'll take advantage. Another email from Ray. Who do you think will be in the region with St. John Fisher? Who will be in the region or who will be in their pod, Ray? Help me out. That's a wide open question. Help me out a little bit better data. Here we go. This is the page I was trying to get to. Um, give me a moment. Trying to find to it. I thought I had it up easily, but apparently I'm, I'm completely oblivious to that fact. We'll get it ready here. Uh, Bill sends Dubuque's chances. What do you think Dubuque's chances of getting the tournament? I think they're, they're the West region's fascinating. I think you got a bunch of teams with okay data. It'll depend on what order they're in, Bill. Um, Dubuque, Buena Vista, um, uh, Bethel, and St. Olaf, I think, are all – I think St. Olaf is in, but I think the other three are going to be, depending on who gets to the table first, will have the best chance. And I don't know right now. We'll have to go through that in a minute. Um <laughs> um <laughs> John, thank you for your 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 giving me a laugh. Now talk to me about your thoughts of potential men's host within five hundred miles of Reading. Um geez. That's an Alvernia question. Richard Stockton, Johns Hopkins, Dickinson, St. John Fisher, Randolph Macon, um, Mount Union, because I think Mount Union's within 500 miles. Check it now. I mean, I, it, it, name me a Northeast team. Uh, Babson. Um, yeah, Mount Union. Uh, Ohio Wesleyan. Maybe Marietta. There's a whole mess of places Alvernia can go this year. 
Um, hey, Dave, appreciate the much-needed attention you give Division Three. Well, thank you, Ben. Uh, Norwich fan, any chance the women's team has a shot in a large bid? Not a great strength of schedule number, but sitting 22-5 and five overall, 1-1 one and one versus regionally ranked. Sorry, Ben, don't think they make it at all. Um, I don't I don't see a reason that they could, um, mainly because a half of data you just told me, 1-1 one and one versus regionally ranked opponents is, is, the, is the, the one that jumps out at me there the most. Um... Let's see. What else do we got for questions? Dubuque won the IAC. No pool C. Oh, thank you, Ryan. So what was the question then? Oh, what are their chances in the tourney? I apologize, Bill. Misunderstood your question. Um, listen, it depends on matchups. Depends on a ton of matchups. Um, I don't know. I think Dubuque's in for a tough road. I don't think they get past the first weekend. Ray followed up. Pod, who do you think is in the St. John Fisher pod? I think you get a Great Lakes team in there. I think you're going to get a Mid-Atlantic team in there. If they're smart, they get at least one Northeast team in there and maybe an extra um, maybe an extra East region. I'm not positive. I think St. John Fisher gives you chances to be creative. Where do you see Mount St. Vincent women travel this weekend? Oh, jeez. This is why bracketing is so hard. You could send them anywhere. Um, Thomas Moore, maybe Calvin. I don't know. I'm guessing. What are the chances John Carroll men's getting in now that we know the news about Mount Union being one in the region? I still think John Carroll's in trouble because it doesn't it doesn't eliminate Marietta and and Worcester from being ahead of them for starters, and their SOS wasn't that great. Um, yeah, I know they got a win over the new number one, but I think John Carroll's still sweating it. I, I don't know if I don't think they get in. Um, possibility of East Texas Baptist, Texas Lutheran Hendricks, Harden Simmons grouping. Hmm. Maybe that would change things with the West teams, wouldn't it? Everyone tweet about how Johnson and Wales University uh, men's basketball team should get a bid. Okay, go ahead, Julian. We'll just block the. We'll just block those tweets. Um. Oh, sorry, Mount St. Vincent's in the New York City area. I'm sorry. I was thinking of St. Vincent. Oh, my bad. So where can Mount St. Vincent go? Um, yeah, now remembering Dolphin logo. Thank you. Um, hmm. They could either stay in the area and go to FDU Florham or Montclair easily. They could go to Scranton. If Scranton's hosting. I think they stay in the air and go to FDU Florham. Oh, so the question on uh, East Texas Baptist, Texas Lutheran, Hendricks, Harden-Simmons. Yeah, Harden-Simmons isn't getting in. Thank you, Pat. Harden-Simmons not getting in. Yep. So there we go. Um, we got another question over here. They're all popping up here. Another question from John. Thanks for all you do for coverage. Thank hope you see you down the road. John, I hope to see you down the road as well, friend. Uh, you guys had a terrific season. Got a couple more questions on hoops. So while we're just rolling along, we've already ticked off an hour of this show. Um, got any questions for us? Tweet us at D3 Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville, D3Hoops.com. Chances St. Stevens Point hosts first round? I think none. Uh, Stevens Point lost in the semifinals. I, I, I don't think Stevens Point's got a chance to host. That being said, you're going to have to find a host for St. Thomas so Stevens Point could certainly step into that role. But um, 
I don't think it happens. I don't think Stevens Point hosts. I don't see any reason why Stevens Point would host. Um, sorry. Uh, got another one posted on our timeline. Forgive us as we try and find these. Where do you see Alvernia ending up? Brandon, we, we started to answer that. I think, um, okay, somebody already answered that for you. Um, lots of questions. Let us know what you're thinking. Tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville, D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Um, well, Oswego's definitely on the road, Matt. That's for sure. St. John Fisher is the only one I'm comfortable with saying they're hosting. Um, if if we push came to shove on a second host in the East, and this is where it's getting tough. I don't know who it is. If we said two hosts from every, every, every region, I don't... I can't imagine it would be Skidmore. Um, I'm trying to call up those regions and see. Hold on. Well, it's not Hobart. Maybe Skidmore. Ugh, wow. Maybe Skidmore is the other host. If we're going on the theory that every region definitely gets two hosts. But here's where that theory is going to fall into some problems. And the East could easily lose a... And I wouldn't have a problem with the East not having more than St. John Fisher hosting. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure St. John Fisher is hosting, by the way. From everything, information I've gotten, gotten on the side, I think St. John Fisher is definitely hosting. Um... I don't think another East team hosts because we're going to have Emory hosting, we're going to have Randolph-Macon hosting, and we're going to have East Texas Baptist hosting on the South region. So that pulls a seed or a host away from somebody. Remember last year it ended up pulling two away from the Mid-Atlantic, which was un unkind. I think maybe the East only has one host, and it's St. John Fisher. There you go. So one host, St. John Fisher, that's your only host uh, on, the, on the men's side of things. Uh, don't forget our Hoopsville campaign. If you're checking it out on the screen, it's still there. Working our way towards uh, uh, our goal. We're not quite there. Certainly appreciate any help that you can give us. Um, uh, let's see. We are doing a live bracketology as it were now. We're just kind of answering questions now. We'll start getting into the, the meat and potatoes of it down the road. Um, where do you see Wittenberg's confidence? Uh, we answered that. Trying to see where there's other questions there might be here. Um, hold on a second. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Um, back to that 26 questions thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty chat. 26 games. If you missed it earlier, Wittenberg women accidentally or somehow had 26 games. They'll be docked for that next year. I'm assuming Iowa Wesleyan gets in. Yes, they're in. What are the chances of hosting? I think they're good. If they hit the road, where do you see them going? Ohio Wesleyan can get to Randolph-Macon. They can get to Dickinson. They can get to St. John Fisher. They could ship them west if it allows them to get a, a central region team east. Um, there's lots of options if Ohio Wesleyan has to hit the road. Kind of the same answer as Marietta and Worcester and the like uh, as well. Um See if we got other questions. I think I got another question on. Here we go. Hold on. Nope. I was mistaken. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Where do you think Claremont Mud Scripts will be sent for men and women? Well, on the men's side, I think they go to um, Emory. 
On the women's side, that is a huge challenge because you've got potentially three Northwest schools that are probably going to be in. You've got three Texas schools. They're going to have to be sent somewhere. I don't know if now you have to rearrange some things. I don't. I think Claremont Mud Scripps could go almost anywhere on the women's side of things. Um, Eastern women. Where do Eastern women uh, go? Well, Eastern women could go to the Northeast. They could go to. I mean, they could go anywhere on the Eastern Seaboard. Um, they might be the perfect foil for Salisbury's pod. They could be a perfect foil for a potential Scranton or Stevenson pod. Uh, I don't. Th I think they might be. Can they get? To, I don't know how far they can get to the Great Lakes. Uh, we could look that up, but I, there's potential for a lot of options. That's for sure. Uh, I want to say we got. Oh, no, don't have more questions. Um, let's see what else we got for questions. So coming up, we'll uh, we'll get an interview in too. Uh, and then Pat will join us. Let me see if I got that interview I wanted uh, set up. Hold on a second. There we go. So one of those, we're going to take a break here momentarily, and then Pat will join me via Skype, and we will start our official process here. A lot of questions may have to be answered as we work our way through it. They aren't necessarily going to be answered um, live on the air. Questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Um, <laughs> oh, we have a twist on the NYU. Good to hear. Um, it turns out fencing will be on Sunday. So it turns out NYU can host Friday and Saturday. That's great because I, the last thing I wanted to see happen was the Kohl Center not get a chance to host this weekend. So let's go back and reiterate the fact that NYU, if they are chosen to host, can host. That's great because that wasn't the message I got um, when I was there, and I'm glad to see that now. So fencing is on Sunday, so they're good to go for Friday and Saturday. That is awesome news for, <coughs> for an NYU team who probably deserves it. Assuming they stay in second in the regional rankings, and I don't, I don't see any reason they wouldn't. So let's keep that in mind. So if you're the East, you probably got NYU hosting. You probably got Geneseo hosting in the Atlantic. You probably have FDU and Montclair. Um, Mid Atlantic's an interesting one. You've got three choices: Stevenson, Scranton, and Salisbury, depending on the regional rankings. And on uh, in the Northeast, you got. Tufts and somebody else. It could be Amherst. It could be somebody. I don't know. It could be a lot of teams uh, we could put up there. Uh, hey, man, uh, where do you see DePaul men's basketball team will be at this year? I think they send them to the central region. They could go to Whitewater, I think. They could get a lot of different places. So um, we'll see where that goes. What about center? Uh, I think center's got a decent chance to get in. Um. Tan says D3 Hoops golf shirts should be for sale on available or be available as part of your fundraising campaign. Hey, listen, I've thought about it. Uh, we will may, we may add that on uh, sooner or later, get some Hoopsville shirts to sell. It's just the upfront costs kill us, to be honest with you. Uh, that's kind of why that fundraising campaign is so, so, so helpful. Got another question on the Hoopsville page. Let's check it out. Uh, any thoughts on that large bids in the East region for the women? I think I answered that. Where uh, is there a new one? 
Oh, that was it. East region for the women. I think it's tough. We'll get to it in a few minutes. Um, okay, so here's the deal. Going to take a little bit of a break. I mean, we have gone an hour and 15 minutes here. Nonstop. We're going to take a break, and what we're going to do is we're going to hear uh, from one of those teams that uh, got um, into the NCAA tournament thanks to a surprise. Um, and that is the Wesleyan men's basketball team. So we're going to take a break. We're going to hear from Joe Rayleigh from Wesleyan, and then Pat will join us, and we'll start doing our mock selections, starting with the men. So you can fire off more questions to us. We'll certainly try and answer them, and hopefully the mock selections will answer them as well. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. You're also, by you, if you have been so kind to contribute to the Hoopsville campaign, we'll keep it going down here. We'll tweet out some links here momentarily on how you can donate to the Hoopsville campaign. I see a few people have hit us on the hashtag, but not a question. We'll wait to hear from you on that. Thank you for tuning in. We'll take a break. Marietta's men's basketball, or Marietta's Wesleyan's men's basketball coach, Joe Riley, joining us here on Hoopsville, coming up next. Every season starts with hope and a dream to play for the ultimate title, to become NCAA national champions. And you can experience it live at the 2015 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 20th and 21st in Salem, Virginia. Hosted by the Old Dominion Athletic Conference and the City of Salem. Affordable tickets now available. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets today and make a date with champions. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Our Sunday selection special. Pat and I will be going over selections uh, we think are going to make the men's and women's basketball tournaments this evening. Don't know how long we're going to go, as we kind of mentioned earlier. Um, of course, some results today changing those things up. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Throughout the show, we're going to take a little bit of breaks and talk to other uh, other coaches and guests that we've had on the show, a little quicker interviews than we normally have, uh, but certainly talk to some who've already clinched their way into the NCAA tournament. No, no uh, Pool C teams necessarily sitting on the radar will be interviewed tonight, uh, but those who uh, qualified, and of course, those who may have qualified by taking bids from teams we were hoping to get at large bids and that would be one of our first guests here on the show big big upset in NESCAC as the number six seeded Wesleyan Cardinals win their first ever NESCAC title defeating Amherst today on the road at Trinity in division three is pretty darn big ladies and gentlemen we all know that well over 400 schools but let's call this my little 
uh, circle uh, game because it was my father's alma mater, Wesleyan, defeating my athletics director and mentor's alma mater um, in Amherst on my colleague Gordon Mann's alma mater's home court in Trinity. I thought it was kind of funny. Anyway, let's go to Joe Riley, who's on the Hoopsville Hotline, joining us from Wesleyan. First and foremost, Coach, congratulations on a terrific victory and championship. Thank you. Thank you. That is uh, well-deserved, to say the least. I watched a lot of that game. It was hard fought. Both teams didn't exactly play tremendous. Let's not say that. But certainly both teams fought to the very end over time. Those are those games you live for at the same time as a coach you're wishing you don't have to go through. Absolutely, you know, and when you, you know, as a conference, we play back to back every yeah. weekend, with the exception of with the exception of of when we play our travel partner. So uh, we're used to it, but typically the the second the second day game, uh, sometimes it, it gets to be a bit of a grind and a, and a slugfest, and that's what it was today. Uh, it, yeah, definitely turned into a bit of a slugfest. Um, you are one of three six seeds to to win this season in men's basketball. Um, those are the lowest seeds to get automatic bids. And we assume Bates will make it, which means, as an at-large, which means you would technically be the official last NESCAC team to have never made the NCAA tournament to make the NCAA tournament. It's a pretty impressive uh, company. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, we're, uh, we're thrilled. It, it, was a, it was a great game, and we had a shot to win it in regulation. Didn't, didn't convert, but the guys really, really, I think we stepped up defensively in the, in the, in the overtime and and uh, we're happy to not be handing our uniforms in, but to to be uh, take a day off and practice on Tuesday. You also got to be thrilled. The fact the game was technically somewhat close. Sometimes these are up in Amherst or they're at Williams or Middlebury or somewhere a little bit further away from campus. I had a feeling watching the game that the uh, Wesleyan faithful were pretty darn good at making that maybe thirty minute trip up the up the interstate to see the game. Absolutely, both days we had a great we had great support. We you know here in Middletown we have great community support. A lot of uh, friends of the program made the ride to Hartford, which was only about twenty minutes, and uh, the students came out both yesterday and today, and and uh, I thought it really gave us a boost and gave us a great advantage. By the way, before we should even point out the fact that you had to take off take out top seeded Trinity uh, in the semifinals just to earn this opportunity, that could have been a big enough win just in itself. Right. Yeah. That was uh, last. So last night or yesterday afternoon. That was that was definitely a hard fought, hard fought game, and uh, and that one. So you know, this one was overtime today, and in the last one, there was a shot in the air to tie it by Trinity. So uh, two close games, but you know, we, we've won 19 games, makes 19 wins on the season, and uh, we have some tough losses. So you know, going into the tur- the NESCAC tournament, we really had a lot of confidence that that we could play with everybody. You won nine of your first eleven games of the season, though I wouldn't. I don't think anyone would argue you had any world beaters in there. Of course, you did play Birmingham Southern and Maryville, who have been pretty good teams in the past. Um, then you got into conference play, and you guys lost three of your first four. Uh, righted the ship with a game against Baruch, which was a solid win, certainly, and beat Con College before then losing three of your next four. But you have won five straight since then. And as you were telling me off air, you guys had a big weekend just to get into the tournament by having to beat Hamilton and Williams on the road, which is certainly one of the more difficult trips in the NESCAC, considering how much distance is between those schools. Um, that You guys really had to, to fight to the very end, and you're still fighting as it were. Right, absolutely. So we, you know, our our battle cry, so to say, was was when we were going on that last NESCAC road trip. That was our NESCAC tournament. We had to win both to, to just survive in advance, and then 
and uh, we were calling this weekend our NCAA tournament weekend. Mm. That you know we have to win both to get in because if not, our season's over. But uh, yeah, we you know we've been on the road the last couple the last couple weeks, and and we've been on the road to some you know some tough environments. And thankfully, we've had you know we took some tough losses, but we've had some second chances. You know, we lost to Trinity in a tight game, but we had a chance to play them again, and we're fortunate enough to get the win. And in our quarterfinal game, we had a great game against Bates. It came down the last couple of possessions. We fell short, but. You know, we were we were excited to be able to go up there again and kind of hit the reset button. And uh, you know, Amherst had had uh, they've beaten us twice this year already. And when they battled Bowden, we beat Bowden by 17. But I think all of us were hoping that Amherst was going to win, so uh, so we could kind of you know get another shot at them and uh, and kind of continue the trend of of hopefully you know second time around of we'll work a little better for for the Cardinals. Yeah, certainly the little three, of course, Williams, Amherst, and Wesleyan already has that little bit of rivalry, as it were. So I'm sure the win today over Amherst was more more sweet than it would be for anybody else. Yeah, they're I mean they're they're a great team, and Coach Hickson does a great job, and and you know they're three time three time defending champions. So it was uh, yeah, it's really special to to uh, to be able to win and and then to you know and. And, and go through what I think is a real difficult path getting there. You've been building this program. This is your seventh year with the Cardinals. Um, you've had a lot of just about 500 or slightly under 500 seasons. Of course, back in 2012, kind of popped onto the scene at 20-6 on the season, 7-3 and three in the NESCAC, lost in the semifinals to Middlebury at Amherst. Uh, this year, you, you kind of bounce back and reemerge again after a couple near 500 seasons. As we point out, 19-8, and 5-5 five and five in conference, but you come storming in there at the end. Is there anything that you guys have been able to take, anything from that freshman class who went through that a couple of years ago of just missing out that you guys were able to use this year? Or was it really just all fresh and all new to everybody? You know, we, you know, we obviously we try to, we try to le- learn from the past. I, I told the team in the locker room after the game today in, in uh, 2012, we had a special group. We were 20 and six and, we we did not get in that large bid, and I think that was that was the most difficult, worst day of my 17 years as being a head coach is is uh, is watching the selection show and being left out. That was that was uh, that was very difficult for you know, and I knew that I would get another chance at it, but for those guys on that team, I knew that that was their one opportunity. We just fell a little short, and so uh, you know, you fast forward a few years, I would say that today it just. It just earning our way into the tournament would probably be, go down as the, obviously the best and most memorable experience as a head coach. Just you know, just finally working towards it with these guys for so long, and and uh, and finally you know reaching the goal that we aspire to every year. You got a, a several seniors on this squad, but you're also led by a lot of younger classmen. Um, you also are very evenly. Uh, distributed on the stat sheet. Five players with nine points or more, four of them in double figures, led, led by Joseph uh, Coe, who is a sophomore, huge inside presence, 12 points a game, seven and a half rebounds a game. B.J. Davis, a junior, 11.3 points a game. Jack Mackley, uh, Mackey, I should say, a junior, 11.2 points a game. Harry uh, Rafferty, a sophomore from Iowa, 11.2 points a game, or I'm sorry, 11 points a game. And then Joe Edmonds, um, who is a junior as well from Oklahoma at 9.1 points a game. I didn't mention a senior there in that top five. As much as you've got senior leadership on this, you've got a young team who's certainly learning quick the ropes, as it were, and maybe even possessioning you, yourself pretty nicely to, to springboard off of this into the future. Uh, yeah, 
absolutely. So we 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 do have great senior leadership, and uh, but the 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 core of our team is all guys who will be returning. So you know, and I think I think there's a tendency to say, oh, we're you know we're going to be good in the future. We have the chance. Let's get some experience, and next year could be our year. But we've really been focused on all year. Let's 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 really be good this year. And, and the balance has been, I think, the balance that we have is has made it real fun for me to coach. Everybody's all in. We, we you know, this weekend. Uh, we had a player come off the bench, Patiri Reed, who uh, he didn't play in our quarterfinal game. But we we have a deep bench, and we can, depending on who we're playing and where we think we have our strengths, we can we have a, a pretty deep rotation. And uh, you know, so he he was team first, and we just felt like we didn't need him to 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 win. We we're going to give it a nod to someone else and for minutes in the Bates game, and we were fortunate enough to win. And now, you know, it was someone else's turn to. to you know, not have an opportunity, and he stepped up and did great. So we just have there are a lot of stories like that, and and uh, and even guys who may not be playing in the games are just working hard in practice. This is a it's a real special group that that uh, they're they're really buying into to the you know the common goal. And and of course, ten guys have played in twenty four of the twenty six games, so you're willing to go deep on the bench and get guys quality minutes. Uh, almost all of them are averaging double digits in minutes, so that means at least a quarter of the game. So uh, certainly impressive there. You, you, I would say you're on a roll, and it's and you're what would consider be a dangerous team. I know in your minds you probably don't care where you're heading to the NCAA tournament. You're just, you just enjoy the fact that unlike in 2012, you're going to enjoy the selection show tomorrow. Absolutely, we're already planning what we're going to do for it, and it'll it'll be uh, it'll be fun. And uh, yeah, we're excited. To, you know, we are having a great uh, a. A, a great time this year and you mentioned earlier we we were down in daytona at the daytona shootout yeah. and uh we were really impressed with the, the the program from birmingham southern to maryville i mean great coaches and great programs and and it was a great feel down there i think that was a real springboard for us because we played well down there we saw some really high level teams and i think it, it helped our guys believe that that uh you know that we could compete and the nescac is i mean the nescac is is such a good league top to bottom and i think this year the fact that that uh, we're all beating each other up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, historically in the last few years, has been a one dominant team or two dominant teams. Yeah. And I just think that this might be the from top to bottom the best year in the NESCAC. It's just, I mean, there's not much there's not much separation between between the teams, and it, it doesn't surprise me at all that that uh, that you know Amherst didn't get a home game in the quarterfinals, but they went to the finals because they're good. Yeah. Well, I saw Emerson Dave Hickson uh, beginning of January. He said he thought three or four losses could lead the conference. Now, granted, Trinity only had one, but everybody else certainly had three, four, five, six losses. Um, and it was certainly a fun season. Well, congratulations on the automatic bid. Congratulations on making the NCAA tournament. I know that's been something you've been working for for a while. Uh, probably takes the taste of 2012 a little bit out of your mouth now, um, and now you can celebrate this one. As always, we give the coach and guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in? Yeah, I'd like to just thank all the fans of, from the Cardinal basketball family that that were able to come to the game and cheer us on, and those who are watching afar. It's been uh, it's been a great seven years. Western University is a real special place, and uh, with the leadership of President Roth and our new athletic director Mike Mike Whalen, it's just uh, it's just uh, good things ahead for for Wesleyan. Yeah, definitely. Uh, con- definitely looking forward to seeing those, and we're already starting to see them, as it were. Uh, as the Cardinals change a little bit towards the winning ways. Thank you so much, Coach. Take care and enjoy the show tomorrow. Great.
Thank you. Joe Riley joining us here on Hoopsville. Appreciate him taking the time. We're going to come back, answer more of your questions, and get our selection show rolling here. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Of course, of course like viewers like yourselves as well with our fundraising campaign. Uh, more Hoopsville right after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Let's try that again. Hello, everybody. You've just been watching me mime my way through the beginning of this segment. I am your host, Dave McHugh. Welcome back to the Hoopsville Selection Show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Don't want to forget about the Hoopsville fundraising campaign. It runs out tonight. We've gotten a couple donations since we went to break, and we have refreshed the screen at the bottom part of your corner. Seven hours left in the campaign. Our goal is $5,000. We are now at 4100 Of course, 5000 is half of what we raised last year. The goal primarily is just so that we don't have as many fees associated and so thus keep more of our money. Uh, we can go past that. We have no problems with that. A couple weeks ago, Rich Reed from Laverne came on the show randomly at the end of the Hoopsville Marathon. He called in and said, we'd love to have you come out there. And I said to him, if we raise $7,500, I will carve out a good chunk of the money to make sure I can get to, to the uh, SoCal area so I can watch some basketball in the Skyac. So please, you can help us do that because, again, the money goes to paying bills, helping us travel, improve our broadcasts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, again, if you have questions for us, Pat and I will start our selection process with the men's here shortly. We know you've gotten a lot of questions on Twitter. We will go through it here uh, as we can. Also understand some of your questions may end up being answered as we go through this. Now, as far as full-on bracketology, we're not going to go and then bracket the teams. Pat and I were discussing this earlier. Let's be honest. We can have our pipe dreams or we would like to have teams. We can also have our financial restrictions. It gets really kind of tough to bracket. It's not that a bracket will not be revealed on d3hoops.com 
later tonight. We just may not do it here so we can do both mock selections on men and women. We also will give you some ideas of some maybe hosts that we could see, but that's kind of how we're breaking that down. Again, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. And for with no further ado... We bring in Pat Coleman from D3Hoops.com, sir. Via Skype, I always love the Skype. Skype's great. Uh, it's so much better than me sitting here with the speakerphone. So hopefully uh, yeah. hopefully this works. And certainly uh, you have your spread at your site, and I've got my spread at my site. And we're ready to break it down, as it were. Uh, again, folks, if you got questions, let us know. We will certainly try and get them. I now have the Twitter squarely in front of me along with every bit of data I've got, so we will try and answer questions uh, as we go. And we thank everybody for tuning in. Hey, Dave, uh, I've, got a, I've got a question for you. I brought yeah. some props. Uh, <laughs> Is a whiteboard? Uh, it's just paper. Is this le- <laughs> it doesn't look legible. Is that legible? Somewhat, yes. Oh, look at you. Nice. In. Out. Out. Uh, safe. That's for like a bubble team or okay. I don't know. At the in and safe are the same thing. Um, and I, I was looking for a, a Sharpie or something like that. But I have small children, so art supplies tend to uh, wander. Yeah, I hear you there. Um, I'll send you a Sharpie as soon as I get one myself. I had a crayon here once on this desk. Uh, let's see. You got an email. Women's Great Lakes. How many at-large bids do you see for the Great Lakes women? Will Hope get shut out by the number of upsets today? Oh, Hope. Hope's a great question, you know. Hope has always been kind of the test case in women's basketball for a team that uh, has a really high winning percentage and doesn't get in because of strength of schedule. But, you know, um, Hope's strength of schedule over the past couple of years has increased. I put them in. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. Uh, in. We got our first official use of the word in from that. <laughs> All right. So here's how this is going to work, folks. We're going to do a few things. We're going to try and go through the process. And a little bit streamlined. We can't do it perfectly the way we want to do it, like the men's and women's committees are doing as we speak. Fewer um, computers. It's, yeah, exactly. Though we are on computers, like, uh, but different sys- setup. We will basically, we are going to cheat the system a little bit by get, basically getting some teams off the board immediately, ones we think are absolute sure locks. The committees won't necessarily do that. They will go through the process so that every team is selected the way they want them to be selected, just for formalities of it, and we certainly understand that. Um, but we're going to save time by just getting through some things. We will take some breaks um, periodically, every hour at least, uh, to, to give you a, an, uh, some interviews um, that we have talked to some AQs just because they deserve some attention on the show as well and certainly the show uh, is built around that as well and if we glean any information like apparently Mount Union being the number one team in the uh, Great Lakes region and the fact that Oswego is not ranked we will keep that we'll bring that to your attention when we learn that as much and I see more uh, stuff coming in we certainly appreciate it Um, for the glean yes I like the word glean you know what I'm sorry now now it's ready uh, quickly on the women's side, before we go any further, Penn State Abington making it in. Is that helpful for Stevenson? Women getting a host other than another team in that geographic region. To be honest with you, it has nothing to do with the geographic region, uh, especially on the East Coast. If it was West Coast, yeah, but not on the East Coast. East Coast, so many teams um, are in play that the hosting isn't necessarily dictated um, by how many teams are there. I think Stevenson's going to get a chance to host if they jump Scranton. Uh, which is certainly possible. Uh, they also might need it if somebody else can't host, but those are things we can't figure out. So let's start with the men's side, if nobody minds, uh, just because we're kind of wrapped up and into that one. 
And Pat, uh, I'll let you do the honors of who we think are going to be uh, drop dead locks for us on this mm-hmm. system. Yeah, and just as a reminder, there's no Pool B in men's or women's basketball this year. There just aren't enough teams to justify setting aside a separate Pool B bid. So uh, those handful of schools that aren't in conferences or aren't in conferences with automatic qualifiers all get lumped into the Pool C situation. We jump straight to that, and Dave and I discussed this during the last break, um, and we agreed on Marietta, Virginia Wesleyan, Stevens Point, uh, Wash U, and Johns Hopkins. In no particular order, those being five teams that are pretty much drop-dead locks for the first five of those 19 Pool C bids. Yeah, can't disagree with that whatsoever. Um, the rest of them may seem somewhat obvious, but there's a little bit of a process to it, so we just want to make sure. But those ones seem pretty lock, stock, and barreled, as it were. Yeah, and part of it is that, you know, the Northeast region, there's uh, so many of these NESCAC teams uh, that I know, like you've already mentioned, and Eastern Connecticut gets thrown in that mix, too, uh, of teams where, you know, what exactly, what order should they be in? What should they be considered in? Uh, the Great Lakes is kind of like that, too. Uh, I'm not surprised that Mountain Union is number one. Uh, the thing that I think has been holding them back in regional rankings is in the past is having lost to Worcester, but uh, Worcester having you know, lost another game this week uh, probably makes it easier to push Worcester down and put Mount Union in, on the top. And I think that leaves Marietta uh, was was next in that region. Uh, the Central, you know, you could probably almost call Illinois Wesleyan a drop dead lock as well, but they have seven losses. Um, so, you know, I think we should at least discuss them. Yeah. Um, and then, so here's what the top team from each the way, region on the let board Let me uh, quickly interrupt yeah, uh, breaking news. We have hit our goal. Thank you very much, everybody. 5,200 and climbing, including one ginormous uh, donation from David, wow. uh, our second $1,000 donation of the campaign. We appreciate him. and get Just got another donation uh, as we will continue to update that screen as we're up to 5,300. Again, folks, now we can just keep more of our money. Whatever you give us, trust me, we spend wisely and do a lot more for Division Three. Um, and really, to be honest with you, this ability to Skype is because we upgraded our computers. <laughs> That's the biggest reason. So this money right. is this money is is used, and we really appreciate it. it takes it from popping out of our pockets because trust me, there's nothing there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Skype is free, but the software to run it effectively and put it on the air right. is not. And the so, hardware, right? Exactly. Yeah. So thank you for right, hitting yes. the hitting the goal. We still got seven hours left in the campaign, and we're still climbing. So we appreciate the support. Now let's get back to it, and we'll keep an eye on the on the window at the bottom of the screen uh, throughout as well. And so basically, for a reminder, what uh, the committee is going to do is they're going to take. Uh, each of the eight regions, they're going to eliminate their the regional rankings that they've already put together, those regional advisory committees, or the RAC, as you hear Dave say on the, during the course of the show. They've put that together. Obviously, all the automatic bids, those guys are already in the field, so we're left with the at-large teams. They put all eight, the, the top team remaining in each of those eight regions goes up on the board, and then uh, they debate that uh, those eight as a group. One of them, uh, one of those eight gets uh, selected. They get put in the field. They get replaced by the team that was behind them in the pecking order for their region. And the process continues until we run out of those 19 pool C spots to put teams in. So we've put in uh, a handful of teams uh, from a couple of regions, not all of them. And what we've got on the board uh, is, first of all, I guess, uh, David, a debate of what order you want to put the New England teams, the Northeast teams in. Trinity or Amherst first uh, Trinity, I've got uh, 19 and five uh, Division three record, uh, 535 strength of schedule. Amherst, 20 and six at 579. 
Uh, Amherst, you know, though that strength of schedule is significantly better, but Amherst uh, lost the head-to-head -head match to Trinity, and I thought those games were fairly close. Um, you know, Trinity, I have uh, with in terms of uh, games against regionally ranked opponents, which is another one of the NCAA selection criteria. I've got a win against Springfield, win against Bates, the win against Amherst, win against Bowden, and then splitting two games with Wesleyan versus Amherst, who has. Uh, let's see, uh, win against Eastern Connecticut, two out of three over Wesleyan, uh, beat Bates, lost to Trinity, won two games against Bowden, and lost to Babson. Hmm. Of course, that game against Babson at home, and it wasn't close. Now, granted, That's uh, right. um, how much they lost by doesn't necessarily play in, but the fact that it was a home game does play into it. It is results versus regionally ranked opponents, not necessarily winning percentage. Um I think this is the one that the Northeast has had the most trouble with, to be honest with you. I think the committee has racked its brains around this one a lot. Um, my initial instinct was that Trinity may be ahead of Amherst because of that head-to-head. -head. But if we look at the fact that the, the committee is using a .03 SOS to two-game ratio, and you've got Amherst at a 5.79 and, and Trinity at a 5.35, so we're at a difference of a 0, uh, 0.44, um, that, I think, washes out the the difference in the records, at least washes out the loss side of that. So yeah. um, without going into the details too far, but basically I think, you know, Amherst, instead of being a 20-7, and seven, is more of a 22-5. and five. For argument's sake, if it was compared to Trinity's schedule, and Trinity's schedule compared to, uh, to Amherst's strength would be a 17-7. and seven. And, and I think that might wipe out the head-to-head I know that, um, and, and you know, Trinity's got some good results in there as well in the regionally ranked opponents, and Amherst certainly does as well. Uh, I think I still keep Amherst ahead of Trinity, believe it or not. And if I look at around at where uh, where these teams would stack up against other teams that are going to be on the board here, mm -hmm. uh, Amherst Amherst is easier to put in right away. Uh, if you look at you know once that's the thing, Amherst doesn't compare well to Trinity, but Amherst compares well to schools such as. William Patterson or Plattsburgh or Catholic or Ohio Wesleyan uh, Center, the schools who might be on the board right and now. And something else that's also to be considered when you're regionally ranking, sometimes it's not down to Team A and Team B. If they go Team A and Team B and you like A, and then you go Team B and Team C and you like C, then you're going to look at Team A and Team C and go, whoa, let's look at all three of these combined. We can't do these separated out. Um, and so sometimes that's also what's coming into play, I think, in the Northeast, is when you look A to B, sure, you might make a decision. But when you add the third team because you got some questions, then it becomes a little bit more complicated. Uh, listen, I've seen Amherst, and I know the eye test is not part of this, and I'm very surprised that they're as high as they are. But the, re the SOS is a 579. We can't discount that, just as we can't discount Bates's. Uh, Amherst did get to the championship game. Yes, Trinity has a head-to-head -head win, but at some point, one piece of criteria is not going to trump the other ones, and I think Amherst has it here. And so I would be fine with that, with uh, Amherst, Trinity, and Bates. And, of course, uh, our friend Bob Quillman just uh, pointed out on uh, Twitter that it doesn't really matter. He thinks all three of those are in the field anyway. And I suspect that as we go through the process, we'll probably yeah. end up uh, doing that anyway. Probably but we agree. are going to go through the process. Uh, we're not going to, we're, we're going to short circuit it just a little bit for television, but not a whole lot. <laughs> and um, well, and by the way, we should point out when we do some commercials, we might continue the process on our end and then reveal some of the yeah. other teams that we decided to short circuit it for television folks. We'll move ahead, move ahead to uh, further, uh, <laughs> yeah, we edit this for to later program. Yeah. Anyway. 
Yeah, All right, so, whatever that phrase. Exactly. So Amherst would be uh, essentially so, the first one still at the t at, back at the table. Yep, and then William Patterson uh, is a lock to be the next team at the table for the Atlantic. Agreed. Um, Plattsburgh State uh, looks like the next team at the table for the East. I, you know, here's the problem I'm, I'm going to have with that, only because they don't pick up the wins with Oswego. We've 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 learned that Oswego was oh, not, not regionally ranked, I wasn't, and I wasn't. I wasn't considering Oswego. Okay. And in all honesty, you know, Oswego wasn't in the regional rankings last week either. So I think this is basically the uh, the order doesn't change a whole lot. The strength of schedule didn't change a whole lot. And I don't really mess with the regionally ranked opponents here because I have basically, in my mind, the same six teams ranked in the East. Well, let me let me just we throw a curveball not to try and drag it out, but let me just give you this. So you have a strength of schedule for NYU that is .01 better, which is probably a wash, but let's just point that out. Uh, compensated with NYU's yep. the fact that NYU does have a, a, a less wins but the same amount of losses. But NYU is three and two versus regionally ranked opponents that we are aware of. It could be better. Um, and Plattsburgh is only a one and zero. Oh. Um, yeah. That could be enough and, argument to put NYU maybe ahead of Plattsburgh. I don't know. Well, and NYU is the only at-large team in this region that didn't lose this week, right? Correct. Is that yeah. 17 and 8 compared to 19 and 8. That's pretty much a wash, I would think, in terms of the uh, records versus D3 opponents. Potential. Um, I would, I'd be willing to consider moving NYU to higher up in this regional ranking, just because, you know, like, like we just said, they didn't lose and these other teams all lost. So do three teams fall behind NYU, or it doesn't really matter. Skidmore doesn't have to fall behind NYU because they won the automatic. Correct. Bid, but Correct. You get the idea. So right. do two teams fall behind NYU. That could happen. Well, we've seen it happen in the past, and again, I think that three and two versus regionally ranked. And I know there's some people out there who are screaming bloody murder, but something I did hear kind of in the week leading up to this was: listen, don't don't look off NYU. That if they do get that win over Brandeis, yeah, they don't have the best winning percentage, but it's above what we call that Mendoza line of six sixty seven, which I would have eliminated them for me. Um, they got that win. Their SOS is solid. That results versus regionally ranked is good, including. Two wins over Emory, a win over WashU, and a win over Chicago. Granted, the, the three of those are at their place, but they did travel and beat Emory on the road. Plattsburgh's played one team and gotten a win. I, I, I just Something tells me that maybe NYU goes in over Plattsburgh. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we mock it up that way and see what it looks like? Okay, sure. So NYU it is a mock. on the board. It is a mock. <laughs> uh, uh, and you can feel free to mock it at home if you like. Yes. Um, so, uh, so we'll put NYU top on the board from the East for now. Um, we've already put Johns Hopkins in the field from the Mid-Atlantic. Uh, I, I kind of ran at Dickinson, Johns Hopkins, Scranton, Catholic, F&M, and then Alvernia, St. Mary's. I'm not sure it's going to matter um, because Alvernia is in the field anyway uh, once we get down that far in the Mid-Atlantic. So that puts Catholic at the, on the board next. 22-5 uh, and five versus D3 opponents. 506 strength of schedule, which has already been discussed uh, many times over the past couple weeks. It's not great. It's above 500, but not great. So you have any trouble with the order there? Uh, which one? I'm sorry, Mid-Atlantic? Yeah, Mid-Atlantic. Catholic over FNM. No, absolutely then, not. Yeah. I think it has to be that way. It's uh, Catholic's got a two-game advantage or a game and a half in the standings, and it's a it's a comparable strength of schedule. Yeah. Uh, moving to the Great Lakes, um, Ohio Wesleyan is uh, what I have top on the board right now at 25 and 22 and five, 537 over Worcester, 22 and six, 551. Is the there was a was there a two to one head to head? Is that right, or is it just a is it they just play twice? Is, if they just play twice, wait, who? 
I'm talking about OWU versus Worcester. Uh, they played twice. Because yeah. DePaul beat Ohio Wesleyan in the because uh, it should have been Ohio Wesleyan Worcester in the one two game. Yeah, and Ohio Wesleyan swept the regular season series, Correct. so that's why uh, that's why I have Ohio Wesleyan ahead. And the Ohio Wesleyan followed by Worcester, followed by John Carroll, followed by Penn State Barrend, followed by Hope or St. Vincent. If yeah. we get down that far, I'm fine with that. In the South, South's kind of a mess. Yes, it um, is. <laughs> you know, we've got uh, we've got center. Uh, we've already put Virginia Wesleyan in. We've got Center, we've got Rhodes, we've got Harden Simmons. Um, you know, Center 21 and 5, 513, Rhodes 20 and 6, 501. Harden Simmons, you know, kind of going the wrong direction uh, the last few weeks 20 and 7, 531. Yeah, I mean, Harden Simmons got a nice SOS there at 20 and 7 with a 2 2. Um, Rhodes is 501, wants me to keep them kind of at the bottom of those three. Um, centers 513 doesn't help doesn't I don't like um, but at least they're 20 and five it's a one and two that it gets me down into a conversation between center and Harden Simmons which I can't believe we were going to be having that conversation I thought Harden Simmons was a little bit further out but that 531 which is by the way pretty impressive coming out of the ASC um who that's tough um I think the two and two versus one and two kind of makes it equal do we do we know who the two and two for Harden Simmons was off the top of your head? I don't. I don't want to drag this out too long. Well, um, uh, I mean, obviously East Texas Baptist is on the list, and yeah. probably Mary Hart Baylor. Um, they don't play divisions anymore in that conference. They no, play everybody they, twice, right? So yeah, they go back to it next year. Yeah, so that's basically a split between among those uh, four games against those two teams. They uh, let's see, they split against East Texas Baptist. And they, I'm just going to confirm, yeah, they split against Mary Harden Baylor also. They lost to Texas Lutheran. If Texas Lutheran sneaks into the regional rankings, which they could based on their win today, then that would make uh, Harden Simmons two and three, and that would not be better. Well, and the uh, center disadvantage in the SOS is not technically all the way to zero three zero, and it has to get there for that to kick in. Uh, so do, even though it's close, that's not significant. <laughs> Um, so I don't know if that washes out the two losses that Harden Simmons has as a disadvantage. I, I'm fine with keeping center ahead of Harden Simmons with Rhodes behind him. Center ahead of Harden Simmons with Rhodes behind them. I, I would I would buy that because there is a a point oh three differential between. Yes. yes I, I keep wanting to say the game clock and the shot clock. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a difference in there, and that's why I can't put Rhodes ahead of Harden Simmons. Um, uh, because their records are awash, and so I go to the SOS there. I'm wearing a Wittenberg football sweatshirt. Yeah, in right? case anybody's curious, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, well, I figured other people might also. Uh, so <laughs> centers on the board from the south and maybe likely to stay there for a while. Uh, Illinois Wesleyan next from the central, 19-7, uh, and 7, 591 strength of schedule, and obviously they're going to have a very significant uh, number of results against regionally ranked opponents as well. And then on the board from the west, this is also a place where we have to uh, maybe have a little bit of discussion. So uh, I've got Bethel right now. Bethel uh, doesn't have a better record than St. Olaf, but they have a better strength of schedule, and they beat St. Olaf head-to-head three times. Um, then we've got Buena Vista, uh, who's uh, a half game behind Bethel in the win-loss, as it were, and .24 behind in strength of schedule. Uh, so basically, it's Bethel, 19 and 8, 552. St. Olaf, 21 and 5, 527. Buena Vista, 
18 and 8, 528, and then uh, Whitman a little further down at 20 and 6, 519. Yeah, this one's tricky. Um... 520. Oh, they're 520 now after the uh, after the Sunday games. Who's 520? Whitman? Yeah. Oh, Whitman, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm probably okay. See, uh, what I'm finding is St. Olaf and Bethel are, are interesting because Bethel does – as you point out, three and zero. Yeah, three and zero head to head. And so I might disagree here with with our friend. I I don't think you can keep Saint Olaf ahead of Bethel. Um, oh, I have Bethel ahead of Saint Olaf too. I, I've made some changes from the uh, from yeah. the, the Matt Snyder I, I think, projections, which are great projections and certainly a good yes. starting point for this. I, I would go Bethel Saint. I go Bethel Saint Olaf. Um, Buna, Whitman. Yeah, no? yeah. So. I, I'm just I'm looking at, again at Buena Vista eighteen and eight five twenty seven. We probably have to dig further in there versus Whitman twenty and six five twenty two games ahead with a very comparable strength of schedule just point zero zero seven difference. Yeah. Oh I, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm on the right column. Yeah. <laughs> Buena Vista's three and one. Whitman's two and two. You're probably going to second, and really we I can't go to second because uh, <laughs> I don't know where that's going to take us. Um. I don't know what you mean there, but that's oh secondary criteria. Secondary criteria, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it'll be a while before either of those teams gets on the board, uh, but we probably will be in secondary criteria. By Listen, then. let's just go on this because Buena Vista was ahead of Whitman last time. They both kind of had the same results. Let's just keep Buena Vista ahead of Whitman. I think that's for probably time right reasons. <laughs> also true. We move ahead to further action. So Northeast Amherst, at, uh, Amherst William Patterson, NYU Catholic, Ohio Wesleyan Center, Illinois Wesleyan Bethel. And I would go with either Illinois Wesleyan or uh, Amherst. Illinois Wesleyan has a .012 better strength of schedule. They're one game behind in the win-loss column. They're both getting in. So let's just put one of them in. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, put the so top Illinois, one in. Illinois Wesleyan goes in. Um, and I can type stretching across the room. And then Amherst also. So, so now our board uh, has Trinity instead of Amherst, and it has Elmhurst instead of Illinois Wesleyan. Elmhurst nineteen and seven, five fifty one. I just keep double checking these numbers. Nineteen and seven, five fifty one. Yep. And Trinity's uh, nineteen and five, five thirty five. Just double check that as well because they played there. They had people who played them played today. Five thirty five. I've already made that change. So there we are. I'm trying to double check my numbers. What time they were done? Yeah, six o'clock. Okay. Yep, that's everything. That's the season. Yep. Um, it's just because I thought mine didn't add up somewhere. All right. Um. So we're down to. So I like. You know, I start to like William Patterson. They have the highest strength of schedule on the board at the moment. Uh, the highest winning percentage on the board belongs to Ohio Wesleyan uh, and Catholic. Um. You know, Trinity has uh, really good numbers against regionally ranked opponents. I have them one, two, three, four, five, and one uh, against my regional rankings, um, which is the same as what uh, Matt Snyder, the Matt Snyder numbers have. So, um, Elmhurst is going to have uh, a lot of results against regionally ranked opponents as well, uh, especially if North Central remains in the regional rankings. And I don't suspect, I don't have any reason to suspect they won't. So Elmhurst is four and four against regionally ranked opponents, including 
uh, results against Augustana. Um, you know, again, we, this may be deck chairs on the Titanic kind of thing. These yeah, are still true. kind of the easy ones. And not even deck chairs on the Titanic. What's uh, What would be the, 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 the opposite, the good way to say that? Um, on the Queen Mary. Deck- I don't think that's better. <laughs> no. Queen Mary 2? On the Costa Concordia. Okay. There you go. Uh, I'm just out of, uh, I can't come up with a good cruise ship anymore. Uh, they lost, Elmer's, Elmer's lost to Augustana twice, uh, and that's not a benefit. They lost to Illinois Wesleyan two out of three, which is why Illinois Wesleyan was already ahead of them. Um, so they aren't necessarily positive results. Um, they beat Dubuque, and Dubuque is in my West Region ranking for what that's worth. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the Elmhurst uh, resume. Hmm. Have we uh, put people to sleep yet? I'm no, I, I'm just here. thinking through. So we're down to, hey, uh, listen, I'm I'm with you on William Patterson. Um, I'm just trying to find a, a, an argument to not take him right now. Um, I mean, yeah, 565 a, with four and three. That's um, four and three against regionally ranked opponents, right? Right, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, versus even Ohio Wesleyan doesn't have that kind of number. Um, and that's four and three with all three of those losses being to Richard Stockton. Correct. Um, who's number one. So, you know, I do glean that. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to do that, but, um, uh, listen, I, you know, we're comparing them to Elmhurst, five fifty one, four and four. Uh, I, I looking go- at the looking at the Patterson wins. They're against Brooklyn, who's right behind them in the Atlantic. Penn State Baron, who's pretty buried in the Great Lakes, if they are regionally ranked tonight. Uh, Rutgers Newark, they beat twice. Those are the four wins. Yeah, I mean none of those are world beaters, but. Nope. I mean, I'm not sure Elmer's uh, wins against regionally ranked opponents aren't against world beaters per se either. I mean, none of them were against Augustana. No, they weren't. Uh, two of them were against North Central, who's behind them. Uh, Dubuque is on a similar low level in the West. And uh, Illinois Wesleyan, they won one out of three times, right? So. Yep. I'm, um, I'm good with William Patterson there. All right, William Patterson, welcome to the tournament. In our mock projection here on d3hoops.com. Um, Dave, why don't you do the Hoopsville reset for the top of the hour and I'll get the board ready. Yeah, you listen to the Hoopsville selection proce- uh, special here. Uh, we are going through the process of selecting the teams. This isn't where we're just going to announce all 19 teams because we're going through the selection. Yes, it's either in or it's out or it's eh, maybe okay, bubble. Um, if you've got questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, or hashtag Glean, as we've been using that tonight as well. Um, we're trying to determine who's going to be in the men's bracket. We will not actually bracket. If anyone's looking at us for a bracket, we don't have that time in the day to bracket. We well, will post we that later. Exactly. We'll bracket after we do the after we finish the show and after we do the women's selections. Then we'll go through and do the bracketing. We'll talk a little bit about what how the bracket might shake out. Yes. And in some general ways, um, but 
the hardcore bracketing, man. Uh, those who watched the women's selection mock selection show at 2 a.m. in the morning last year know that that is just like that's watching how the sausage is made. Yep. It's kind of crazy. Um, nobody wants to watch that. The process in my head and the process of the way we spit things out. We did this on the football show too. It's just uh, it's just nuts. So and by the way, we'll put you through that. We haven't announced it yet, but I need my sleep. You need your sleep today. Oh, yeah. I had I, oh. I, I slipped through. I had not announced. Dave, Dave has a big interview tomorrow. I two. do. Uh, if you tune in to the selection shows at 1230 for the men Eastern time, 230 for the women's Eastern uh, uh, Eastern time, 1230 for the men, 230 Eastern time for the women, you will see this exact angle of me because I will be the analyst for NCAA.com's broadcast. So there you go. Yeah, we're not flying people. We're not flying people to Indianapolis. No. It's horribly expensive to fly people to Indianapolis, thanks Delta. But um, or you can be where yeah, I am, where it's Southwest. By the way, I, but it's anywhere to Indianapolis yes. is expensive. So and I blame Delta. I do want a little bit of sleep tonight. We will probably go late. I'm not saying we won't, but we're not going to go till 4 a.m. like we did last year um because uh it's not it's insane but i will be the analyst for the broadcast i'm very much looking forward to it it's something that came together in only the last few days uh so i hope you will enjoy it and hope you appreciate the fact that we have a voice a division three voice on the broadcast as well someone who actually knows something about anything <laughs> so um which is helpful um, so our board is now Trinity of Connecticut. Uh, Brooklyn joins the board uh, for the Atlantic, replacing William Patterson, who we've selected. The eight pool C teams that we have in so far, in some semblance of an order, uh, Virginia Wesleyan, Wisconsin Stevens Point, Wash U, Marietta, Johns Hopkins, Illinois Wesleyan, Amherst, and William Patterson. Uh, those are the first eight. There's 11 to go. Um, and we could just take one from each region and say, hey, let's just focus on the last three. But that's not how the committee will do it. So we got to do this right. Um, so the highest strength of schedule on the board now belongs to NY. No, I'm sorry, belongs to Bethel, Bethel, Elmhurst Center, Ohio Wesleyan, Trinity, Connecticut, Brooklyn, NYU, and Catholic. Brooklyn joins with a 22 and six, a 507 strength of schedule. Let's double check that again with today's numbers and the 75,000 tabs that I have open, <laughs> and that is still the case. Two and three against regionally ranked opponents. Um, very, very, very similar. If to uh, to Catholic's resume. If you're a Catholic fan, I would be very worried because that's not a good that's not good company to be in. Uh, they could be on the board all night, basically, because we had Johns Hopkins in pretty early. Um, I feel like Ohio Wesleyan or Trinity Connecticut here, Dave. Ohio Wesleyan 22 and five, 537. Trinity 19 and five, 535. Um, they seem to have the best combination. Also, Elmhurst. Um, uh, with a better strength of schedule, but a couple games behind in terms of winning percentage, they're 551 SOS and 19 and seven. And Bethel is very similar to them, 19 and eight, 564. Yeah, um, agree with you. I think it's down to those two. Trinity has a five and one versus regionally ranked opponents that, that we know of. And granted, these numbers could change, and that could change how these decisions could be made. By the way, folks, um, when but we, based when on we what we up, know, <laughs> yeah. When we trip up, when we have, uh, when we make projections that are incorrect, it's because the committee has uh, arranged the regions in a different way than we did, and yeah, there's no way to account for that. Right, and then the regionally ranked opponents information gets altered as well. Um, yeah, I think it's down to Trinity or Ohio Wesleyan. If we're going to go on raw numbers, I think they're pretty much even until you get to re results versus regionally ranked opponents, and in that case, it would go to Trinity. Um, if if well, I'm, just, unless I'm missing something. 
No, let's just dig into uh, Ohio Wesleyan just to see what we got here. I've typed in all of these URLs so many times this year that they're all remembered at this point. Um, okay, so win against Calvin, win against Worcester. Uh, Two wins that. against Worcester. Another win against Worcester, yep. Um, what am I missing? I've skipped over something, right? No, that's it. That's three, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And the loss is to oh, who's the loss that's on the board here? Is it to Hope? Yeah, it's probably to it's probably the loss to Hope. Okay, so um, I do feel like Trinity has the more impressive win, having beaten Amherst. Uh, they've beaten somebody who's ahead of them, right? Yes. Um, and they've only got the one loss. Um, I feel like, you know, when we're, we're again, splitting hairs, this is probably Trinity here. Yeah, I think it's Trinity. So we are officially taking Trinity as the number nine team of the 19 Pool C bids here in the uh, men's bracket. If you've got uh, questions about anything we've done, you know, feel free to throw them out there on Twitter. We might get back in time to uh, get you out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tweet us tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoops or hash, you know, let's just stick with Bob, hashtag Hoopsville because... Bob is trying to Bob's trying to push us along. He said, Trinity and Ohio Wesleyan are your next two in. Just I got that, Bob, but we're still going to go through the process, buddy. Well, I do think that Ohio Wesleyan is next. Uh, but joining the board uh, then is Bates at 19 and 6 with a 609 strength of schedule. Now, of course, they've not been playing for a little while. They got bounced uh, in the quarterfinals of the NESCAC tournament. Um, their uh, results against regionally ranked opponents, they beat Babson. Uh, there's obviously only uh, one other team that can say that this year. Uh, they split two games with Bowden, split two games with Wesleyan, uh, beat Southern Vermont if Southern Vermont stays in the regional rankings, uh, lost to Trinity, Connecticut, lost to Amherst, lost to Emory. That's maybe one of the best losses, too. They, they, <laughs> yeah, they have a, a lot win of good... against Babson and a loss to Emory, which is a pretty good, a good loss. They do have a lot of good losses, but I will tell you a lot of people don't like teams getting in on good losses. Uh, as it were. Um, you know, I still think that eventually, <clears throat> Dave, I'm going to be holding up one of these. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Bates, but maybe not this round if we go with Ohio Wesleyan. Yeah, I'm fine with that. the rest of the board hasn't changed. Yep, Ohio let's go Wesleyan with that. is still better than uh, the other six. And so See, Ohio Bob, Wesleyan, you got your wish. They're in now. Hey, you know what? This is compelling television, right? Yeah, exactly. Broad. Okay, next on the board from the Great Lakes is Worcester at 22-6, and six, a 5.51 strength of schedule. Um, we have way too many windows open, but three it tells me that Worcester, thank you, 3-2. and two. You can be the regional ranking guy yeah. uh, on this. Um, so uh, Worcester beat Mount Union, who uh, Dave has uh, determined as the number one team in the uh, new Great Lakes uh, regional ranking, the one that nobody gets to see. Um, they beat St. Vincent, who's probably in this regional ranking as well. Uh, lost to Ohio Wesleyan, who's already in the field. Lost to Ohio Wesleyan again. Uh, did I mention they were already in the field? And uh, those are the results against regionally ranked opponents, right? A win against Hope also, if Hope, if Hope is in the regional ranking. So uh, beating Mount Union, we talked about it a minute ago. Um, as a uh, as a uh, something that had been holding Mount Union back, this is a positive for Worcester. Yeah, no, absolutely, it's a positive for Worcester, and it helps them out a little bit here. I think if you compare them to Bates, though, it's going to get a little interesting, considering they both have the same amount of losses. Though Worcester has 
more wins. You play the SOS game here, and Bates is going to all of a sudden trump that schedule just a little bit. Uh, this is where Bates is probably going to be in at some point in time, as we've talked about, um, whether whether we want to admit it or not. Um, or not, I shouldn't say it that way. Based on their SOS, this is going to be a, a slam dunk at some point. Uh, SOS game, you're right. And, I've and got it, awful handwriting. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. I knew it. I just had to wait for the camera to, to uh, focus. White um, balance. Yeah, white balance too. And, and that's and that's part of the part and parcel of them trying to figure it out. Um, I I just can't put Bates or Worcester in ahead of Bates. I don't think because of that. Um, yeah, I got to go with Bates here. Yeah, so let me ask you. I mean, you've you've talked quite a bit this year about the uh, the um, revelation slash pronouncement that such and such number of wins equals such and such number of strength of schedule. Is that just W's or that W is an L's? So no, it's a WL type game. So yeah, so Bates, who's a game and a half behind Worcester, right? Three games in the win column, right. but a same in the loss column is not two so, games. So so play it like this: if you took Worcester's record. On Bates's schedule, you're going to assume that Worcester would be 20 and and eight, and if you took Bates's record on Worcester's schedule, you would assume that they'd be 21 and four. And now you got two different records, which will let you understand what the SOS game is. Now it's a bigger difference in the SOS than that, so we're just taking that on .03 to two games. It's a bigger spread there, but it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't add up to .03 equals four games. Or .06, right. I'm sorry, equals four games. Um, but that just kind of gives you an idea of just playing the initial sm- simple game, and already you have a difference. So are we uh, advocating for Worcester here? I think Worcester basically presents fairly similarly to Ohio Wesleyan. Their strength of schedule is slightly better. The only thing that was holding them back from being ahead of Ohio Wesleyan was the head-to-head. Correct. Um, so we're saying, are we putting one of these up for Worcester? Yes. This is an in. Okay. I, I've just texted my uh, teenage daughter to bring me a, uh, a Sharpie so that we can... Uh... <laughs> this is how things work in the Coleman studio. Worcester goes in as the 11th. So we're more than halfway done. We've got eight spots left. John Carroll goes to the board. They're 20-6 and six with a 527 strength of schedule. Uh, just as a reminder, they now that means they present better than uh, Brooklyn, I would say. Day. Yeah. Um, they present better than Catholic. Catholic and Brooklyn have pretty much identical looks right now. Uh, they present better than Center. Center is only yeah. Center, Center, Brooklyn and Catholic. Uh, basically, you can throw a blanket over them. They're pretty much the same team uh, resume-wise right now. Um, and we're not going to really talk about any of them. Yes, she brought me the sharpie. Oh, it's blue, Dave. I hope that works for you. You can yeah, see blue, right? Yeah, it's fine. I'm red green. Thank you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, thanks, Elizabeth. I appreciate that. Which D3 school are you going to attend in two years? Uh, she's not ready to make her declaration. Okay. Well, we have a piece of paper now. She can sign if she'd like. <laughs> she does say University of Chicago's Division Three, isn't it? Yeah, I know because I know because we've been there. That's right. She knows. <laughs> uh, University of Chicago. You have a uh, you you have a potential student here. There you go. I um, said potential. Now we're gonna make new signs now. By the way, um, found out an, another interesting tidbit that could change how we assess the West region. <laughs> All right, let's go for it. Bethel is sixth. So that's really not second. No. Now, I don't see why that, that doesn't not make much sense to me. 
Could have changed, but I'm it. pretty sure these numbers are coming post. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so earlier in the Twitter stream, uh, Bob Quillman, our uh, longtime fellow analyst, said that St. Olaf presents better nationally than Bethel. It certainly does. Uh, Bethel doesn't. I don't think Bethel presents poorly nationally. I think they get in if in we if, in the order that we have them. Uh, I think they get in. Um, I don't think St. Olaf presents particularly well nationally. They only present slightly better than the triumvirate of Brooklyn Catholic Center, which is uh, you know a place where you go to get your religious needs <laughs> in that particular borough is the Brooklyn Catholic Center. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I don't. I don't uh, I don't think St. Olaf is much better than that. Uh, so I would put them behind. They would have to be behind St. Olaf and behind Buena Vista and behind Whitworth, who's not in this conversation. Correct. And then also behind Whitman. I don't. Would they see, be behind uh, Whitman? Like, Hold on. St. Thomas one. Teams. Yeah. Beth, uh, St. Olaf then would be potentially two. Buena Vista three. Whitworth four. Uh, Whitman five okay. or Dubuque five and Bethel six. But Dubuque would be a. Oh, not uh, not a factor here. Now, again, this could alter. The National Committee could have made another change that we're not aware of, but that's information I've kind of gathered is that they're sitting sixth. Yes, gleaned is the right word. Gleaned. Are you sure that doesn't are, – are, so probably the committee is just – I've asked. This. Yeah, um, maybe. I've asked. Or they're not clean. If that's the final ones, I don't. I don't have a well, set. If that's I would fine. not. Ag I would not agree with that for what it's worth. But you know, uh, we don't get to make that call. Not yet. We're just like we're just happy to get back on the selection show. Yeah. Um, we'll worry about getting into the selection room in a future year. Also, learn that <laughs> Una Vista is four. So that, so that jives. Kinda. I Dubuque could have jumped them. That makes yeah, sense. They I have think the Dubuque same strength them. of schedule better record and of course you know i don't know the full head-to-head -head dubuque versus buena vista but they they won that important one yeah. uh so yeah that's interesting dave i am uh, not a big fan of that but you know uh, i don't think it changes what we've done so far i don't think we have to backtrack on anything saint olaf would not have gotten selected against the teams that are currently on the board so um we could put saint olaf on the board right now if we want Mm, yeah, probably should. <laughs> See, this is what happens, Dave, when you glean. Yep. Because then you don't know who's in and who's. Uh, well, I haven't finished OJ here, drawing my out. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm tracing over the uh, the the things I already drew because I I'm out of paper. All right. Okay. Nice. So. We are at then uh, Bates and John Carroll on the board, uh, Brooklyn Catholic Center, uh, Elmhurst, NYU, and apparently St. Olaf. Yep, apparently St. Olaf. I, well, uh, I mean, you know, uh, so be it. I mean, St. Olaf has uh, St. Olaf's done some good things this year. Um, none of them against Bethel, uh, but some of them against Wisconsin Stevens Point, who we already put in the field earlier. Um, so St. Olaf's. Uh, record against regionally ranked opponents here, uh, that's on tab 75, um, is one and five. That win against uh, that win against Wisconsin Stevens Point is the only one. Three losses to Bethel, two losses to St. Thomas. Didn't even get to play St. Thomas today because nope of Beth. 
I don't know. Not how I would uh, not how I would uh, run the show, but it's not my show. It's their show, and we're just trying to read the script. Yes, I'm just trying to gather what I'm hearing. Um, let's reassess the East real quick. Okay. Okay. Platt two, NYU four. All right. Well, I don't think Plattsburgh's. I don't think that changes anything either. Uh, I don't think Plattsburgh State's gotten in if we remocked it. Um, so NYU would then also be behind Hobart. It sounds like so. Basically, kind of what we started the night with. Uh, Plattsburgh. Yeah. So Plattsburgh is a reminder. Nineteen and eight, five thirty-four. 1-0 potentially against regionally ranked opponents. Do you have any further insight on the state of the SUNYAC in the regional rankings? Um, no, that's it. All right. Um, hey. By the way, uh, <laughs> says... Uh, push this along to say Bates. But I thought we already... No, we don't have Bates in yet. We just took Worcester instead. Okay, I apologize. I thought we had taken Bates already. We've taken Virginia Wesleyan, Wisconsin, Stevens Point, Wash U, Marietta, Johns Hopkins, Illinois Wesleyan, Amherst, William Patterson, Trinity, Connecticut, Ohio Wesleyan, Worcester. I'm fine taking Bates here. And really, folks, you know, this is kind of like a draft. I mean, a fantasy draft, you might have a run on, well, a run on kickers or something like that, or a run on uh, closers in baseball. Similarly, if the board stacks up right, we could go off on a run on Great Lakes teams. We've just had two in a row. We certainly could take uh, John Carroll next. I think that uh, I think Bates presents better, uh, and maybe Elmer's presents better also. But there's nothing to say that the committee couldn't then just take bang, 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 bang four central teams in a row, or Correct. four Great Lakes yeah. teams in a row, or six Northeast teams because there's 75 teams in the Northeast. That's not, not figurative. Um, so you know these things these things happen. It's just kind of the way it works out. But um, so Bates or uh, uh, Bates 19 and 6 609 uh, Elmer's 19 and 7 551 digging into Bates we already did uh, their uh, their best win is against Babson that's the best win on the board yeah that is the best win on the board there's nothing around that um, nobody else has got nobody else in this no one's got a number one win as a win yeah. against number yep you like Bates yeah I like Bates I like Bates I like Bates here. Bates is our number 12 team in. So we think uh, Bates is in. And, you know, Dave, where do we get to the point? Are we almost to the point where it starts getting bubblicious, right? Um, we might be. We might put one more team in, such as Elmhurst or Eastern Connecticut, who just joins the board. And then anybody after that is going to be super suspect, I would say. Yes. Um, Elmhurst? Or are we like Eastern Connecticut? Eastern Connecticut, here's what their record is. They have... Uh, okay, and now, so my super awesome uh, two and three record against regionally ranked opponents for Eastern Connecticut is presuming Keene makes the regional rankings, which is a presumption. Yeah. Uh, which may not happen. So they have a loss to Marietta and a loss to Amherst, and that would be it. The uh, the Little East, um, even more, uh, not as much as the NUMAC, but the Little East did not have... Uh, a lot. Uh, their contenders did not have a lot of great games against uh, regionally ranked opponents. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm hemming and hawing in my head. Yeah, bubble. So let's see. Board is back to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean that's uh, we have to go through the process in a 
formulated manner, or we could have just jumped right in the middle. That's okay. Uh, I don't see how SOS math puts Buena Vista above Bethel. Uh, I agree. Uh, Buena Vista and Bethel have uh, similar wins uh, also, so I don't know. New hashtag NCAA math. Um, yeah, it's only because you can't put air quotes or real quotes in a hashtag. Um, maybe she NCA maths, you know, like the British word. All right. Anyway, we're getting to the point where the board's going to get a little more difficult here. Well, let's let's see here. Maybe we take one more selection. We'll take a break and do um, some interviews that we conducted earlier, which will give us a chance to reset things and maybe take a stare at things without maybe boring the, the heck out of people. Um, and you can always do some more of this. Yeah, and I can do some more gleaning, which I will certainly try and do. Um, I think, um, and we got a good long one here with the NCAC that we want to run here. This is our interviews with Wittenberg and uh, women and DePaul men. So, Pat, let's let's reset before we do that. Where are we? How many teams we've got in, and who we've got left at the table from each region at this point? We'll take a break, do the interviews. It'll be about a thirty-minute break, folks. Not break, break, but you'll hear the interviews for about thirty minutes. Well, Pat and I can work on things and maybe even get a couple picks taken care of while those interviews are on the air. Hey, Dave, if we can't do two picks in 35 minutes, then we are going to be up until 4 a.m. I know. That's, yeah, I didn't <laughs> want to make promises, though. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so here's what we have. Uh, remember, our, our mission here is to select 19 Pool C teams, and we've taken 12. Virginia Wesleyan, Stevens Point, Wash U, Johns Hopkins, Marietta, Illinois Wesleyan, Amherst, William Patterson, Trinity, Connecticut, Ohio, Wesleyan, Worcester, and then Bates. Now on the board, we have Eastern Connecticut. We have Brooklyn. We have Center. We have Catholic. We have Elmhurst. We have St. Olaf, Plittsburgh, Plattsburgh State, and John Carroll. Uh, that's what we've got. Should All be right. an interesting uh, run to the finish here. Yes, it will be. And, of course, we have how many selections that means left? Seven to go. Seven. And it's getting to the nitty-gritty. We'll get a couple of them taken care of. But So we're going to take a break. Um, we're going to have a couple of interviews. Wittenberg women's basketball and DePaul men's basketball, the two teams that stole a couple Pool C bids from some others in the Division Three men's and women's basketball polls, uh, or tournament, I should say. We're going to have those interviews coming up. I see you frantically writing, so I'm going to hang tight. Install. That's don't all. forget, nice break. And I'm gonna have a. Don't forget about the Hoopsville campaign sitting at the bottom of your screen. We've reached our goal, but that doesn't mean um, more isn't appreciated. If we uh, send raise... Dave to Alaska, yeah, send me to Alaska. Yeah, send me to South California. Uh, Southern Cal will be my destination if we uh, raise another two grand tonight. The the uh, the um, poll does run out by the end of the night. So this is the last chance, or I should say, the fundraiser runs out in the night. We're going to take a break. If you've got questions for us, hashtag Hoopsville or at D3Hoopsville on your Twitter account, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, and, of course, on email, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Wittenberg women's basketball and DePaul men's basketball coming up right here on Hoopsville. Every season starts with hope and a dream to play for the ultimate title to become NCAA national champions. And you can experience it live at the 2015 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 20th and 21st in Salem, Virginia. Hosted by the Old Dominion Athletic Conference and the City of Salem. Affordable tickets now available. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets today and make a date with champions. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was 
huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to the Hoopsville Selection Show Special here on Sunday night, March 1st. Of course, getting ready for those actual selection shows uh, from the NCAA coming up on Monday. But we are doing our mock selections, Pat Coleman and I, on the men's and women's side. Though we're taking a bit of a break every once in a while, this would be one of those breaks to give us a breather and maybe speed things along at the same time. And we're talking to some of the teams who are uh, along tonight, we're talking to some of the teams who are already in the NCAA tournament. It's a little easier to talk to them sometimes than those who are on the bubble because those on the bubble don't want to talk about the fact that they're on the bubble. So we're talking to those who are firmly in, including some of those who are taking those uh, maybe an extra spot away from others, whether it was their doing or by somebody else's. There's at-large bids that have been taken away thanks to automatic qualifiers going to those who uh, those on the bubble did not want them to go to. One of them is going on the women's side to Wittenberg, winners of the NCAC. That's because DePaul, who was the regular season champs, is in. Just going to be in a large bid, taking one of those extra bids away. And so we figured we would talk to the team. First trip to the NCAA tournament in 11 years, and head coach and former Wittenberg Tiger basketball player Sarah Jurowitz joins us via Skype. Coach, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Dave. It's a pleasure. I appreciate you taking the time. First and foremost, congratulations on the uh, conference championship. But it was, a, I mean, this was a terrific season all in all. You're now 23 and 6, 12 and 4 overall. I think you finished second in the NCAC, uh, if memory serves. And the memory is correct. Four games, of course, back of Wittenberg. Uh, we'll talk, or DePaul, I should say. We'll talk about why uh, you guys got a great opportunity to championship, especially on your home floor. But more importantly, places got to be pretty excited that you guys won a championship. Yeah, all of what we would call Tiger Nation is just thrilled and ecstatic, and we couldn't be more proud to be able to represent our university at the national tournament this upcoming weekend. Um, it's interesting that you guys win a national championship, move on to the NCAA tournament, considering this is the first losing season on the men's side, and I mm -hmm. believe since they in, invented paper and the game of basketball. Um, but it's you guys have been building towards this on the women's side, and sometimes the men's programs kind of help that along. Last year, 14 and 11, the year before that, 13 and 14. You guys had kind of been hovering around there. 2010 had certainly been a terrific season at 19 and 8. But did you really see a 21 season? Did you see a 23 and 6 season on the horizon when this thing got started? You know, Dave, um, I'm, I'm the ever optimist, uh, and <laughs> good, good. I, I do always believe that we have a fighting chance every game and, of course, going into every season. But, you know, there is also a, a true realist deep inside of me that looked at the fact that we had some obstacles that we were going to face personnel-wise coming into this season. 
And we were really aiming to clearly be able to finish above 500, but honestly, to get to 20 wins was not what we really had in our sight line. Um, and so it, it's really been such a joy to be able to far exceed what I think many expectations were for this program, for this team this year. And, you know, there's a lot of contributing factors, but we're just so thrilled that we find ourselves in the position that we are in now um, in, the, in this postseason time. And what does it mean for you to be able to do this with the program that you certainly had success with? I believe you were a three-year uh, captain of this team uh, when you played back in the 90s. Uh, I believe you led them to some uh, titles as well in the NCAA tournament. So what's it like to do that now as a head coach? Well, honestly, it's more fulfilling. It's it's wonderful to be able to be a part of something as a player that taught you so much and helped you to understand how to be successful and work hard towards something. But then when you in turn help and teach others how to find success through hard work and discipline and dedication, it is incredibly rewarding. And so it's been something that I've been cherishing every moment along the way. And I'm so and so happy to be sharing with these 20 amazing women who are part of our program this season. Uh, of course, uh, any season that has this big a significant step forward tends to have seniors on it, and you certainly have your fair share of seniors. I should say any program has seniors on it, unless it's brand new. But, I mean, has significant numbers of seniors. Um, my count quickly has got six, um, seven seniors on this team. Yeah. Um, that's got to be the big, big part of this, isn't it? Yeah, you know, we have seven seniors that have been tremendous in this program as as people and certainly as players on the court and their leadership has been impressive because when you have that many seniors it's easy to pass the buck or to have a, a battle between who's gonna be the ultimate leader and they have just been such a cohesive collaborative unit and they've all been on the same page all season long and while we have three seniors who haven't been able to play this year because of career-ending injuries or health-related issues, they have been with us every step of the way at practices, at games. And that level of commitment and care to your teammates, even when you can't be on the court, really demonstrated to this team that there is something more than just the minutes you put um, in the stat book that means that you're, you're contributing and making a difference in, this, in, in a team, on a team environment, in a team environment. And so that even those players that haven't been able to play and contribute have really shown what it means when you just commit to something that's bigger than you. And this team has really taken that ideal on and has, I believe, been a big part of our success. Talking to Sarah Jerwitz, head coach for Wittenberg women's basketball, onto the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2004 as the automatic qualifier from the NCAA. So you talk about uh, your seniors, of course, led by Darby Zirkel. I hope I said her name right. Yep. 15 and a half points a game and five rebounds. Not too bad. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw up the next one. Let's just be honest. Uh, we'll just go with Caitlin. I'll let you fill in the last name. Haromos, yep, Harlemos. Caitlin Haromos. Thank you. For, uh, nearly 14 points a game, and then Henry Small, 11 points a game. Those are your double figure um, stats. I got a couple others with nine and eight points each, et cetera, et cetera. While you've got the senior class, you certainly have your top leaders in the stat column. What's been the key, though, to the team? What's been maybe the secret sauce, as it were? Uh, you know, I, I think the secret sauce has been 
trusting one another, trusting the system, having faith and belief in the process and enjoying it and having fun with it. Their motto has sort of been always having fun. And it sounds like that can be a little cheesy or it could get them off task and, and unfocused. But for this group, it's really helped them connect with one another and buy in and know when the hard work is necessary, but then also to just release pressure um, and not put too much um, not to put too much pressure on certain situations and just to let the game flow. And that really has been a, a secret to their success. And, and Darby and Caitlin have really led that charge as our captains and, of course, statistical leaders. But then Henry Small and Heather Shorter, the other two active, you know, um, contributing seniors have also have also been in that, um, you know, have also led in that way as well. And so they, they've been committed to the discipline that it takes to find the success, like statistically and everything. Um, but it's also been that, you know, ability to balance that with truly having fun and playing this game together. Um, another thing, which, you know, obviously the, the big reason you guys were in the position you were in, not only because you were second, uh, you were going to be playing at DePaul anyway, it didn't matter, but DePaul wasn't in the game thanks to Ohio Wesleyan knocking them off in the semifinals. And this is a DePaul squad that you guys actually had somewhat successful against this season. You only lost by nine earlier at home on January 14th, and you lost by four at their place um, back on February 11th. So I have this gut feeling while you were certainly happy to see Ohio Wesleyan, you weren't disappointed. I would say you were maybe disappointed not to see DePaul. You, I think you may have thought you could have some success against them. You know, I, I believe that the team had great confidence going into the conference tournament weekend, and we were excited to be able to have that chance, whoever our opponent was going to be. Um, we, I, I really, truly believe the team was going to be focused to take on whichever opponent was going to be on the other side of the, of the court. Um, and it was, you know, it was thrilling to watch the tournament unfold because I think a lot of us knew in our conference this year that it could be anyone's conference. I think people were feeling that we were getting to a, a, a clear level of parity perhaps. Um, and so and it's and a lot of it is attributed to DePaul because they have brought a level of competitiveness that we really have embraced, I think, as a conference and every team has elevated their their um, performance and it's been great to see this season we've had a little bit of a flip of the script with Oberlin playing so well you know we were picked to finish fifth preseason and we finished second and so I think that there's been some real competitiveness that has been pulled out of a lot of the teams in our conference due to DePaul being in our conference now for the last four seasons um, and so our team I think our team has also learned from every every game that they played not only this season but with the senior class the previous three seasons and have always been really striving to play at the level of a DePauw. And we're really happy that we've had the experience to play against them throughout the regular season to help us prepare for moments like this one that we had this weekend. So, you know, it would have been fun to see DePauw again because we do feel like we were close two times previous this season, but Ohio Wesleyan played a tremendous semifinal, um, and it helped us, you know, to really get excited for that final when we knew we would see an opponent that we split with during the regular season. Um, I know the uh, NCAA committee always listens to this show on Sunday evenings uh, as they're selecting teams and bracketing. I, I know this for no facts whatsoever. Uh, so if you were to make a play, where would you like to go in the NCAA tournament? Who, who do you want to face off against? You got some confidence? You got a championship? Where do you want to go? 
Wow, Dave, I think we're so thrilled to be able to get the chance to go um, anywhere. You know, I, I think it would be fun to go down to Thomas More, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. I think our team thinks it would be really exciting to see. We played Thomas More a year ago, yep. had a really great run at them, um, played them really competitively. And I, you know, we've been kind of keeping an eye on them since they are so close to us and we didn't get a chance to play them this season in our non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. So I, I truly think our team would love a shot to go down to that area and see how how we do and see what other teams get into that um, part of the bracket and how we would perform in that um, in that part of the bracket. And I know you're in your office, though, so I've got to ask, what's it like to not be looking at game tape today considering you don't know who you're going to be playing and thus yeah. don't technically maybe have game tape on them? Yeah, it's different. Right? <laughs> That's something I would typically be doing on a day like today. Uh, but, we, you know, some of it is everybody needs a little time to decompress and sure. really soak in what happened this weekend and really enjoy it. Uh, we're happy that the team just gets a full day of rest mentally, emotionally, physically, and, you know, we'll, we we obviously just have things that we will think about for our team that we can fine-tune a little bit. So those are the things we're thinking about today in preparation for who we will find out who we will face this weekend. And then we'll, we'll get ready to focus our efforts on how we're going to, um, you know, strategize against the opponent we'll face. Well, congratulations on the conference championship. Certainly very impressive and tip of the hat, as it were. Congratulations uh, and good luck. We'll find out, obviously, on Monday where you're headed. In the meantime, we always give our guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, thank you, Dave. You know, I I really would love to just share the fact that this team has been a complete total effort, uh, team effort from our seniors that we talked about to our new coming incoming players that have contributed so well to our team's success and also to my excellent staff, our associate head coach Kelly Malum and our athletic trainer Molly Hopkins. Together there's been some really crucial decisions we've made about how this team can perform at their peak level this time of the season. And all of that has been a, a contribution from all the people that are a part of this program. Um, and I can't go without thanking our AD, Gary Williams, as well, because he's been such a strong supporter of our players. They've gained confidence from knowing he has been such a strong supporter and has believed in our program. Um, and I really think that we are playing our best basketball that we can be playing right now. And I'm just so excited to be able to take this adventure just a little bit longer with this team. They've been such a joy to be around, and I'm excited to see what they do. Well, congratulations yet again. Uh, look forward to seeing where you guys are marching. The NCAC stealing some bids away from people. Uh, <laughs> we congratulate you, and uh, good luck uh, coming up next weekend. Thank you, Dave. We're looking forward to it. I'm sure you are. Sarah Jurowitz joining us from Wittenberg. We mentioned the NCAC taking away some bids. That's because there's another bid being taken away by DePaul men's basketball we'll talk to bill fenland coming up about his team's win uh oh willie great run through the tournament yet again and how they're in the ncaa tournament after missing out last season that's all coming up right here on hoopsville we've got more schools than division one more fans than division two and more upsets than march madness there's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships and we've been covering it all for over a decade From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I used to 
never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Just got done talking to the Wittenberg women's basketball team about their uh, automatic bid to the NCAA tournament, winning the NCAC conference title. Of course, taking an at-large bid away from somebody because DePaul women's basketball team will get an at-large bid, having not won the conference title, falling in the semifinals. Well, interesting enough, the DePaul men's basketball team is taking an at-large bid from somebody because most likely Worcester and Ohio Wesleyan will get in, but you never know, and they would know that because I think a lot of people thought Bill Fenlon and his team would make the NCAA tournament last year. So we decided we'd get Bill Fenlon on the phone or Skype this year. Bill, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? You never do know, Dave. <laughs> you never you know, do. I went I went with you last year on this. Yeah. And and uh and we were extremely disappointed that we weren't able to to get in last year having uh got the got the two seed in our league and had a great year and and uh a lot of people that did projections had us in, and then uh, three teams in our league got in, and, and we didn't get in. So one of the things that we talked about in the offseason is, you know, you got to take the guesswork out. And the way you take the guesswork out is you do what we, we were able to figure out how to do this week. So it was a fantastic week for our program. No, certainly a terrific week. Uh, you guys are now on a three-game winning streak after a tough slide at the end. You've had a couple tough slides this year. It's kind of interesting. When you look at your losses, they're grouped together. It's three out of four uh, in early de- December. It was three out of four in the middle of January, three out of four in the middle of February. The good thing is I don't think you can win three out of, or lose three out of four in the NCAA tournament, so maybe we'll see you in Salem running for a championship. Well, you know, the there's a lot of people who are done now yes and um there are a whole lot of people that didn't think we could accomplish what we did in the last week um i would bet you would have to dig pretty hard to find um the last time somebody beat wittenberg ohio wesleyan and worcester back to back to back uh not yet alone in five days so our team is very capable um we are a very good uh, defensive team. Uh, the problem for us has been we've been a little bit con- inconsistent offensively, and you know we play a good schedule. We play a lot of good teams, and we play a lot of teams that if you if you're not ringing the bell a little bit, you're going to get beat. So we've learned a lot along the way. We've had a lot of ups and downs, and the beauty of it is our guys have really stuck together and and really put something special together this week. 
Of course, the championship trophy sitting right over your shoulder and the net that yeah, adorns did you notice it. That? I, I noticed it. I, I called. good right there, right? That's just good positioning, Coach. That's smart I'm TV. I it out. I had it in my kitchen. I'm, I'm trying it out in different spots <laughs> uh, in the house, and it, it just seems to, to, to work almost everywhere. Yeah, I think it, it would. It would work appropriately <laughs> anywhere. Of course, first NCAC title. You guys have been in the league for a few years, having left the uh, – the SCAC uh, a number of years ago, which precipitated the SCAC splitting up anyway into the SAA and such. But you talk about that that end there, even a win over Wittenberg, who certainly is down this year it, to their comparable self. They've been a fighter. You talk about the the win over Ohio Wesleyan. You had lost to those two in the previous four games uh, of your schedule. So, you know, this is – and, of course, Worcester has had your number. Ohio Wesleyan had your number twice. So clearly this was a bit of a redemption almost in the last week. Well, I suppose it depends on what you consider having your number. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think uh, when you play Wittenberg and um, one game is a one-point game, another game is an overtime game, and the second game is a double overtime game, I'm not sure who's got whose number. True. Uh, I think those are really well-matched teams and and uh, and games that can go a lot of different directions depending on the on the day. Um, and Worcester, we have uh, we have historically competed very well against Worcester. Um, we beat them. We split with them last year. Um, we were up four inside of a minute at Worcester early in the season and uh, and let one get away. So um, and Ohio Wesleyan, I thought. You know, we played them about a week ago at home and got beat seven or eight. But I thought we played 36 minutes of really good basketball. And we told our guys going into the conference tournament that that's a I mean, they're a great team. They shoot the three from every position and they really put a lot of pressure on you. They have a, a really talented point guard who's very, very creative. And and uh I told our guys it, it, the A minus or B plus game isn't going to get it. We have to bring the A game, and um, we we really I don't know that we we bring the A offensive game very often, but we did hang around in the game and made some plays uh, down the stretch to win. So um, it's just a really competitive league, really good teams, and we've been competitive. You can look at the scores of mm -hmm. our games. I mean, we're we're uh, you know probably a half a dozen points away from being a 20-plus win team. So, you know, we learned a lot from all of those things. Um, and when when you lose close games and you're not competing exactly the way you want to, uh, your your team can go south. They can go off the rails. They can go off the reservation a little bit. And uh, our guys never did. You know, we just kept, we kept banging away and uh, kept believing that we could do something special. You know, we lost our, our first team all-conference player for four games there and uh, won all four of them while he was out. And I think that developed a lot of toughness in our guys and a lot of belief that, uh, that, we, that we could win no matter what the circumstances were. And that really showed itself this week. Uh, talking to Bill Fenlon, head coach for the DePaul men's basketball team. Coach, you guys were 10-0 out of conference, 9-9 in conference. If you had to do it all over again, would you just avoid conference play altogether? <laughs> um, well, our our league is really good. You know, I, I think the, some of the records of some of the teams is incredibly deceptive, and that's because people are beaten up on each other. Yeah, and 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 I think that uh, anybody in our league will tell you if you're not if you're not laced up on a particular night, 
you're going to get beat, and it doesn't matter, you know, what team you're what team you're playing. Um, the big thing for us is we had we had high expectations, and and we had a couple segments in the season where we weren't meeting those expectations. And I think there's you can get really frustrated, and and uh, you can throw up your hands and and cry about it. And uh, what what we were able to do and and do pretty well was just kind of adjust our short term goals a little bit. Um, we got to the point where. You know, we knew it was going to be almost mathematically impossible to win uh, a regular season conference championship, and so we just kind of we kind of reset on, hey, we got to get one of those top four spots. We got to get that. We've got to be able to host that uh, that first round game at home, and we kind of snuck our way into that spot. And it turned out that achieving that goal, that reset goal that we made about a month ago. Um, you know, could have had could have been the difference in us uh, winning the conference tournament. So, you know, just the fact that you were able to get guys to kind of rethink it, refocus, recommit, stay with it. Mm-hmm. All those things are very rewarding because as coaches, we talk about that stuff all the time. But but getting people to actually do it is a, a real feat and a real credit to the guys who are do, who are who are the ones doing the work and uh, I, I'm really proud of our, our guys staying with it the way they have this year uh, it's certainly been a, an interesting season to watch and I mean you guys were getting some top 25 attention certainly uh, Ohio Wesleyan has Worcester has Wabash has snuck up Wittenberg was down but certainly testy this year how much are you now, do you think, prepared, having the experience of last year of missing out on the NCAA tournament um, and now the experience of going and just going out there and winning it for yourself after such a crazy season in conference? How dangerous or how ready do you think you guys are for this tournament? Well, uh, just just going back, the thing about wit is they're wit, right? Yeah. And, and um, they're really young. They're very talented. And uh, we're you know, I think the most improved team in our league over, over the last month. So, you know, you kind of you kind of had to throw away the early season stuff with them as you went along. And the fact that we've got a if you'd have told me four years ago that that, hey, you're going to get into this new league. And, and guess what? You're going to get to play Wittenberg three times, Ohio Wesleyan <laughs> three times, Worcester three times. Isn't that going to be fun? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I might have blown my brains out at that. <laughs> at that point, you know, but. Um, unfortunately, I, I wouldn't have been able to retire. My, I talked to my investment counselor recently. He said if I can make it to eighty, I should be. I should be. Oh, okay. good, yeah. good, yeah. So you know, I think the thing about our team and the thing that we've talked about all year is if you can get your defense and your rebounding to travel, you can always compete. And and I think that's a a huge key in the NCAA tournament. Um, we played. Uh, a real two really good offensive teams um, in Ohio Wesleyan and and Worcester back to back who really like to get out in transition. I thought we did a great job of taking transition away from them. I thought we I thought our our half court defensive plan was really good and our guys my my assistant Brian Euler did a just a fantastic job uh, preparing our team to 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 play against the schemes of both of those teams. And you know we play a lot of tournaments and stuff. We play a lot of back to back. So you know we can we can get ready for things on a on a in a pretty quick uh, turnaround. I think no matter who we're playing, I think we can we can develop a game plan quickly uh, that will allow us to to compete, especially on the defensive end. And if you can if you can 
stop people, you're always going to have a chance to win. So that's going to be our theme uh, going forward: is that we've got to we've got to pack up our our ability to defend and our ability to compete on the on the backboard with us. And if we do that, we're going to have a chance. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is uh, again, um, you know, senior driven. Uh, you've got five seniors on the squad, and of those five, five of the top six scores are the seniors. Led by Tommy uh, Frenitz at 15 points a game. Sophomore Luke Latner is uh, is in there at 12.3. And then it's Bob Dylan, 9 points. Connor Rich, 7.3. Frank Patton, 7 points. Uh, Michael Onora, I hope I said his yep. name right. 5.7 Five, yep. 5. points a game. So, obviously, senior-driven. Certainly senior-motivated. And certainly probably with a class that says, no, we want to represent. We want to go out on, on a real high note here. And, and it's... I bet that's been an advantage as well. Well, it, it has. It, it really has. And I, I think that, that uh, these guys, um, I'm, I'm so happy that these guys were able to have this experience this weekend. And, and uh, you know, you always want that for the guys you've been hanging around with for four years. And it, do, it doesn't always work out uh, the way you would like it to. But these guys, they kind of willed it to happen this weekend. They they really did. And I'm I'm. I'm proud of that, and and at the same time, we've been playing a lot of guys all year long, and one of the things that we've talked about constantly is we have to have a lot of guys ready to play well at the same time for us to, to be successful. And, you know, last night was a perfect example of that. Tommy Furnitz, who's averaging a double-double a for us, is in foul trouble the whole game. He plays 10 minutes and uh, doesn't score. And we win the game going away uh, from Worcester. And you know, if you if you if you would have thought that that could happen um, before the game, there, were, there probably would have been a lot of doubters. But uh, we had a junior, Mark Johnson, come off the bench, who's not the scorer that Tommy is, but is a terrific uh, energy guy. It, it was all over the glass. Did a great job defensively, and really picked us up. And and our defense really didn't miss a beat. And the fact that we were we had some some stretches where we didn't score the ball very well. It, it just really didn't matter as much because we were getting stops on a pretty on a pretty consistent basis. And we we've been getting different contributions from a whole bunch of guys all year long. And and that's as a coach, that's what really makes it fun. It also makes it a little bit weird because you never you know you never know where it's going to come from. So you're always trying to patch it together, go with guys who are going a little better. You know, that, that kind of changes things for us from game to game. So we have to be a little creative, and our guys have to be completely bought into team for us to be able to, to kind of do it that way. And we've been able to, and it's working out pretty well so far. Well, congratulations, Coach, um, on the automatic bid and the NCAC title. Uh, again, trophy looks terrific over your shoulder. You're right; yeah, it probably nice. looks it probably looks great anywhere. Uh, win or lose, it was great seeing you in Salem last year. I would hope you can make that trip again, even if it isn't with your team. Well, you know, I hadn't gone for a long time. I know. I, I, I uh, in '02, we were. We were about two possessions away from playing there, and I got yeah. mad, and I said, well, I'm, never, I'm not coming back down here unless we're playing. And then a lot of years went by, and I thought, well, I'll, ne I'll never be back down there if I don't <laughs> just go down there. I might have I jinxed myself, so I went yeah. back down last year just to, in case there was any jinx thing going on. I yeah. 
I had to get rid of that bad mojo, and and uh, I'm not sure if I'll be able to make it or not. We'll see. We're gonna take. We're gonna try to take care of this business first. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you don't make the tournament like everyone thought you would. You go to Salem, and the next year you make the tournament. Maybe the mojo's there. There might be. There might be a little something might, to that. You might, know, they they say us guys are a little superstitious, and yep. I'll I'll admit to to being so. But we're gonna. Uh, we're we're, we're going we're gonna to try to play our way there. We'll see what happens. Well, Coach, congratulations, as I said. As always, we give the, the coach and the guest the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, first of all, thanks for all the hard work you do for our for our level. It's uh, you know I know it's you're a little unsung at times, but you know guys like me really appreciate it, and I know the players do as well. Um, you know, basically, we're just really excited about the opportunity. You know, I think we told the guys last night the thing about uh, the thing about competition is you, you know you get to have these great moments, but there's always the next thing. And so I think the big key to getting into the to to having success in the tournament is whether you can shift that gear uh, from the last successful thing you did to the next thing that you want to attack. And and the teams that are able to do that are the ones that are able to I think kind of move forward in the tournament. So we're hoping we can be one of those. Well, hopefully uh, we'll see where you guys are headed. Obviously coming up on monday but uh congratulations as i've said numerous times and uh worst case scenario i'd love to see you back in salem but if you can't make it we'll see you soon all right dave thanks a lot man. take care bill fenlin joining us here on the skype we appreciate him taking the time again the ncac with a couple pool c steals there in men's and women's basketball action when we come back we'll go back to the at-large selections see uh where pat and i have left off you're listening to hoops hope presented by d3hoops.com and the national association of basketball coaches of course from viewers like yourself who've made kind donations as our our fundraiser is nearly running out on this season and of course want to thank the city of salem as well we'll be back with more hoops hope selections show special coming up next every season starts with hope and a dream to play for the ultimate title to become NCAA National Champions. And you can experience it live at the 2015 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 20th and 21st in Salem, Virginia, hosted by the Old Dominion Athletic Conference and the City of Salem. Affordable tickets now available. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets today and make a date with champions. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Division 3 allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division 3 athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. And welcome back live to Hoopsville. We are on the air, getting you uh, through the selection process here. If you got any questions <laughs> for me or Pat, uh, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Nearly 200 of you watching. 
Certainly appreciate it. We are nearly done with the men's selection process. What? Yes. Well, when you take 30 minutes to talk to some other coaches, you can get some work done. And Pat and I have done that. Before we get to who we revealed in the last few picks, I want to remind you of that little screen at the bottom there. That's the Hoopsville campaign. We have reached our goal, which I want to thank you very much for helping us do so. But I will say that the goal was primarily just to lower our fees uh, so we can keep more of the money does not mean that it is over. We would love to have any additional help that you can provide us um, sometime um, during this next six hours. Um, that goal and what we've raised is only is less than half the amount we raised last year. If we could raise two more thousand dollars, we will have a trip to California and one other place uh, this year. It will help us do a lot of other things, including uh, in in continue to improve this show and as i now say help us cover division three the way division three deserves to be covered hoopsville is presented by d3hoops.com the national association of basketball coaches in part by the city of salem and of course viewers like you so help us make this show better you guys have been terrific over the last two years we certainly appreciate it and anything you can do to help us we will uh, in turn do so in kind um Again, at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville as well. Um, quickly checking to see if there's anything else that pops up before we bring Pat back into it. Um, when will the brackets be released? Thank you for reminding me, Joey, of that. The brackets will be released on the NCAA selection shows. The men's show will be at at 12.30 Eastern Time. 12.30 Eastern Time. Women's show will be at 2.30 Eastern Time. And I will be taking part in those shows. So I think an even better reason for you to tune in will be the fact that I'm taking part. I can't imagine any other good reason. And now we bring in Pat Coleman. And uh, what do you think? I, I think that's a darn good reason to see how I look in a tie. Oh, that's I was going to say, well, we get to see you all the time. Um, but yeah, so just to see somebody who knows something uh, and knows how to pronounce all the schools um, and generally gets it right. Uh, you know, generally. As long as, well, as long as I think you've already you finally got Buena Vista. Down, I got Buena Vista. Example. It's nailed now, baby. <laughs> I, I, by the way, uh, I, I suspect it's Cobble's Kill, but because there's only one B rather than Cobble's Kill. But you might want to check on that. You know, what? I, I might just, be able to check on that while we're talking. I would just call the uh, call the switchboard and see what the switchboard says. Sudi. Well, blah, believe it or blah, not, blah. there is a pro a project in place that we are that uh, sports information directors and myself are working on to uh, get this type of stuff cleared up. And I'm wondering if I don't see it on my on my uh, on my bookmarks. I'll see if I can find it. But maybe they've already filled that out, and we can get that information. Good point, sir. That's I always thought it was cobble skill, but you're right. It could be cobble skill. All right, so here's a deal. We have uh, some selections we made in the last 30 minutes while we were listening to some other coaches talk about winning their NCAC championships. We should point out, by the way, Witten, Wittenberg women, congratulations to them. We talked about this earlier in the show. However, they played an extra game, which is a no-no, played 26 regular season games before getting to the NCAC tournament, which is exempted from that total of 25 that you're allowed to play. And from what we have gathered, they will be sanctioned next year for that. Don't know what that might mean. Don't know what the sanctions might mean, but just something to keep in mind for any of you uh, fans out there who may care. If it were me, I would just, uh, I would offer to play 24 games instead of 25 in, yeah. uh, in 2015-16 for Wittenberg and see if the NCAA accepts that as a yeah. sufficient punishment. Yeah, that's or, not... you know, loss of 
Loss of scholarships or something. Yeah, that's loss of national TV games. <laughs> Um, we are going to be getting finishing up the men's bracket here shortly. I just got a question on email or on Twitter, I should say, versus women. Said, uh, "What do you what do you think the chances of are the Eastern Mennonite women getting an at large bid?" Eastern Mennonite is locked, even though they still can't seem to win a conference championship tournament, um, only because they were number one in the region or number two in the region um, going in. Well, I Dave, think so I, I've got them twenty one and three in, in D three with a five twenty seven strength of schedule. That'll probably be good enough to get in the women's field, um, but it's not it's not awesome. Uh, no, I think that uh, you know um, they they won't be they won't be high on the list of the twenty pool C teams when we get around to that. I'm I'm thinking. Yeah, agreed. Um, so Pat, let's uh, let's talk about the teams that we just decided on the men's side to bring into the tournament. How many did we uh, hash out there in the last thirty minutes? Well, let's see. Actually, um, I don't remember who the last team was that we selected on air, but we have uh, we picked 17. So uh, that's who's in it. We are deep into this here, yeah, deep into are. the bubble with, with what's left. But as a reminder, so we've taken Virginia Wesleyan, Stevens Point, Wash U, Johns Hopkins, Illinois Wesleyan, Amherst, William Patterson, Trinity. Uh, I've skipped Marietta. Uh, Ohio Wesleyan, Worcester, Bates, Eastern Connecticut, Springfield. I think that's where we took our break. Uh, and then we took Elmhurst, John Carroll, and St. Olaf uh, during the interviews. So we are down to two spots, and uh, we have eight teams on the board, and uh, we'll run through those. Um, because of, let's see, some of the uh, stuff that went on during the course of the last <laughs> half hour. Yeah, we gleaned a our, little bit more information. Yeah, some of our uh, board has changed while we were here. In break. So... And uh, by the, so there are some teams that are this. By the way, you're uh, correct on Cobal Skill. Cobal Skills, yeah. See, it's one B. It, it's uh, it's all English-ski language stuffy. Um, so we kind of rearranged our board a little bit um, based on what uh, the gleaning said. Uh, so our board now is out of the Great Lakes. We're looking at Hope. We have uh, the same group we had before. We have the Brooklyn Catholic Center from the Atlantic, Mid-Atlantic, and South. We have Plattsburgh State sitting on the board from the East, as they have been all night, other than the fact that when we thought NYU was there, they were sitting on the board all night. Uh, WPI from the Northeast, and uh, that was a result of some of this during the that. And um, North Central in the Central. So North Central is at uh, what Dave's been kind of – Dave's been calling the Mendoza line, basically. They have a 667 winning percentage against D3 opponents, and that's uh, right at the bare minimum. Nobody below that is expected to get in as an at-large, and nobody with a below 500 strength of schedule is uh, expected to get in as an at-large. There's nobody on our board right now with a below 500 strength of schedule, and there's only one team within sight of the board with that, and that's Penn State Barron, which is 23-3, and but a 4-6-9 mm. strength of schedule. And Southern Vermont, who uh, couldn't even get on the board and is a, uh, has got roadblocks in front of it, has a 491 strength of schedule. But they've got two teams in front of them in the Northeast, uh, and there's only two spots left to go. So Southern Vermont, uh, currently in our projection, uh, CBS is reporting <laughs> that they will be out yep. with, uh, let's see, uh, 17 of 19, so about 90% of the precincts reporting. Um, that's where we're at. Uh, we've put in all of the obvious ones, and then we've put in some of the uh, bubble teams. And, uh, you know, we have eight teams here who we all ha who all have flaws, and that's what the process is like at this point. Um, 
the highest reg, uh, the highest strength of schedule on the board right now is Hope at 558. Hope got there uh, in uh, addition to some other teams by playing Wisconsin Whitewater and playing Wisconsin Stevens Point. They lost both of those games, though. And you've heard Dave talk uh, several times if you watch the show regularly throughout the course of the season about you know an empty strength of schedule, right? Uh, or uh, maybe there's another term that you've used for it, but kind of misleading uh, strength of schedule results, right? When, when they're too high? Yeah. Team false, where false SOS numbers. False SOS numbers. They've they've played these teams, but they've lost to all of them. Uh, they beat uh, Mount Union, which is why they're uh, here on the board and they will receive some serious discussion. Um but, uh, we already put John Carroll in, so uh, that's uh, there was a common opponent there, but John Carroll got in the field. Um, WPI, 21-5 uh, and five record, 5-15 uh, strength of schedule, 2-3 and three against regionally ranked opponents. They beat Bates. They, uh, I'm looking at the wrong line. They beat uh, Babson and they beat Springfield. Uh, so they have a win against the number one team in a region, but they don't have, uh, they're pretty vanilla otherwise. Uh, Brooklyn. Two and three against regionally ranked opponents. Twenty-two and six against D3. Five oh seven strength of schedule is uh, on the lowest on the board. Catholic at five oh six is also low. Uh, Catholic's twenty-two and four. Catholic has the best winning percentage of anybody on the board at the moment by one game over WPI and one game or two in the loss column over Brooklyn, and um, and one game over Center. Uh, Plattsburgh State has a uh, 19-8 record, 534 strength of schedule is pretty good, but just one result against a regionally ranked opponent, 1-0. Uh, Buena Vista, who wasn't on the board when we talked last, they're 18-8 uh, versus D3 with a 527 strength of schedule. They were basically just like St. Olaf, who we just put in, uh, except with three fewer wins. Uh, and that kind of would put them pretty far down. They, uh, they don't compare well, for example, to North Central, uh, they have two fewer, two more wins than North Central, but North Central has a .06 uh, strength of schedule advantage, which is uh, pretty significant. Um, and that's pretty much the that's the board. We've got to pick two of these eight teams, and um, you know, if this were a, a real selection call, I might have to recuse myself because my alma mater's on the board. <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't feel very confident about them right now. Uh, I might feel more confident, which is a little weird for a back in the day rival to say that. Um, and I say back in the day because it just ain't a rivalry anymore. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be an interesting finish here with these last two. I think I had a lot of confidence in Catholic until I saw their numbers, uh, and I also had said the, that that. I thought they could take one more loss. The problem is they took two more to Scranton, and that's yeah. what's starting to hurt them here. And listen, I, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit blunt here because I've talked a lot about this recently. On the show, Steve Howes talked about how he does not look at these numbers, doesn't care about the system and the process. That's not his focus. I'm going to be blunt. I think it needs to be part of his process, part of his thinking. I Listen, we got to start improving this audit. You, you, this landmark conference is not good enough to just schedule an average out of conference. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. I think Catholic deserves to at least hedge their bets a little bit here. And playing Davidson doesn't help and such. And we're seeing that with a very subpar SOS. Um, you can't risk it down to the end. They were a hot team and they were playing good. But you just risked your season on two losses. 
Well, and I'll say this. I have I would never begrudge a Division three playing one Division one opponent. And that's all Catholic did. That's the only non-D3 team they've played. You need to go out and make yourself $3,000, $4,000, $5,000. You know, go do it. Go, uh, go put the kids on a D1 floor. Let them have some fun uh, in a game that uh, nobody expects you to win. I'm okay with, with a team doing that once. Here's the problem. Here's where the Catholic uh, resume is an issue. Catholic's resume, uh, one and three against regionally ranked opponents. Uh, that's the one win against Scranton, which is really negated by the two losses to Scranton. Uh, they also lost to St. Vincent. Uh, you know, they lost to DeSales also. Um, so it's, you know, that's a, you know, that's a, a loss that stands out as not being good, right? Um, the only win that kind of balances out that DeSales loss is a, a win against Guilford in Catholic's uh, holiday tournament. But, um, you know, and, and you uh, put them up against a couple of uh, teams at the uh, Hoopsville Classic that didn't pan out. Thanks a lot. Um, but, uh, you know, that's that's it. I mean, point to the, the, the team that if you point to the team that Catholic beat that says they should be in the tournament, then we can point to the other side and say, well, they lost to that team twice also. Yeah. And, and listen, I'm not ta- I'm not begrudging a D1 game, but if it, what I gather is that is more important to schedule than anything else. And I think, listen, we try and do our best at the Hoopsville Classic. Uh, they got a Gwen and Mercy team who looked like they were going to be very good, um, and they ended up kind of— just giving you a hard time, big guy. I didn't hear it. What would you say? I said I'm just giving you a hard time about oh. the, the Hoopsville Classic. But no, no, but I'm I mean, saying—no, and I've been thinking about that. But Gwen and Mercy ended up not panning out. They were a good team, had a rough finish to the season— and Purchase came in having seven losses, or injuries, I should say, to their to their team before they got off uh, of a preseason, including their all every guy who, who probably is a running for a first team All American the way he was playing, um, leading up to that. That's just dumb luck, and nothing anybody can do about that. I certainly feel bad because I never want to say you got a bad gig at the Hoopsville Classic because we certainly try and schedule the best we can, but. It just happened, but you yeah. can't risk it on two games, and and they you can't say that the Hoopsville Classic will help you. You got to do something outside of that, and and they didn't. Well, and so yeah, and here's the thing: if if Steve House says, and yeah, I know, I I heard that on the show. If that's if if scheduling to the selection criteria is not your focus, you know whether you're Steve House or you know. Um, uh, Matt Neal, who's not a D3 coach anymore, but I think we can uh, we can discuss that. It was probably uh, something that they didn't schedule to the criteria either. Then you put your eggs in the basket of winning the conference championship, and you don't win your conference championship, you don't win your AQ, then you're out here on the bubble and you've left your season in the hands of a committee, and you never want to leave anything, anything in the hands of the committee, let alone uh, an NCAA selection. Just think about this for a second. Catholic is comparable right now to a team like Albertus Magnus, who's in a very subpar conference, but Catholic has done what Albertus Magnus couldn't afford to do. Catholic's done that because they didn't appreciate the fact that the conference is average at best, and they got to do something to help them out. And they're sitting on a bubble here because they also lost the two games of the season they needed to at least split. Um, And they lost them, by the way, on two different floors, one on the road and one at home. Right. Yeah, I mean, I watched a little bit of that game, and Catholic was strong for the first 10 minutes or so, right? And Scranton just kept hitting shots and hitting shots and hitting shots. And when you go and win on somebody else's home floor in the conference championship, you know, that's a that's a, a pretty legitimate statement. Um, and, you know, they've lost a, you know, they've, so they've lost to Scranton twice. I think the St. Vincent loss is bad also. Uh, you know, that's a team that's ranked below them, basically. Uh, St. Vincent is probably... 
eight or nine in the Great Lakes rankings, uh, and Catholic is probably four or five. I would say this too, though. If um, if we swapped out and put Franklin to Marshall on the board right now, I think we'd have the exact same problem. Franklin to Marshall compares exactly the same as uh, actually the same as WPI, but one game worse in uh, in terms of record. Very similar strength of schedule. And I don't think they get in there either. I, I think that uh, I think neither of these teams really gets in. The question is, I can't figure out which two of the <laughs> of the rest of them do get in. By the way, a, a Catholic fan says I should be blunt. Hey, that's outstanding. <laughs> Catholic okay. fans agreeing with me. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's not 1997 story. anymore. It's a long story. Happen. Uh, speaking of 97, congratulations to Salisbury's men to making the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1997. <clears throat> we will hear from their head coach coming up. Of course, he's a graduate of, of Salisbury's, and he'll you'll hear how he says in the interview that their run to the Elite Eight that year was the reason he came to the school the next year. It just didn't work out for classic, the rest of the time. What a classic... What a classic... Uh, result in that bracket remember uh, all the all the all the t- highly ranked teams in that bracket lost um i think it ended up, it oh. ended up being salisbury versus yeah. alvernia for the right to go to the final four um you know that was the year before we formally started uh, covering division three basketball at d3hoops.com but uh it was very uh, it was very well, closely entwined in that tournament that was a that was a very interesting uh subsection yeah well quickly there. before i get we go back to the thing it's something that the goucher players are and coaching cat staff kick themselves about because arguably because goucher really had kind of salisbury's number yeah. all season goucher would have been probably to the final four if you just look at the teams that they would have faced and who they would have gone up against in a very regional bracket there's no there's that Goucher was that good a team and they absolutely stubbed their toe in the second round and coughed up a second half lead and imploded and it's something trust me you bring it up there's guys who just go oh okay okay I got it. yeah stop talking about it so anyway that I just it's a very interesting how Salisbury's back in it's great to see him back let's uh, tackle these last two Pat uh, shall we yeah so getting back Pat to the Maloney task hashtag. Hand, right? <laughs> well, Pat Maloney wasn't at Catholic then, but he no. decided to go to Catholic that same offseason. Yes. That, uh, yes, that, he and um, Merkel were the same year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm what, sure Merkel did. What, what, what fights they had uh, in that <laughs> uh, conference. Yes. Um, the, uh, so I, I, I com- uh, we've kind of lumped Brooklyn Catholic and Center together throughout the course of this process, and WPI is very similar. I'm not sure any of these four get in. If we if we just set them aside for the moment and talk about the other four, just to okay. get a little clarity here. Okay. Uh, so that leaves us with Hope, seventeen and eight versus D three, five fifty eight strength of schedule, two and six against regionally ranked opponents. North Central, uh, fairly similar, sixteen and eight, uh, five eighty seven strength of schedule, three and six against regionally ranked opponents. Uh, you've got Buena Vista, eighteen and eight, five twenty seven, and since they're new to the board, I have to go look up. Uh, uh, three and one against regionally ranked opponents. Um, and then who's the other one? Oh, it's Plattsburgh. Which, this is the vanilla one. 19 and 8, 534, 1 and 0. Very similar to Buena Vista. Half game, one more win, 0.007 better. Uh, Buena Vista has more results and more wins against regionally ranked opponents than Plattsburgh does. So, Hope and North Central, I don't really know what to make. We always have this struggle with the high strength of schedule, low 
uh, winning percentage teams, just like the opposite side where we have high winning percentage low SOS teams. And I'm really not sure what to make of teams that have such a big skew between their two, the, the two really most prevalent criteria, the ones everyone yeah, has. Yeah, and this is where it gets really, I mean, this is where they get in the minutiae. And honestly, they probably go into the secondary criteria to some extent. Um, be honest with you, that's the last thing I, I want to do, that. but we probably have well, to. We but probably we probably have, have to. to. Um, hope's got some secondary criteria. And Hope does. You go to the overall record here. Now that it jumps up to an 18 and 9, it adds two win or it adds a win and it adds a loss. Um Cornerstone and Aquinas, who I, I you know, I never know what to make of them. Yeah, either do I. They um, and Calvin love to play them. Well, they're local. It's yeah. a, it's it's historical. I don't mind one of those, right? Uh I I can't begrudge one of those. One game out of 25. That's fine, but when when one of those schools, Calvin, goes to one of those schools to play a tournament where they're not going to see another opponent. <laughs> um, so the Buena Vista's secondary criteria include Morningside College, which is an NAIA school. Don't yep. know much about them either. 101 and 77. I don't know how the non-D3 schools even factor into this process now. Yeah, I don't know. I think it just adds you just you change your win-loss percentage, basically. Not, pretty, not very significantly. Um, not here. significantly, but it does kind of change that number. Um, just, just for argument's sake. Um, let's the, see. Uh, Who else we got here? Who's side, the other? Fo- Morningside in men's basketball, twenty-seven and three. Wow. So I would not begrudge Buena Vista for losing to this team because because nope. a lot of teams did. If uh, they look that far. Nebraska Wesleyan. Doesn't really help us, right? Nebraska Wesleyan doesn't connect to too many D three schools. No. Um, and who did not... Morningside loss to Midlands? Who, who are four here? I'm sorry, Pat. North Central, Buena Vista. I mean, Hope, Buena Vista. Hope, Hope North Central, Buena Vista, and Plattsburgh, who we've probably kind of pushed to the side for this conversation too, and just have the three. I don't know. Or do we go back into the other four? The yeah. The... That's what Catholic, I'm thinking here. Catholic Center Listen, and WPI. They're all I know, fairly similar. Yeah, and you get into this, tw- you know, if you add the secondary criteria, now Catholic's 22-5 and five with a Davidson loss. That doesn't I mean, change. the 846 winning percentage with a 506 yeah. SOS is just ticking me off. We've got center in play hey. with an 800 and a 513. They're 21-5 if you add in the overall record. That adds a win for them, so that 800 yeah. improves. Yeah, they at least have a better SOS than than or uh, Catholic. Who are we talking about now? Center. Yeah, I mean it's not significantly better. No, I'm just pointing it out. <laughs> I mean, numer- at this point, it's numerically better. Yeah, I mean at this point, I mean I like North Central's 587, but that 667 winning percentage is on the line. It's a Carthage example from last year. Carthage nineteen and eight with a gaudy SOS. Um, oh, I'm just um, so yeah. Asbury. I don't know if that means anything to me. They lost I to Johns Hopkins to... on a neutral floor. Yeah, I. Well, it's better to do it at eight twenty-two at night than to do it at one in the morning, like we Amen. usually do. Amen. <laughs> um, Maryville doesn't help them. Transylvania, this is not the year where Transylvania would be helpful. Nope. Let me dig back into WPI for a second here. Remember, WPI's only results against regionally ranked opponents were the teams in their own conference. They beat Babson, 
Um, yeah. You know, earlier in the day, we said uh, that was a good thing. 808 with a 515. If Chicago's in the regional rankings, then they have another regionally ranked opponent. Yes, I saw that game. Um, I can't believe, by the way, was having seen that game that these that Catholics most or Ca Chicago's out and WPI's on the verge. Having seen those two teams in person. Well, and Cabrini, right? Well, and NYU. I mean, NYU. If they get in the tournament, watch out. And I don't. We don't think they will. But holy cow! Well, if NYU were if NYU were ranked higher in the uh, yes in the East, I think we'd be taking them. They would be 17 and 8, so that's a similar record. 544 strength of schedule is a little better than the teams that we're yeah. talking about. 3 and 2 against regionally ranked opponents. I'm actually I, surprised they're fourth. Yeah, and that's what we've learned. We've learned they're fourth. Now, unless the National Committee made a change after the fact, I don't know. Yeah, I've gleaned that information. I, I'm really surprised. Uh, and that's why I had said for a while you can't ignore NYU in this case. Um. Yeah. Yes. So. By the way, so, Bob. Bob, you say there's talk on the board that Plattsburgh may be four and one uh, results versus regionally in the final East rankings. No, they're not, because yeah, that was going to be based heard. on Oswego being regionally ranked, and Oswego is not regionally ranked. We have learned that. So no, Plattsburgh is. Yeah, glean that one too. Plattsburgh is not. Plattsburgh is going to be at what we have them for results versus regionally ranked. And, um, and remember to remember to. Um, you know, even if they have three more wins, it'd be three wins against probably the bottom ranked team in the East region. So that's that's something that's taken. It's not necessarily right. That's not necessarily a big thing because remember, it is results versus. But we did. We've learned um, one of the quick, couple couple quick things I learned that Mount Union look is number one, and that Oswego wasn't ranked randomly from different sources. <laughs> Um, I think uh, Dave Dave's been uh, Dave's got a botnet out there and Anonymous is working on this. <laughs> oh crap! Wouldn't that be terrific? Oh, they um, probably have uh, they probably have uh, scrubbers out there listening to this. We're going to get taken down now. Yeah, probably true. We'll Darn be, it! Uh, um, we've done we've we've selected nobody since we came back from break, and this yeah, is let's... what the this is what the final two teams are like. I mean, it, it is you're you're digging through the minutia in order to get something. Let's uh, see if there's any minutia for Brooklyn, for example. Um, da, da, da. Brooklyn scores 22 and six against Division three opponents. That doesn't leave them much room for any other minutia. But let's see. Remember, it's a loss to William Patterson. Uh, they beat Sage. We have Sage is in the regional rankings. That's one of those wins against a regionally ranked opponent, uh, which is not particularly super awesome measurable. Um, they uh, uh, lost two out of three to Baruch, which is why they're here. Um, and there's nothing out here that I see in the rest of their schedule that connects outside to anybody else. Um, just to pull up, you know, the, the at the NCA they'll just punch in two teams and say mm -hmm. who are the common opponents. Mm -hmm. right, we have to the do whole that thing is hand. nice. Yeah, uh, which um, we don't have. Okay, so Brooklyn. Let's. I'm just going to eliminate them because. When I look at them compared to Catholic, Catholic's got a better winning percentage, a similar SOS, um, and a better, you know, obviously better winning percentage with a comparable results versus. So if I'm going to eliminate them from uh, compared to Catholic, and we're not considering Catholic with some of the others, I can't consider Brooklyn. Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn versus Baruch is the same as Catholic versus Scranton. It's uh, the four losing to the three in the region two times out of three. So that's yeah. 
comparable. Uh, Brooklyn's got a win against Sage, who is the six out of seven in the Atlantic. Uh, Catholic has a loss to St. Vincent, who is the probably nine or eight out of nine in the Great Lakes. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that speaks highly for Catholic. I think actually Brooklyn fares slightly better there. Um, they have a win against a similar type of team that Catholic lost to, and we are really digging. But this is what this is what it's like. Can I just make an argument for Catholic based on win percentage? Go for it. You can argue for my alma mater all you want. Um, and I'm only going because at some point, I mean, and this was the argument we made with Staten Island in the past, at, at some point does the winning percentage really trump the SOS? It's not like Catholic's SOS is below 500. They do. They are 22-4. and four. I understand that. I mean, I almost want to say, listen, they're not below the 500 line with a winning percentage that significant can we really put in someone who hasn't won well i think i mean brooklyn is 786 we're just going to pull out uh winning percentage numbers right uh hope i know 17 divided by 25 is 680 uh north central i know 16 divided by 24 is 667 Buena Vista, I can't do 18 by 26 in my head, uh, but 692. I'm kind of looking for where the break line is here with these four teams. WPI is 21 over 26, which is 808. Uh, And I haven't done somebody at center. Hey, if we add Keen, if we add Keen, we added Keen to the regional rankings. Yes, Keen counts. That changes Plattsburgh a little. Does it? They give another win out of that? I think they do. Well, let's, uh, we'll go to the board. What does the computer say? Siri, did Plattsburgh State play Keene State? I'm checking. I'm trying to get to it. Nope. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> if Lycoming makes the regional rankings, I, 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 then I'm, yes, but I don't see Lyco getting in. I, I think no, Lyco's not, not getting in. Lyco's not getting in. No way. Yeah. No way Lyco's getting in. Alvernia might get in. but All right, all right, all right. No all way. Right. Hey, right, right, right. Calm your takedown. Um, right. Lyco's not getting in. Um, listen, I'm kind of – Bob's listening in. I'm with Bob. I got I think I got to pick Catholic here. I, I just got to go with a winning percentage at some point. If the two out of the three are going to uh, gonna vote in favor, I'm okay with that. If Bob's going to be the, uh, the next yeah, member. Yeah, I'm all right with it. Because I just – at some point, one of those criteria is going to scream, and that one's screaming. So well, and so yeah, is, is it? They have a uh, like the sort of thing that we talk about with top twenty-five polls. Uh, yeah. Do they have a representative strength of schedule? Catholic meets the minimum requirements. You know, it's like a team. You know, it's like Johns Hopkins. They have enough seats to host a first-round weekend. It may not be the best gymnasium in the Mid-Atlantic. But they meet the bare minimum. Catholic beats the meets the bare minimum here. If the bare minimum is five hundred, then Catholic's over that. Okay. No. All right. Well, let's put Catholic twist in. Twist my arm. Twist my arm. At least gets us a movement. Franklin and Marshall goes onto the board. Franklin and Marshall is <laughs> twenty and six. Hey, we gotta finish I the know. process. No, here. I'm just laughing at my to myself. So, that you twisted my arm to put my alma mater in the projection. The two of you. Um. All right, wife Dave's just, throwing things. Wife nearly just broke my phone. Oh, well. Dave, uh, uh, yeah, Anne's really pissed that Catholic's uh, getting in the Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was trying to make sure I didn't have a voicemail from somebody. 
So it would have been per <laughs> it could have been pertinent. I see. Yes. Ah, it'd be the uh, the the next round of uh, of glean. Um, hey, Phil, my comment about um, uh, Alvernia, it wasn't that I misspoke about Lyco. Um, I was talking about the fact that if any of the teams from that conference made the regional rankings, it would be Alvernia. Yeah, Lyco wasn't going to get in ahead of Alvernia. And I have Alvernia in my projected regional ranking. I mean, it could be, Dave, what if Alvernia and Lyco were both in and St. Mary's was out? That's certainly a possibility. But, yeah, uh, I just, that's, a, that's kind I of don't... tough to – that's a – that's a lot to project. Well, but to be honest with you, St. Mary's was sitting six. St. Mary's Michael. was sitting six, and only one can – there isn't like two of them are going to jump in, so it's going to be Alvernia. Well, Lyco didn't do anything positive this week. All they did was right. lose. Right. Um, so we're down to one spot. Franklin and Marshall, 20 and 6. 769 is that winning percentage. 517 is the strength of schedule. 3 and 3 against regionally ranked opponents, and I had the breakdown of – the diplomats here somewhere in my 75,000 tabs, um, but maybe somebody else will have it faster. Obviously, Dickinson and Johns Hopkins are uh, teams that are contributing to that three and three. Uh, I think they played those teams a total of five times, so I would be looking for something else. By too. the way, Plattsburgh did play Richard Stockton. Beat Richard Stockton. Plattsburgh did play Keene. Beat him. In, in men's basketball? Yeah. This year? Yep. Oh, look at that. They got a win over Skidmore and Keene. So you're 2-0 and in that category. Okay. But so Keene is probably 11th out of 11 in the Northeast. Correct. 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 Um, it's not, uh, again, like we were talking about, uh, if, if Oswego had been 6th, it's another similar type win. It's not, it's not a world beater like, say, WPI beating Babson. Um, which is maybe not a world beater because they've lost so many other games, uh, one to Babson, two to uh, Springfield. Uh, but that's good. We at least should have uh, the record correct. So where was my Franklin and Marshall? We had uh, uh, oh, Richard Stockton, a win against Richard Stockton. That's a win against a top-ranked team that nobody else uh, – It's well, not nobody else because um, WPI has that against Babson. Um, that's an interesting win that uh, helps FNM for sure. Yep, which just made things convoluted, complicated. It's a team that's in the kind of the middle, right? Um, digging through. All right. Um, hey, by the way, let me just. I I know someone brought up the point that North Central has wins over Augie, at Augie, Illinois Wesley, and Elmer's all in the tourney. That's all yeah, well and good. Right. Their their Achilles heel right now is a 667 winning percentage. Remember, it's like Carthage last year. At some point, you don't win enough. It's not good enough. And we've already and stated Davis, that 667 is the Mendoza line. And teams does that mean above below 667? That are, well, I'm saying teams below that are definitely out. Teams at that number gets really tricky and I don't know if you can put a 667 winning percentage in over a team like WPI, and I'm not saying it, it, this is the answer, who at least has a winning percentage over 800. And that's why so I understand who they beat, but that doesn't it's also who they lost to. Well, let's go through. Um, let's dig into the North Central uh, 
uh, resume here. Um, out of Division Three, played Penn State, York, and Trinity International. Those are complete throwaways. Uh, Trinity International was in their own tournament. They chose that for their opening round game. Uh, at was one at Wisconsin Stevens Point, lost at Dixon. Uh, one at home versus Illinois Wesleyan, lost at home versus Augustana, lost at home versus Elmhurst. Uh, one at Augustana, lost at home versus Illinois Wesleyan. I'm not going to mention margin of victory, but you guys can go look it up. Lost at Elmhurst, lost at Augustana. So they lost two out of three to Augustana. Uh, North Central to Augustana is just like Brooklyn to Baruch, is just like Catholic to Scranton. Um, and uh, is it also Franklin Marshall? Dickinson, I think. Um, so uh, very similar resume, uh, big strength of schedule. And so Dave, you, know, you just spent some time telling us that Catholic met the bare minimum in strength of schedule. Doesn't also uh, North Central meet the bare minimum in winning percentage. And especially if we're at secondary criteria for the final uh, pool C bid, they are actually uh, 18 and eight. Um, yeah. And that's where it gets, that's where it gets, that's why I'm saying it's not, that they're out of the equation, but I think we got to quit focusing on who they win. Uh, listen, a team isn't going to get in for just their wins. They're going to get left out because of their losses. Yeah, definitely on the bubble here. I'm not saying North Central doesn't have good criteria, but they've also got bad criteria. All of these teams do. That's why. Yeah, and that's here. the challenge here. And I, you can argue through the moon who they won, but you're also going to have to look at who they lost to. And and that is part of the you know that's part of this thing here. North Central is not a lock here at all, and I don't think I pick them because of the scenario. And I don't know who I'm going to pick though. Yeah, me either. In all honesty, um, it's a it's a mess, man. Um, they have the best strength of schedule on the board, no doubt. Uh, they have they have three wins against regionally ranked opponents, but so does F and M. So does Buena Vista, and I'm sorry, I won't uh, come crashing through the screen. <laughs> um, WPI and Hope each have two. So does Brooklyn. Plattsburgh apparently has two, and uh, Center has one. Um, yeah, we could use that to eliminate Center. We could use that to eliminate all the teams that have just two wins against regionally ranked opponents. But we're we're down to the hair splitting. If uh, if I if I took the, the .03 to two game scenario, um, okay. just for argument's sake. WPI to North Central. WPI is twenty-one and five. Change that now to a nineteen and seven, and it's still better than North Central. At eighteen, yeah. Now North Central, if you change, it would be twenty and six. So we're basically saying that's a wash. So I would argue WPI has got the advantage there. Lots of things are a wash at this point. But I'm trying. That's why I'm trying to say is all well and good on North Central's SOS, but that's a false SOS in the sense that they didn't win against it. At some point, you can have Dave. a good SOS. You got to win against it. Dave. Yeah. Uh, we can eliminate Hope. Hope lost to Stevens Point, and North Central beat them. Okay. There we go. So there we got a head-to-head -head that at least eliminates Hope from the conversation. Yes, uh, a common opponent, but yes. Um, so we got something that these are rare at this point in the conversation, as we know from previous years, um, Brooklyn and Plattsburgh, they both play Stevens. And I saw that as I was going through one of these thousands of tabs here. Um, I think they'd probably both beat Stevens. So, so Bob helpful. points out that North central beat Illinois Wesleyan once. They also lost to them. Buena Vista lost IWU. So that would at least make those two teams at best even. 
because I don't know if you can, because a conference play automatically give North Central the advantage on the win. But that's also common opponent, so let's just say that gives it to North Central. Buena Vista still has them on winning percentage and still... Eh. And doesn't have them on strength no. schedule by a significant margin. And they don't have them on winning percentage. I really think we're in secondary criteria, and they're both... So uh, maybe we've eliminated Buena Vista, and by by in some token, we're eliminating North Central in the process. I don't know if we can quite I, I'm not, both, but we could definitely no. eliminate Buena Vista from this no, I'm just, conversation. I'm just, just talking it out. Let's uh, let's measure center versus WPI, for example. They're two very similar teams. Maybe we can find something that's going to break them apart here. Uh, da, 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 WPI. We've already talked about them. They are twenty-one and five overall. They're not just twenty-one and five versus D three. Um, where did my center tab go? Okay, I need a new center tab. Da, da, da. Again, they could just at uh, at headquarters in Indianapolis, they could just punch these two teams into a computer, yeah. and pull this stuff out. Um, they have a center has a center's twenty one and five, and of course I've been mentioning that all along. That is their overall record because uh, that includes a non D three win against Asbury. Let's make an argument here. Carthage last year was nineteen and eight, with a similar SOS. I, in in this position and didn't get in. Yeah, but you just we we spend a lot of time telling people you can't compare year over no, year. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to make a a, a, comp- and, a in and a sense on. of Can I I got to fact check you, man. Carthage was 16 and 10. I'm sorry. Thank you. I thought they That's, were I mean, they were really very far down. It was uh and they were 16 and 9 cuz one of those 15 and 9 Okay, they were below the Mendoza. Okay, thank you. No, that's fine. I had 19 and 8 stuck in my head. Thank you. Oh, no. 19 and 8 would have gotten Carthage in. No, that's probably true. Maybe that's what we were thinking. <laughs> um, and if you add strength of schedule and get them two more wins, they're still not there. Uh, and that was also last year. Um, center, we don't get to use the last 10 games, right? Or last 25% nope. in basketball? Nope, not in Division Three. Um, Man, I'm just not getting anything here, man. Um. So center, oh, center's regionally ranked opponents uh, stuff, stuff. They lost to Johns Hopkins. Um, they where's Rhodes here? They split with Rhodes. Is that it? Is it just one and two? Yeah, that's it. So their win is against somebody who's behind them, who's at best seventh out of eight in the South. Um. Who's got the best win? WPI has the best win. F- oh, FNM has a best win. Um, Hope has a best win. We've kind of knocked them out already. Um, WPI hey. and FNM both beat somebody who's number one in a region. FNM has three regionally ranked opponent wins. FNM has a slightly better uh, strength of schedule, slightly worse uh, winning percentage than WPI. We could just talk about those two. Uh, of course, North Central also has that win against Augustana, so we have to talk about three teams who beat the number one team in their region. Or in a region, I should say, sorry. Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> I hear you. If you've just joined us, we're in the uh, selection uh, mock selection process. There are 19 at-large teams to pick in the men's. And the uh, official NCAA bracket will be announced tomorrow afternoon at 12.30. Dave McHugh, who's uh, 
I'm co-hosting or I'm just taking over here for the moment for uh, will be uh, uh, an analyst on the NCAA selection show tomorrow at 1230 in the afternoon uh, Eastern time. And we have selected or mock selected 18 of the 19 pool C teams. So we are sitting right here on the bubble. There are a lot of teams who will be doing this uh, from what Dave has been able to that uh, before we go to one of these, we have to pick one more team who is this. And it is, did I have it? That wasn't backwards. So um, that's what we're trying to do. We have picked, and we'll run them down for you. Virginia Wesleyan, Wisconsin Stevens Point, Wash U, Johns Hopkins, Marietta, Illinois Wesleyan, Amherst, William Patterson, Trinity, Ohio Wesleyan, Worcester, Bates, Eastern Connecticut, Springfield, Elmhurst, John Carroll, St. Olaf, Catholic, and now we have one team left to pick. That's the recap. Dave, did you come to a, an epiphany while we were while I was No, I wish I had. Um, <laughs> did anybody on Twitter say anything helpful here? No, no, no. Just pointing out things that I already knew. Um, yep. Well, we could go to a secret ballot. <laughs> we could ask Bob to rank the eight teams from eight to one or one to eight. You could rank the eight teams from eight to one or one to eight, and I could do the same thing, and we could do the math. That's what we did on the football box selection show. I... And that's oh. kind of what they're going to do on the call, right? And then while we're compiling I'm, that, I'm literally staring at WPI and I'm staring, staring at, at center. WPI also, um, I'm staring I think, down oh, I, center. I don't think center has center doesn't have the win that WPI or FNM or um, uh, wasn't there somebody else? North Central have. Yeah. I, I think I think we're not. I think we're talking about those three. Um, and uh, that's the that's one differentiator that uh, is pretty significant, I think. Who's our East team? Uh, Plattsburgh. With wins against uh, their uh, their own regions number six and then other regions number eleven. In fact, didn't F and M also beat Dickinson? F and M's really beaten two of the top ranked uh, two number one region teams. Can't regional number believe F and M could be on this. I think pick. they could be though. I mean, if yeah. if if in real life Catholic is roadblocking them and does get in, FNM doesn't present all that differently. No, I agree. That's what I'm looking at. They did beat Dickinson one out of three. FNM is to Dickinson as Catholic was to Scranton, as Brooklyn is to Baruch, and as North Central is to uh, Augustana. Hmm. Yeah. Bob has WPI in. It's down to WPI or FNM for me. Yeah, I think so. Um, what, I got did the, uh, what did the what did the Snyder rankings have? What the who's? Oh. The, the Matt Snyder rankings had FNM thirty fourth among pool C's and WPI twenty fourth. So, who's his top ranked team that we still have around is Bowden. I don't. Uh, I believe we've. Uh, you did one of these to tell us that WPI was ahead of Bowden. Correct. Bowden's not getting in the tournament. Well, certainly not at this point because we have one spot left and Bowden's not on the board. And it would be interesting to have five NESCAC teams in the tournament. Let's go with WPI. What if I want to go with FNM? Dave, uh, uh, Gore, uh, Gore, Dave Gordon, who is that? Bob. Bob says WPI. 
I'm okay with two out of three taking WPI. Okay, WPI it is. Oh, that'll be fun to bracket, which we will not do on this show. So that's our Pool C teams. I'll tweet these out uh, as the projection uh, here in just a moment. Um, and uh, Dave, you can uh, get us uh, eventually to one of these things because we have done all of that. And I am done. No, I- I'll stick around and do the women's too. But I just, you know, I didn't have anything that said. Hey, can you send me a dir- Never mind. Ignore me. Okay. All right. So Pat's still on camera while I fix something real quick. Uh, I'll give you a break momentarily. Just give me a second. Yep. So those are the uh, the 19 at-large teams. We picked WPI at the end. Yeah, go ahead and uh, run and them the, off, actually. And the real process is going to be probably just as convoluted as this. Uh, it's probably still going on right now. Uh, they may uh, you know, be at this for quite a while because – the last thing you want to do as a committee member is is get something like this wrong. You're under tremendous scrutiny. I mean, you may never have to answer questions about it, but you're under tremendous scrutiny from people who don't understand the process. And, you know, we're going to get uh, – I know Dave and I are going to get tweets from people tomorrow who don't understand the process either and think that we made the selections, which I would love to be able to do, even if it's this difficult uh, or more difficult because, uh, you know, that's just a, a tremendous responsibility but a lot of fun. So who, who we chose – Remember, there's no Pool B in Division Three men's or women's basketball this year because there weren't enough teams. Uh, but here's who we chose as the 19 at-large teams in our mock selection here tonight. So these are the teams who are in. Uh, we have Virginia Wesleyan. We have Wisconsin Stevens Point. We have Wash U. We have Johns Hopkins, Marietta, Illinois Wesleyan, Amherst, William Patterson, Trinity, Connecticut, Ohio Wesleyan, Worcester. Once you get below here, then you're talking about teams who are on the bubble. As we get closer and closer to the end, feel less secure about how uh, accurate this projection is. Did I mention Bates? And then we have Eastern Connecticut. We have Springfield. We have Elmhurst. We have John Carroll, St. Olaf, Catholic, and WPI. And in all honesty, of those bottom three or two, you know, the NCA could select three other teams in that uh, in that area and be completely justified by the same criteria that we use to uh, pick somebody else because it's all just a toss up once you get uh, once you get to the end we were talking most of the night about uh, Brooklyn Catholic Center three teams that presented very similarly in terms of strength of schedule and uh, record and uh, you know we, it was very difficult to break the tie and put any of them in but that is uh, that's the mock selection process I will take this back and I will do some bracketing and I'll throw out a bracket, but it's not going to be until much later. It took us, uh, Skype is telling me it took me two uh, two hours and 28 minutes to do this. (laughs) So uh, it may take us almost as long to do the women's as well. So it'll be a while before we start writing and start doing bracketing. But that is who we think will make the NCAA tournament with the 19 at-large selections. And if you don't know who the 43 uh, automatic bids are, you can find them on the front page of d3hoops.com. Those are the teams listed in the uh, NCAA tournament tracker uh, that we've been keeping track of all week as teams have uh, gone through their conference tournament and then clinched. On the front page, it's a headline, who's in the men's tournament? Pretty simple to uh, figure out. So uh, stick around. Uh, Dave's going to get us to a break. We'll have more interviews, and then we'll come back, and we'll do the same thing for women's basketball. 
Thank you, sir. As uh, Izzy mentioned, uh, don't forget to tweet us and join us in the conversation. You can do it at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, or email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. That information all scrolling at the bottom of your screen. Also in the corner of your screen is the Hoopsville campaign. We did reach our goal tonight. I want to thank all of you for your support, but it is not over. We have five hours left in the campaign. Any amount of money we raise, we we put into making Division Three better, and we want to help uh, we we think deserve, Division Three basketball deserves to get the attention, uh, the best attention possible. What's my saying? Uh, we want to cover Division Three the way we believe it deserves to be covered. You can help us do that. Please consider donating to the fundraiser. The camp the the goal wasn't necessarily what we think we need. The goal was hey we need a goal to put in place so that there's a certain amount of fees below that and a, and less fees above that. Honestly, we could use everything, anything, everything that you can give us to do our jobs, to travel more. Um, I'm, I'm denying Pat the chance to nod his head. There we go. Um, to travel more, to pay for those expenses, to upgrade equipment like computers, to upgrade equipment like cameras and lighting and stuff. And do you see what we do? It's coming out of our pocket. Last year, you were able to kind enough to help us pay for our bills and such like that. Help us do that now by not just the bills. We paid a lot of those off. Now we and we paid for some upgrades, but there's always more. Uh, we want to take a trip to see teams in Southern California, the great Northwest. Um, we took a trip this year to New York. We were supposed to go to Boston. Didn't work out. Uh, we ended up hanging a left instead because of weather and went to Pennsylvania. Those are the things that you can help us do, and anything you can do to help us, we certainly appreciate. So that campaign still has about five hours left in it. Uh, it will not get extended. Um, we have raised $5,300 so far. Any more you can provide for us, we certainly appreciate it. And we do it, as we say, the, D, the Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com, the Association, uh, National Association of Basketball Coaches, and also uh, the City of Salem and, of course, viewers like you. Any help you can give us, we greatly appreciate we're going to take a break. We're going to talk to the two winners of the Mac Commonwealth Championship, one a surprise and one earning their first ever trip to the big dance. You're going to listen to Alvernia men's basketball, who've now won three straight and four of the last five, all in dramatic fashion. You'll hear from Mike Miller. You'll hear from Stevenson women's basketball coach Jackie Boswell about after their first ever conference championship win and now first ever NCAA appearance and, and maybe a little secret behind why they've been so successful this season. That's all coming up here on Hoopsville. Uh, if you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, or email us at Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. When we come back from these two interviews, we will start in on the women. We'll have our group of uh, teams that we think are automatically in, and then we'll start going through the selection process with that. Don't forget, men's bracket will be announced officially tomorrow at 1230 Eastern Time. Women's at 2.30 Eastern Time, and I will be taking part in that broadcast as their analyst alongside, oh, I'm not going to be able to find the name fast enough, Kyle. Uh, I know it's his first name. can't remember his last name, and I don't have the email right in front of me to call it up, but I'll find it later. Uh, you're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches, proudly by the City of Salem, and of course, viewers like you. We'll back with more Hoops Hope right after this. Every season starts with hope and a dream to play for the ultimate title to become NCAA National Champions. And you can experience it live at the 2015 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 20th and 21st in Salem, Virginia, hosted by the Old Dominion Athletic Conference and the City of Salem. Affordable tickets now available. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets today and make a date with champions. 
I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I am your host, of course, here, Dave McHugh. We're taking a little bit of a break from our uh, at-large selection show, Pat Coleman and, and myself. I am actually joined here uh, at Stevenson. It's a pre-recorded segment, obviously, with Mike Miller, head coach from Alvernia, after a thrilling come-from-behind victory against Stevenson to win your third straight conference championship, fourth time in five years, and you're on to dance in the NCAA tournament. I have a feeling there was at one point in the season you didn't think this was in the cards. Yeah, you're right, Dave. Uh, even though we had two seniors re returning, they're at new positions. Um, Harrison Dale was our four-man, and now he's a five-man. And Lamont was our two-man. Lamont Clark, who got MVP, is now our point guard. So our whole chemistry had to change around. Mixed in with some freshmen, mixed in with some guys from the bench. And in the beginning of the year, that's why I played such a non-toughly tough on-the-road schedule um, with John Hopkins, Dickinson, John Carroll, Scranton. We played everyone that we could possibly play to get us ready. We certainly got you guys ready, but this game, that this is a tale of two halves. I mean, uh, at halftime to double check, it was 33-17. You outscored Stevenson 41-18 in the second half. And every time Stevenson got a spark in the second half, you guys were able to contain that and compartmentalize that. It was pretty, it was pretty impressive that, that you guys kept Stevenson from getting back in it. Yeah, and that's how this team has been. Um, you know, we've been down a lot, you know, throughout our league um, at halftime. And the thing that kept winning games like this for us has been our man-for-man -man defense. Again, we went zone most of the first half, but again, our man-for-man -man was very good the whole second half, so our defense won that game. What's really interesting is you guys had to do this the hard way. Four-way tie for a second, and because it doesn't go to head-to-head -to -head against opponents, it goes to points. You guys ended up in fourth, having to play the extra game in this tournament. You beat Arcadia in overtime. You then go to Lycoming and certainly had a terrific game against them, but now you got to go on the road to a really tough environment here at Stevenson. It was the hard road to get to where you were, and as the fourth seed, end up winning a title. Yeah, and, and again, that's why I play the schedule I play. Now, we experienced this before, like you said, the last couple of years, and I felt for us to get playoff ready, we needed to play tough games on the road. So no matter what, how the seedings go, you eventually are going to have to beat somebody on the road. When you look at your, your team, you only play about six guys, which is really surprising. 
for especially on a long season. You only played six tonight, even though a couple guys got into foul trouble late in the game. Yeah. Is that just because those are the six guys that kind of make it click? Or is it just the mentality that that's the six we're going to ride and we don't need to go to the bench necessarily? Yeah, yeah. and again, we've done that all, all year. Yeah. And it's not because the bench just is not ready. Um, but again, our guards are so used to it, I think they could play another 40 minutes. I mean, some of my guards are saying they could play a doubleheader or a tripleheader because that's just the nature of this team. I mean, they love the battle, they like to play to the end, and they don't get tired. They don't get tired. So, again, they've been used to that all year. A lot of people were talking about how you guys are the hot team in this conference to close things out and force that four-way tie. It was kind of interesting. You guys out of conference struggled. Widener was terrific out of conference. Widener gets into conference play and seemingly falls apart. You guys finally catch your stride and heat up. Was it because of that schedule, or is it just that the, finally the team kind of gelled at just the right time, and you basically played for that timing? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, we were gelling at the right time because, like I said, we were in new positions, so our chemistry took over towards the end, um, obviously, which is good timing. And, and again, I had a very overachieving group. Uh, again, this team didn't care who was scoring, you know, who was making the assists, who was guarding the defender. And again, sometimes years it's tough to get everyone buying into that. And I, that's why I think we overachieved because of the chemistry of this team. What I found also interesting is this is your third straight title in the conference. Four out of five, you get your second on the road at Stevenson in a row. But in all those scenarios in the last two years especially, it was a scenario of winner, you're staying home. You're not going to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Is that an advantage maybe that you guys you guys seem to just thrive on? Yeah, they know that. They know that. But a credit to our league with the coaching and the, and the talent that it was in our league. We're beating the heck out of each other. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? Um, that don't help us, you know, because we all have six, seven losses. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, again, we're beating each other up. That's why it's important you have to win this because the way we're beating each other up, you're not going to get in that large bid. How much is the underdog role? Maybe kind of something you guys thrive on. Again, your fourth seed here. You came on hot late in the season. I, I talked to a lot of coaches. They were talking about you guys being the threat, but you're still the underdog. Yeah. You have to go to Lycoming win. You have to beat Stevenson on yeah. the road. And I think that depends on the chemistry of the team. This team liked that. Yeah. You know, they, they actually did like that. The more meaningful the game was, the more people that were in the crowd, we played better. Yeah. And, and again, that's just the nature of this team. Yeah, certainly a heck of an environment here the last two times you've played here. Of course, you head back to the NCAA tournament. A couple years ago, you guys went in as an at-large, but a really good team. Yep. Um, and unfortunately, fell to St. Mary's, and of yep. course, in the odd 2013 structure. Yep. Yep. Last year, you go back in, you go down to Virginia Wesley, and get a hard-fought win over Wesley, yep. and a tough, unfortunate matchup, yep. really, for you yep. two teams, yep. and really gave Virginia Wesley a hard time. Yep. You guys, again, that underdog role, feel pretty comfortable? You think it got, it depends yep. on the but you feel comfortable yeah. going in? Yeah, uh, again, very comfortable. Like I said, especially with this group. Uh, we're sky high right now where I think we're going to be a tough out. Someone's going to have to beat us. I don't think we're going to beat ourselves. Of course, you're going to have to go on the road. Again, we talk about that out of conference schedule. We talk about this tournament yeah. schedule. Yeah. Road is road. That's right. And, and that's why I do what I do non-league.
to get us ready for this. So what's the secret? What's been maybe the key that we don't see? You talk about team teammates and certainly team chemistry, but is there some little key, whether it be a player or a turning point this season that kind of got it all together? I think once we made the playoffs, we knew we were definitely going to be in the playoffs no matter what happened. Yeah. Again, then we could play with the league's money to say. You know what I mean? And we don't care. Yeah. We're in the playoffs. We don't care who we play. So right then and there, that kind of took the load off of us just getting in. Once we knew we were in, we really went on a, a, a nice spurt. Quick thought about the conference. A couple years ago, we were talking about two teams in the tournament, maybe three. It certainly looked pretty good. Didn't get that, but it was a tough conference. Last year, we thought maybe there could be a second team from the MAC. It didn't happen. It was just yourselves. This year, this was a winner go home scenario. There wasn't going to be a second team. Yeah. Is this conference, as much as it's competitive, is it down is, or is it almost um, maybe rekindling for the future? Yeah, and, and again, I still don't see why. I'm not too sure, and I don't know who can give me this answer, how much the strength of schedule means. Um, again, we couldn't have played a tougher non-league schedule. And Stevenson played a tough non-league schedule. Most of the teams in our league played a tough non-league schedule. So I really don't know what means more, a win against the worst team in Division Three or a loss against UCLA on the road. Well, let me ask you this. Is you guys in second, four teams at 10 and 6, yeah. beat each other up. That's yeah. a lot of losses you're taking there. Yeah. Is it almost that you, as competitive and as exciting as that is, does the top of the conference maybe have to separate itself just a little bit? Yeah, but it's tough to do. Yeah, it is. It's tough to do. I mean, the coaching's very good. Um, again, when you play somebody once, then they're ready the second time yeah. they play it. Again, we had to beat them three times. Yeah. That's not an easy thing to do. So you it, beat them five times now yeah, in a row. Yeah, yeah, I lost track of that. That was too far ago. But uh, again, I just think our league is a little bit underrated. A league, I mean, if you really look at the non-league wins yeah. that we had, I think you're going to see that we fared pretty good. Before we let you go, you're obviously heading off to the NCAA tournament. Monday you'll watch the selection show with some pleasure and not worrying necessarily about whether you're in or not. Uh, anywhere you want to go in particular, anybody you don't want to face, or is this just, as you say, you're playing with house money? Yeah, like I said, we, we were joking with the team afterwards. Hey, we might have to go to Alaska. That's all right. <laughs> I don't think there's any Division Three teams up yeah, there. That's, that's fine. That's good to know. <laughs> it's also outside that 500-mile radius. Yeah, thing. that's true, too. Mike Miller here from Alvernia. Again, a big win on the road to win their third straight conference championship, fourth in five years. Coach, we always give you the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in tonight? Again, um, I'm just happy that we can represent our league, and we're going to give everything we can for the Matt Commonwealth. Very good. Congratulations one again. When we come back, you saw the women warming up. We'll have the winner talk to the winner of the MAC Commonwealth Women's Championship. That's all coming up here on Hoopsville right after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. But it was hard to look at people's faces. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to Hoopsville on our at-large special here on Sunday, taking a break from picking out who we think is going to make the team or make the tournament to talk to teams who have. We just talked to Mike Miller from uh, Alvernia. Now talking to the Stevenson women's basketball coach, Jackie Boswell, winners of the Commonwealth Conference Championship. And we should point out, first ever bid for Stevenson to the NCAA tournament. Big night here uh, for you guys. Yeah, it was really exciting. And a close game is exactly the way you want a championship to be. Oh, I don't know if you want it totally close, um, but it certainly was a hard-fought game against Albright. Probably knew that coming in. You guys hadn't seen them actually in a little while. Probably one of the longer turn times between seeing an opponent that you had uh, in this conference. And so really it was maybe a little bit fresh? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're playing hard. They're playing really well. We've watched a lot of what they're doing. It's been about a month since we played them, like you said. And we, we knew they were going to come out and play hard. They're a really, really good team. Yeah, it was a hard-fought game, really, the whole game. At one point, I think they had like eight lead changes, and that certainly right. we added to that after that. What was what was the secret to them being able to stay with you guys, especially when you tended to go a little up pace? Well, you know, we didn't shoot the ball very well, and our shooting percentage allowed them um, to match our shots. And usually, uh, you know, our defense can keep us way ahead in that category, and we get a lot more shots than everybody else. But, um, you know, since we, um, you know, didn't make some of the easy ones, we would foul afterwards or just give up some other easy shots. So I thought that made the game close, but I, I'm really proud of our defense. I thought it, I thought it did a really good job, and, and I thought we got key rebounds when we needed it. When I talked to you on the marathon, you guys were on a tear at that point in time. Hadn't lost since back-to-back -back losses, uh, really at the beginning of the season. Uh, Lebanon Valley tripped you guys up on the very last game of the regular season. And when I saw you in the semifinals, you guys looked like you had a bit of a chip on your shoulder and a little ticked off. Was that loss almost perfectly timed, as it were, to kind of wake you guys up, maybe from what a stretch maybe had gotten you used to? I think so. I mean, our, our defense didn't do very well last Saturday, and if you want any time to let down, you want it to be in, in a game like that and not necessarily in the semifinal game. And, you know, President Manning pointed out to us the other day that um, sometimes pain is a good motivator, and it hurt last Saturday, you know, and because uh, a loss hurts, and so maybe that wasn't necessarily a bad thing either. Yeah, it cost you guys the, uh, the uh, undefeated season, but it did kind of wake you guys up on Wednesday, and then you guys really fought here on Friday, or on Friday, on the championship on Saturday. How, how ready is this team now to enter what, where it's never been before? Well, I think they're really ready because, you know, the goal was to make the NCAA tournament, and now that part has been accomplished. And, um, you know, now whatever happens, happens. You can say we're not experienced or we're experienced or whatever, but, you know, uh, I think they're going to be ready. And whatever happens, happens. You got a very senior leading team, as we had talked about, for your senior start. Of course, Sarah Tarbert being the sophomore does mm -hmm. not for obvious reasons. We'll talk about her in a minute. But the senior leadership, this is really that season we talked about taking advantage of. And so getting to getting the AQ was probably pretty big. You didn't want to rest your laurels necessarily at the at large. 
Correct. So, you know, you want to make sure you control your own destiny. I feel like that is what we have been doing all season. We've controlled our destiny, even, you know, with the Lebanon Valley lost, it, it didn't put us behind anything and we still controlled our destiny coming in Wednesday. So you want to do the same thing when it comes down to the NCAA tournament as well. Um, and, you know, that leadership that you speak about, you know, this is going to be a great opportunity for our seniors to continue to teach our younger kids um, what we need to do. And, and giving us that experience in the NCAA tournament is going to help us in the future. Big changing point as we talked on that show, Sarah Tarbert transferring in to, to join your team. She changed her complexion. You now have that really big presence inside who can also step outside. She's tough on defense. But what did she change with the team in a sense? Did, it, did she have any effect on the team as itself that almost was a benefit? Well, you know, she just increases our, our defensive pressure a lot as well because now our guards, when they get up and really pressure, she can step in and steal. Um, she gave us some scoring on the block that, you know, we might have been missing in the past years. And, and she's really taken a lot of the pressure off the guards um, to have to score. Like last year, you know, we were really dependent upon Kayla Kelly and our outside shooting. And, and now it, I, I think we're really, you know, sharp and, and deadly in all spots. You know, you got it. You got a game plan for Kayla. You got a game plan for Ty. You got a game plan for Steph and Kaylee, and now you got a game plan inside. So, I think it's um, you know, she's just really just made us just a solid and very much more balanced team. You talked about how in the off season, not off season, but out of conference, you really wanted to test yourselves, and you certainly got those tests in a tough Randolph-Macon squad and some others, and took a couple losses, but also got a couple wins. Can you tap into that now as you move forward and probably face teams you've never seen before, but maybe some systems you've, you're familiar with? Well, and that is the plan. And, you know, you want to, like you said, go out and play some teams that you wouldn't normally play. I thought we did that in Daytona Beach as well. because And what we tried to tell the girls that both tournaments, the Randolph-Macon tournament and Daytona Beach, is very, uh, we're trying to simulate the NCAA. This is what we're trying to learn early. What, 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 what do we know about ourselves? Um, can we go on the road and get some uh, wins and make some shots on the court that's not ours? And so we're going to definitely tap into that. We talked about it when we were there, and now we're going to revisit it. I know as Brett Adams pulled you guys aside right after the Nets were finally cut mm -hmm. down. Um, what was the message from him? I mean, he's a guy who's certainly been to the NCAA tournament with his teams when he was a head coach. What was the message to the team right there on the, on the court? Well, he was just letting us know that um, – you know, we got a great chance at hosting, and, you know, of course he put in the bid, but, you know, he, he is just so, gosh, if there's anybody that eats, sleeps, and breathes Stevenson, it's definitely him, and I know that he's so proud of us, and I appreciate all the support he's given us, but his message to us, really, I think the bottom line is how proud he is of us, and he just wants to keep seeing us do great things. It was actually a tough night right before you guys, a tough afternoon as the men's team, unfortunately, lost Alvernia, ending their hopes of the NCAAs. How much did you have to maybe, I mean, you guys are kind of very tight. Both teams are pretty yeah. close together. Did you kind of have to get your team a little woke up from that? It could, were you worried that that could res, result in transferring into you guys a little bit? I mean, I was a little worried, but I thought we put enough time in between games. And, you know, we made our kids go back in the locker room. You know, we didn't want them to see our guys. And, um, but I, I thought that our guys showed a lot of class, too, for coming out here and supporting us um, because that's really hard to do. And we do really appreciate that. And it is hard. You know, Coach Stewart and I are very close. And um, I know how hard he's worked. I know how hard this team has worked. And I feel like they kind of deserve it. And it is heartbreaking. But what I said to our girls, let's take care of business first, and then, you know, then we can take care of them. Uh I probably haven't seen a lot of sleep from you uh, in the last few weeks. Most coaches don't as the season concludes. Mm -hmm. You've got a big game, obviously, wherever you end up being, whether it be home, on the road, uh, who knows in what destination, 499.9 mm -hmm. miles from here. Um, but on the flip side of that, can you rest now? Can you, can you take a breath, or is it going to be hard this week? Well, I think so. You know, you always say um, 
you know, I thought Wednesday was a really, really important game, you know, and then once I get back Wednesday, well, then it'll be easier. And then it's not. You just keep wanting more. Um, and you, you have that expectation with every day that goes by. I think that we're really, really good. I believe in us and and you just want it to pay off for all the kids. I mean, they've worked so hard and I just want to see it pay off for them. Um, so I probably won't sleep very much, <laughs> but it's OK. Kids might not see you, et cetera. Right. Uh, well, congratulations on the championship. Again, the first one forever for women's basketball, first NCAA tournament berth as well. Uh, as always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be watching? Yeah, I just want to thank the entire Stevenson community. I thought that our, our student support, our staff, everybody, they've been so supportive, not just this year, but all the years that we've been here so far. And I just really appreciate it. We can't do it without them. Well, I appreciate it. Congratulations yeah, again. Jackie you. Boswell from the Stevenson University Mustangs women's basketball team. On to the NCAA tournament for the very first time. We'll have plenty more, including more at-large picks from Pat and myself right here on Hoopsville coming up next. Every season starts with hope and a dream to play for the ultimate title to become NCAA national champions. And you can experience it live at the 2015 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship. March 20th and 21st in Salem, Virginia. Hosted by the Old Dominion Athletic Conference and the City of Salem. Affordable tickets now available. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets today and make a date with champions. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. Division III allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division III athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. How wouldn't change it for the world. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. We are live. Thanks to the chat there with... Um, um, who are we talking about? Oh, the Mac. Mike Miller from Alvernia and Jackie Boswell from Stevenson. Both teams dancing into the NCAA tournament. Alvernia, I mean, talk about a story there. They only play six players um, and come roaring in from behind, or really in the end of the season. Um, a lot of people, including myself, said they were the hottest team in the conference to watch out for. Lycoming certainly didn't want to see them in the semis, and that proved to be true. And I'll be, I was blunt about Catholic, I'll be blunt about Stevenson collapsed and they've done that all season they have not handled end of games very well got outscored 41 18 in the second half couldn't buy a shot and kept making mistakes after mistakes it's almost like they stopped trusting each other all they got to do is get a couple stops and a couple smart possessions and they could have turned that game around and instead alvernia comes roaring past them hats off to alvernia terrific effort on their part we uh, have done the men's selections. We are finished with them. We will bracket those uh, at a later time. So if you're looking for where are our teams going, listen, bracketing in the in Division Three is challenging to begin with, um, but we will tackle that later. Reminder that the men will have their selection show at 1230, and I will be taking part if you feel like tuning in. I'll be on the camera, 
and providing my uh, analysis of teams that are in, where they're bracketed, etc. We'll see how it compares to ours. Let's be honest, basketball can sometimes be a little bit of a crapshoot. So uh, we'll see how it all p- pans out, as it were. Those bottom S- those bottom teams selected and how they bracket can make a world of difference. And if you're different on one team, literally, if you're different on, on selecting one team, it can completely change your bracket. Um, and I think we saw that last year. Uh, certainly saw that last year. Uh, when we bracketed last year. Anyway, on the way, we're going to tackle the women. So if you have any questions for us uh, at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville, email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. Don't forget the Hoopsville campaign. Got a few more donations during our break. We really appreciate that. It really helps us do better, as it were, and do more. And we certainly appreciate anything you can ha- um, help us with. Here, there's a couple of uh, items coming for our studio. We certainly look forward to those. Um, a couple colleges have indicated they're sending stuff our way. We'll continue to decorate our studio as much as we can. Um, if you don't see your logo, by the way, in our background, have your uh, have your staffs send us your logos. We got that monitor; just runs all the Division Three logos that we have. Uh, we'll try and keep up with that as well. Uh, so let's tackle the women, and we'll bring Pat Coleman back into the mix here. Again, hashtag, or at D3Hoopsville on hashtag Hoopsville on your Twitter account. And, of course, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, and on email, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Of course, I understand that many of you may still have some men's questions. Which, yeah, I understand you may be coming in late. Um, we mm-hmm. will, I mean, we'll try we and answer should- them when we can, and they're appropriate to answer. But what you were saying, Pat? Uh, we should just tell them to rewind the show by a couple of hours. Yeah, you could. That's absolutely true. It does work like a DVR. Um, and my and my data points stay the same anyway. <laughs> all right, yeah, watch sir. Watch whatever part of the show you want. It's exactly. So 44 teams into the NCAA tournament uh, automatically in Division Three women. Um, Pat, a little cryptic. I did ask the question you asked me. I have gotten acknowledged that the question has been passed on just has not been answered. I just realized I hadn't mentioned that, and I realized I should mention it now because I'm never going to remember to mention it later. Um, regarding it our our crazy one conference in women's basketball. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a strange question. That's a strange uh, I, thing going on there. It is pushed on. I mean, we could talk about the conference. But I the think question, we should. The, yeah. the, uh, the question I'm not going to bring up just because I want to hear the answer first. But it's interesting. You know, we do have the GSAC which is, uh, like the UAA, allowed to be in any region because they pretty much take up all the regions in some capacity. They're basically formulated to keep an uh, uh, an automatic bid, um, but it's a bunch of teams who never play each other for the most part. They might catch a game here and there. But when you're playing in northern Michigan and northern Maine and northern California, you're just not going to play each other. And then they all come together, supposedly, for a conference tournament um last year they all came together and we got a bid and we actually got a a, a fascinating team out of that um of course they were rewarded by going to thomas more um but not not that that shouldn't have happened this year a couple of teams decided they weren't making the trip and decided not to take part in the conference tournament which certainly pat i think raises some questions as to the validity of a conference with an automatic bid taking that from some other schools if they're not fully participating as it were yeah so the great south athletic conference used to be 
uh, used to be a full playing conference. Uh, they used to have uh, seven or eight women's teams, and that was enough to qualify for an automatic bid, but they never had enough men's teams. And so those schools that had both broke away, and uh, a handful of them joined the USA South. Um, and that left uh, four core teams, I guess. Um, it may not even be four core, but basically they have seven teams, which are kind of a conglomeration from all across the country. Uh, they have Wesleyan of Georgia, and they have Agnes Scott, and they have Salem, uh, and uh, those schools play each other. Uh, they play regular season games against each other, but they also have Trinity University in Washington, D.C. Um, they have, uh, as you mentioned, Northern Maine. They have Maine, Presque Isle, and they have Finlandia. That's their seven teams. Um, and Pine Manor, uh, that, that, um, that's seven, because I don't think they have four in Georgia anymore because Spellman dropped athletics. Um, that's their seven. Uh, last year, as you mentioned, yeah, all seven of them came together. They played a conference tournament. That's legitimate enough for me. It's not great. I don't love it. Um, but, you know, if you only have five teams even showing up for the conference tournament, are those other teams even really participating, as you say? Participating is the right word. Does Trinity count, frankly? Does Maine Presque Isle count? I get that it's difficult to travel from uh, from upper, upper Maine, especially maybe this time of year this year, uh, to get to Atlanta for a conference tournament. It's not difficult from D.C., though, um, and that should have been planned for well in advance. If if not everybody shows up, if you only have a five-team conference, and I would think it's 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 possible to argue that there's only five teams in this conference this year, only five teams played any games against conference opponents. I'm not sure that that counts as having a, a conference that qualifies for an automatic bid. I, I guess there would probably be a grace period if we we're going to go strictly by the letter of the law. They would have two years to come up with a way to get all seven teams to show up for the conference tournament. But I, I think it's it's pretty sketchy. I'm not uh, I'm not a big fan of the way that worked out this year. Yeah, and, and that's why I think it flies a little bit in the face of it. Um, you know, I understand they're trying to keep their, their membership together, but at some point in time, you know, or your bid together, I should say, at some point in time, you need to you need to be a participating conference, not just a conference in, on paper. And this kind of, when you don't have everybody show up for the conference tournament or something like this happens, and you're not even playing each other during the regular season to begin with, or even having conference games, um, and you're using something like the Massey Index to even figure out yeah. um, who's going to be what seed. I think this is a paper conference, and does a paper conference deserve to have a bid, deserve to get a bid and take it away from teams who are competing in the spirit of the sport? I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a slippery slope, and I, and I understand that. I just I don't love this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I love it, but I'm not in love with it. No, no, I'm neither of those things. Um, you know, if those teams didn't have, uh, if they weren't in this conference, uh, would there be enough for a pool B bid, I guess is the question. Is it kind of a, yeah. is it also kind of paperwork from that standpoint? You think about the teams who are not in Division Three conferences that are in Pool B this year, and they are, you know, Mount Mary and Maranatha Baptist, and I'm trying like heck to scroll down. There we go, College of New Rochelle. UC Santa Cruz, Yeshiva, uh, Rust, those are the ones who are eligible, and Valley Forge, uh, those are the ones who are eligible. That plus seven teams from the GSAC would basically still be one pool B bid, and someone out of the GSAC or UC Santa Cruz would have gotten it. So, um, you know, I kind of liken it to uh, remember when um, remember when the University of Dallas was in the MEAC, right? Remember yeah. that? 
Yeah. But at least they showed up at the conference tournament. Exactly. So, and at least the rest of the NEAC was playing like a conference. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, anyway. I'm not a big fan of it. But they are one of the 44 automatic bids, and that's what we're here to that's discuss. That's why we brought them up. Those 44 teams, they are in in the uh, NCAA tournament. They're the easy ones. It's the other 20, which uh, Dave and I are here to discuss, uh, some of whom will also be in, some of whom will be out. And uh, eventually when we start talking about we'll be start uh, talking about this, the people who are on the bubble. I don't think we'll have very much to glean here in this conversation, but uh, we have connections with the uh, – uh, the women's uh, uh, NCAA tournament committee, so we might find out some things. Uh, and eventually, at some point, we'll have one of these, I suspect. Uh, otherwise, we're going to be talking for about two hours plus straight. Yeah, we got a little... couple interviews we still have in the bag. Perfect, and we will have uh, some of these. And when it gets difficult in the full C process, we'll take a break, and Dave and I will discuss it off the air, possibly with more colorful language um, than <laughs> we use on the air. Yeah, true. Speaking of colorful language, this is Wittenberg football jersey, but uh, so Dave, this is red. Just so you know. Well, you're lucky um, on the women. Thank you. Thank you, yeah, my yeah. friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you would be wearing red. Um, and purple. You can't be in Division Three and not wear purple. No, I was just talking about your Catholic alma mater colors. Um, oh, yeah, I suppose that too. Yeah. Um, they're, they're in automatically. I don't have to worry about recusing myself from this conversation. Well, I was going to say, and you don't have to worry about the jersey or the sweatshirt in this conversation because the Wittenberg women are in. By the way, I did hear from an administrator who says, um, regarding the Wittenberg women, that you might be onto something there. He thinks maybe a two-for-one deal, so maybe 23 games instead of – they're 25. So, in other words, you 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 went over by one. You're going to dock yourself two. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah, I can see it too. I think it's reasonable, and it's a secondary criteria. I, I'm not going to get into the politics no, a of that secondary violation. Violation, right? My worry is that you get credited for a game there when it comes to criteria. Now they aren't in the play for that necessarily, but that's good. That's an interesting are. catch-22 there. Um, but nonetheless, they are in. It doesn't matter on an AQ. It's not like they were going to go up for an at-large, and they probably weren't in play for an at-large anyway. Um, but let's start with the women. We have and 44 so we... AQs and 20. Um, yeah, 44 AQs and 20 at-larges. I had to think it through real quick. And yep. so go ahead. And no pool Bs, as we do not have any pool Bs in men either. And remember, there's a 64-team bracket in women's basketball because Correct. there are more schools in Division Three that sponsor women's basketball. Remember, there's a whole lot of schools that are still uh, just women only, although a lot of them have been adding men's uh, men's uh, undergraduate enrollees and therefore men's uh, undergraduate or men's intercollegiate sports in order to stay uh, eligible within Title IX and be in the NCAA in Division Three and all that. But So we do have a couple of extra bids. There are no buys, uh, and we're not going to do the bracketing here on this broadcast. Uh, Dave and I will do the selections, we'll mock them up, and I will take them back and uh, do the uh, bracketing, and you'll see it uh, probably on the site first thing in the morning, unless you're staying up real late with us. And remember, last year, this show went till 4 a.m. Uh, that is not going to happen. If that happens, then I think Dave will be for that uh, stuff that he's got to do tomorrow. Yeah. And we don't want him to be out. So we, uh, as we did on the men's uh, mock selection, there are a handful of teams that we're just going to put in by general acclamation. I don't think we really need to discuss the specific merits of Amherst. Should Amherst make the field? Yes. Uh, Scranton also, as well as Bowdoin, uh, along with DePauw and UT Tyler. Um, we're just going to put them in. I don't think we need to have a long discussion about them. There are probably other teams that uh, we could similarly put in, but this is uh, the kind of the easy part of the, uh, of the, of the process. Uh, so here's a uh, reminder of how the process works. Um, when the NCA committee sits down with this, 
they're going to have uh, their regional rankings that their regional advisory committees put together before the national committee gets on its conference call. And so they will have established a pecking order in each region. Uh, they'll take out the automatic bids. Those teams, of course, are already in the field, so we don't need to worry about them. And they'll just have at-large candidates. And then the top remaining at-large candidate in each region goes up on the board, and they are uh, evaluated simultaneously, eight teams at a time, uh, by general acclamation or by vote. Uh, the committee will then decide which of those eight teams gets put in the field. Whoever's behind them in the pecking order gets moved up. They get on the board, and the process starts over with the, those eight teams. So that's what we're doing. And here are the eight teams on our board right now. From the Northeast, we have Williams. Uh, we have them with a 20-6 and six record and a 634 strength of schedule. And these records are versus Division Three teams, just so you know. Um, we have uh, Stockton, formerly Richard Stockton, much more formerly Stockton State, but they're still the Ospreys. Uh, in and yeah, it's going to take me a little while City. to get used to. I'm uh, I'm kind of happy with Stockton. It's easier to type. Uh, no, I know. Short... I'm just I'm going to want to add Richard every time I turn around. Well, and don't go to the rest stop on the Jersey Turnpike because you'll get really confused. I'm yeah. sure it's still going to be the Richard Stockton uh, Turnpike or the Dick Stockton tur Turnpike if you're a broadcasting fan. Uh, but Stockton has a 21 and six record and a 608 strength of schedule. There's some really high strength of schedules on this women's board. Um, and some big gaps. You'll find some big jumps here once we start to put some teams in. Out of the East, uh, NYU is the uh, top team on our board, 21 and four with a 572 strength of schedule. There are other teams that are also strong at-large candidates uh, that are behind some of the teams that we've mentioned, and they will probably get their uh, due here shortly enough. Uh, Mid-Atlantic, uh, the top team on the board right now is McDaniel, 24 and three record, but a 485 strength of schedule. <sighs> we may be, uh, you may hear that number from us more than once over the course of the next couple hours because I think McDaniel's uh, stuck. Uh, we've got out of the Great Lakes, John Carroll, 22 and four with a 523 strength of schedule. Uh, in the South, Eastern Mennonite is our top team at the moment, and we can probably discuss that. 21 and three with a 527. Uh, North Central is the top team on the board in the Central at 21 and five with a 575 SOS. And in the West, it's Puget Sound, 22 and four with a 584 strength of schedule. So just to summarize, the top strength of schedule on the board right now is Stockton at 608. Uh, the top overall record, as I kind of scanned through, is uh, McDaniel at 24 and three. I wanted to talk to you, Dave, about Eastern Mennonite versus Maryville or Merville, uh, Eastern Mennonite, 21-3, 5-27. Maryville, 25-3, 5-19. It's a fairly minimal difference in strength of schedule, uh, relatively significant uh, in that Maryville has four more wins. And since these teams uh, play in adjacent conferences, there's probably a lot of overlap. So it may take a minute to kind of hash this through and figure out whether we have Maryville and Eastern Mennonite in the right order. Because I think if I look at it from a national perspective, well, actually, I don't know. I mean, 519 doesn't stack up very well as a strength of schedule on the board right now, but later, 519 would probably be all right. Let's point out that uh, Eastern Mennonite was two in the last regional rankings, and Maryville was three. Um, both of them lost in conference tournament action, though Maryville picks up the win uh, there because they got all the way, uh, an extra win, they get all the way to their championship tournament where Eastern Mennonite, they cannot win at Salem Civic Center yet again. Third straight year is number one in the ODAC, and they lose in the semifinals. Um, so they don't pick up that extra win. That certainly would have been it. What's interesting is Eastern Mennonite is 21-3 in Division Three, having played 
um, two you extra know, uh, games in the tournament. Yeah, and so here's the thing. Our women's data is not provided by Matt Snyder. Matt Snyder does a great job curating the men's data, uh, and you're probably going to find, and uh, we'll probably find over the course of the night, that not all of this data is always 100% correct. So, for example, uh, Eastern Mennonite has a win against Whitman, which I am sure that I marked as a regional game at some point in the course of the season, which has been unchecked since. But remember, <laughs> every game against a Division three opponent this year is uh, is considering the primary criteria, and that's why we mark them as such. But you know, sometimes since there's you know thousands of people who have access to this database, sometimes the data gets uh, crossed up a little bit. So uh, Eastern Mennonite's going to have a better looking strength of schedule in a moment uh, once we get this uh, once we get that one fixed. So, um, but none of these teams is probably the best uh, team on the board at this point, Dave. What do you who jumps out at you as uh, teams that should get uh, considered here? Um, please remind me the Northeast who's on the board. I threw you a curveball. I sent you an email. I have it. I just can't remember who got taken off. Uh, Will Williams is uh, who's the top. Team Thank on the you. Board. That's, That's what I was trying to remember who was left. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you like the curveball. Yeah. Uh, no, I I saw it coming. Throw the two. Yeah. The um, I would throw a twelve to six curveball. Nice. Like. It's there's a lot of snow on the ground here still. Kind of like Stevens jumps out at me with that five forty three SOS. Um, of course, um, Whitworth doesn't have the record. I mean, NYU is our top East team, so. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped over NYU. I apologize. Uh, well, I mean, 572 screams at me. Yeah. I have a Whitworth. You must have misprinted. It says 784. I'm pretty sure that's a 584. <laughs> I just typed it in. I can't, it can't be 784. No. That would be the best strength of schedule on the planet. I would say Whitworth uh, goes in, period. It's, it's, uh, it's 584, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yep, good. Uh, but good, they're good, 15 good. and 5. This is all done by hand. Listen, At the NCAA, they have a computer yep. program that does this. Listen, Chicago, how about their season, just for the record? Um, they are on the Mendoza line right above it at 16 and seven. Um, but that's six thirteen. They don't tend to play non D three schools. Um, so I'm just going to go take a look they could have played Illinois tech though. Very easily. Illinois tech doesn't count in the primary criteria cause they're new. They're just, um, they're at six, nine, six. Yeah. They should have one more win. That's another, uh, okay. that's another data point. That's not right. So, and by the way, there are right. Cause we put not North bad. central in, correct? North Central's not in yet. No. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I'm getting. You know, I'm gonna have to mark these. <laughs> hey. Amherst, you should. You probably keep up. Yep. That'd be better. Amherst, Scranton, Bowden, DePaul, and Tyler are the only quote-unquote teams we put in so far. Thank you. And I will mark them accordingly because oh. that would be a lot easier. Um, very good. All right. So Williams, it SOS of a six thirty four is significantly large that's making large seem small um granted division three women's sos numbers are a little bit weirder than men's and they're not apples to oranges um no they are apples to oranges oh, touche right? <laughs> touche um hmm i think i think i'm in this category excuse me in this category i'm i'm i mean there's some good numbers in here um, I think Puget Sound's the one that jumps out at me. Twenty-two and four, the five eighty-four up against a Williams at twenty and six with a six thirty-four. I think those two. I almost want to say Pat, they're a lock to get in. I, I'm, I think I'm almost, both of them are getting. Yeah, I think I'm, we're gonna. I'm almost ready to pull the trigger to be honest with you. Um, 
But I think in that case, I, I would probably go with Puget Sound. Yes, the SOS is different to Williams, but the uh, they did win at twenty-two and four. You know, so they got a better winning percentage. Um, yeah, I think I go there. I think I go with Puget. Yeah, uh, I think Puget Sound gets in too. Um, I'm looking at their data does is a uh, is not as clean either, but uh, good enough to get them in. So we'll uh, we'll do that. And meanwhile, I'm gonna do some little fixing in the data and you're going to tell me who's next up in the region. From All the right. West. So that takes them off, puts Whitworth on the board at 15 and five with a 584. Um, they're and up against you know, William we, Stockton, NYU, McDaniel, Eastern Mennonite, North Central and John Carroll. And let me just go take a dive into Whitworth and see how our data is on Whitworth. So Whitworth indeed, uh, this appears to be correct. They played a bunch of. They played two games against Eastern Oregon. They played College of Idaho. They played Walla Walla. They played Corbin. They played Northwest of Washington. None of whom are going to help them at all here. They're twenty-one and five overall, but only fifteen and five against Division Three. So, it looks their uh, resume looks poorer than it uh, probably actually is in real life. Which is fascinating. Um, North Central is pretty impressive with that five seventy-five. Um, certainly takes into question Eastern Mennonites 527, John Carroll's 523. Um, I mean, Stockton's sitting there with a 608, but they do have six losses. Uh, NYU is a 572 with four losses, and Williams is six losses at 634. If I'm just going to go on the theory of why I put Puget in, uh, I think I might lean towards putting uh, NYU in. Yeah, I like NYU. I actually, if, if you had... Uh... If you had, uh, if I had made the decision alone, I would have started with NYU. Um, yeah. They're both going to get in, and a lot of these teams, you know, we're we're very much uh, far from the bubble, right? Yeah. We're definitely dealing with teams who are in, whether they NCA puts them in in the same order as we do or not. There, there's no way that Puget Sound gets left out. There's no way that NYU gets left out. There's no way that UT Tyler gets left out. And yeah, for Tyler in the ASC, which is pretty large still, uh, to have a 5:36 SOS means you're doing something right uh, with your uh, out-of-conference schedule and you're doing all right in the conference as well. So uh, none of those teams is getting left home. Uh, DePa of the five that we put in by general acclamation actually has the weakest uh, strength of schedule at 523 by a significant margin. Uh, but it's fairly certain that they're getting in. So we so put NYU in. Go that ahead. brings Ithaca back up now to a 22-5 and five with a 546. Uh, I think I lean over now towards Tyler and pump them in um, on the DePaul theory. 26, Tyler's in. T- 26 and 2. So, Tyler's um, already in. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so then Williams is sitting there with a gaudy SOS with six losses. So is um, um, technically North Central with five and f- – uh, I'm sorry, Stockton. I meant to say Stockton with six losses and a 608. Um I'm not even looking at the Mid-Atlantic. I'm not even looking at the Great Lakes. Um, barely looking at South. Uh, I think this comes down to North Central, Williams, Stockton, maybe Ithaca, and Whitworth. And I don't. I even. I even eliminate Whitworth based on only 15 wins, um, only for this round. Now I'm not eliminating Whitworth in case anybody misunderstood me. <laughs> um, yeah. Listen, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Williams. I think the 634 now sticks out. Yeah, I think there's no way that Williams is not getting in this uh, tournament. So yeah, we'll no. go ahead and put them in 
right now. So Williams is the eighth team that we've selected for these 20 at-large bids. That brings up a spot where we're probably going to hit the wall here for the uh, Northeast for a little while. Uh, yep. Westfield State was next in the pecking order when the week started. I didn't see a super compelling reason to change that around. They both, uh, both Westfield State and Mass Dartmouth uh, lost this week. Obviously, anybody who's in Pool C basically lost this week. Um, so that's where uh, you know that's where things are there. Uh, Westfield State's 22 and five uh, versus D3 with a 510 strength of schedule. So that's not going to stack up very favorably against most of the other seven teams on the board at the moment. Uh, Stockton has the best strength of schedule of this group. Um, you know, McDaniel continues to have the best record, but the worst uh, strength of schedule. Oh, I'm not tackling McDaniel uh, for a while. Yeah, we probably don't have to say that particular part every round, but yeah, that's going to be true in every round for quite a while. Uh, Ithaca, 22-5 and five with a 546 strength of schedule. They lost in overtime to St. John Fisher in the Empire 8 uh, title game the other day. Um, I suspect that they probably get it at some point. It might be this round. It might not. Um, Stockton is one game behind them in terms of wins and losses and has a 60-point higher strength of schedule. I, I think... Uh, uh, to say if yeah. we didn't put Stockton in, we'd just be delaying the inevitable here. Yeah, and I was going to say if it would in this round, it would come down to me on Stockton and North Central. North Central's twenty-one and five with a one less loss, but the SOS difference of point oh four, um, uh, or point oh three. I apologize. Um, so I think I would. It, it's it's probably you're right. It's probably splitting hairs a little bit here, which one goes which. And I but I think Stockton and North Central are the next two in some capacity here. Some of these are so obvious, you notice we're not even really talking about results versus regionally ranked opponents. Um, you know, these are one of the things that we've shortened these sequences. Uh, these sequences have been simulated for the uh, for <laughs> broadcast, like when they when they run in an app on a commercial for you, and wow, that app loaded really fast. We're also kind of skipping some of the things and cutting some corners to trim this up for TV time. But, you know, basically... Uh, you can assume and we can assume that uh, the reason that these teams are so highly ranked in the regional rankings in previous weeks had a lot to do with that. So um, we're going to take some of that as general acclamation here until we get down to this part, uh, and then we'll start looking at that more closely. But as long as we're dealing with the in teams, then uh, we're not going to go through and, and go through all the minutia that the committee might in, uh, in order to make these decisions. So a lot of these are, are fairly uh, common sense decisions. It brings to the board out of the Atlantic, Eastern University. Eastern is 20 and five with a 580 strength of schedule. If Williams were still here on this board, uh, Eastern has a head-to-head -head win against Williams, and, and Eastern would have gotten in pretty easily based on that. At 580, they also have the best uh, strength of schedule on this board, except for uh, Whitworth, who has just the 20 Division three games. Um, similarly, I think Eastern is getting in at some point, whether it's in this particular round or not. Um, they're certainly going to get in. Eastern has, uh, you know, they're, they have uh, a win against the number two team in the net region uh, in FDU Forum. Uh, they have a win against Williams, who's uh, number four in the Northeast. Um, and they're going to get in at some point, for sure. Yeah. I'm just going to go look and see if I can dig a little closer into uh, Eastern to see what else they have. If I remember correctly, they also, uh, I mean, I've gotten the updated number on Eastern Mennonite. So Eastern Mennonite, 22 and 3 with a 531 strength of schedule once we uh, corrected some of the data. And was, I don't think there was anybody else that was immediately affected. Um, so looking back at Eastern Mennonite versus Maryville, that was a discussion you and I were having earlier, Dave. 
Eastern yeah. Mennonites now 22 and 3, 531. Maryville is 25 and 3, 519. Um, it's not a significant SOS difference. Uh, Maryville has the the three games ahead in the win column. If we get to the point where we have to really dig on Eastern Mennonite versus um, versus Maryville, I know there's some common opponents uh, that we'll need to take a look at um, because Eastern Mennonite, while I don't see them have played Ferrum, um, you know they play, uh, they played Mary Baldwin, but um, I don't think that's going to be a differentiator for us. I think both teams beat Mary Baldwin every time they played them, and then. Uh, Let's see, Maryville played out of the ODAC. They played Bridgewater. It um, seems to be the only ODAC team that they've played, but there may be some other crossovers and common non-conference opponents. Um, so that's probably a reason why these teams were kind of slotted the way they were. I don't know if that helps. I don't think a lot of things changed over the course of the week. Both teams lost. As you mentioned, Dave, uh, Maryville advanced to the conference championship. And yeah. while that in itself is not a criteria, it means they did get one more win, right. another win against Ferrum, but both teams beat Ferrum. So I think the common opponents is probably also going to be a wash here. Yeah. And we probably don't end up flopping these teams. I think that, uh, Eastern Mennonite stays ahead of Maryville. Yeah. I I'm, I'm fine with leaving that. I think at some point Eastern Mennonite's going to come off the table anyway, and we're discussing Maryville. So, um, I'm fine right. with that. I'm fine with that. So looking into the resume for Eastern, they have that uh, gaudy strength of schedule number at 580, and they were uh, 22 and five overall, but only 20 and five against Division three opponents. They played Puerto Rico Rio Piedras. Uh, it's Rocky nice. River. It's nice for the trip. Yeah, yeah, and they beat Williams in, in uh, Puerto Rico. So at that point. Um, uh, they they got they accomplished what they set out to do there. Uh, they also played uh, Penn State Brandywine in a throwaway game uh, back in the states. Uh, they beat Cabrini. Cabrini is a yep. He's a regionally ranked opponent. Yes. Yep. Cabrini's a regionally ranked opponent. That helps them too. Um, but they lost to Richard Stockton. Uh, they lost to Scranton. Yeah, it's been a it was a good year at Eastern. Yes. Uh, have we not put Eastern in the field yet? Can we put Eastern in the field? You good with that? I'm fine with that. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's a good schedule they played, and they did beat FDU Florham, and nobody else can say that this year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, I am. I have absolutely no problems with Eastern punt going in right now. So Eastern gets replaced on the board by Baruch. That's not right because Baruch won its conference championship, and so Eastern gets replaced on the board by Brooklyn, which is twenty and seven. Uh, with a 513 strength of schedule, and uh, we might be holding on that for a while. So, uh, similarly, uh, Westfield State 22 and 5, 510. Brooklyn 20 and 7, 513. Fairly similar. Westfield State has a couple extra wins. Neither team likely to get it uh, for the immediate future because we've got some teams with better strength of schedules to consider, such as North Central yeah. 21 and 5 with a 575. I think I'm going to take this opportunity to dig in a little more closely on the resume for north central and of course dave what's the uh uh what's the big interesting thing about north central women's basketball well they run a a high somewhat of the system um so up tempo and certainly plenty of substitutions but if you talk to anybody who runs these systems they'll tell you that they all have their own uh ideas behind it for example ron roan at muhlenberg when he ran it kind of ran more of a paul westfield uh westfeld i should say system westhead um, isn't it? westhead yes thank you jeez uh westhead system 
Um, but he took kind of the substitution pattern from Grinnell, so kind of hybrided it himself for the year and a half he ran it. North Central's kind of doing their own thing. You know, the, you take different parts of it, and, of course, your personnel kind of dictate how you change it. Even Grinnell runs it differently every year in some capacity. Well, um, and they didn't even run it at all in the first half of the MWC championship yeah, game the other day. which is true. Threw a curveball at, at everybody. So, um, you know, that's, that's something – now – North Central's also been held very low in scoring, so that's why it's not the traditional one. Oh, you talk about the system, you talk about Grinnell's system. No, North Central runs its own version of it, and but they do have games that go over 100 points. They they kind of run the gamut. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah, but they do run the gamut. Actually, I think they what they almost set their or they tied the record at least for the most 100 point games in a row. I think it was eight or something. Um, but then the next couple were like 70s and 80s. So it, you know, it depends on a lot of factors there. I think what happened with North Central in a couple cases this year uh, is they just got tired. Uh, mm-hmm. They played they played three consecutive road games, and the last one was a game at Elmhurst uh, back on uh, February 14th, in which they scored just 64 points. They were six of 31 from downtown, and I think just uh, they they had some trouble with their legs at that point. Yeah, they had a week off. They had uh, the Wednesday night off, so they've had seven days between games. And they came back and they beat North Park 103-70. They came back and beat Elmhurst in the conference semifinals 89-87, and then they lost to Wheaton 92-80. And they lost to Wheaton all three times, um, one of them by a 109-60 to score. But, um, you know, again, is, uh, we take this opportunity now to dig. They, uh, out of conference... Uh, one game that uh, jumps off the schedule at me is they beat Millsaps early on in the season. Millsaps may or may not be in the South Region rankings. They were at the bottom of the South Region rankings when the week started, and they lost in the conference tournament this weekend. So they might not still be around to be counted as a regionally ranked opponent. Uh, similarly, they beat Dubuque. Dubuque entered the week at the bottom of the West Region rankings, and Dubuque did not win the Iowa Conference Tournament, so there's always a possibility that Dubuque might drop out and not be counted as a regionally ranked opponent either. But uh, let's see. Of course, they lost the three games to Wheaton. We've mentioned that. Nobody else in the CCIW is ranked in women's basketball. And um, I don't see anybody else on this list who is a regionally ranked opponent. I do see some places where... If they were up against some other teams, maybe later in the process, there's a possibility of some common opponents with some schools. But at the moment, the uh, the 22 and five or the 21 and five against Division three for North Central is pretty much you, what you see is what you get. Possibly two and three in region. Uh, definitely 0 and three, having lost three team three games to the top team in the region, and having beaten potentially two teams at the bottom of other regions' regional rankings. So it's a it's a high strength of schedule. Uh, the CCIW is tough. They beat just about everybody other than Wheaton. Uh, they were, you know, 22 and two against teams not named Wheaton. So <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good resume. It doesn't scream automatically. Yes, you must put this team in now, which is why we haven't put them in, in the first 10 rounds. But it's probably about time. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Um, I agree with you. I think a lot of the criteria kind of matches up for them a little bit. Um, but it also doesn't scream, hey, we're the world beaters. Um, but at some point, they're going to go into this tournament, and I think this is about as good a place as any. So they're going to get replaced in the uh, central pecking order by the University of Chicago, who is 17-7 uh, against Division three opponents with uh, one of the best strengths of schedules yeah. in the land. As Fifth they best. Would say. 619, actually fourth best now, 619, because we had to change, we had to fix some data. Oh, let me hit refresh. Um, <laughs> yeah, they played. Uh, they played St. Vincent, uh, and that's a win against a regionally ranked opponent. 
third and, best. Uh, somebody else. And third best with a with a winning winning record. We should point out too, by the way. That's true. Illinois Wesleyan is the third best schedule, but of course right. they were only eight and fifteen this year uh, against Division three, at least in this data that we have here. Correct. <laughs> Correct is maybe a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Two um, sh- yeah. I mean, roughly. At least at least one Shay. Um, <laughs> not that it uh, not that it matters. I'm just looking at the. Uh, the Illinois Wesleyan um, resume here. Uh, they played Mount Mercy, who's not a D3 school, and they played Lindenwood, who's not a D3 school. So the uh, data is accurate for Illinois Wesleyan. We can well, all rest easily now. I mean, you got Chicago with that nice 6-13, but they do have seven losses. They only have 16 wins. Um, you compare 17, that to an if 17 and 7. Oh, 17, correct. Thank you. I didn't make the notation here. Ithaca's 22 and 5 with a nice uh, SOS of a 546. Baruch's got a low 424 SOS. I kind of want to eliminate them in Westfield State with that 510, and of course McDaniel with the 485. So that gives us Whitworth, who's kind of comparable to Chicago record wise at 15 and 5, just in the fact that they don't have a lot of games with a 584, though. So I think Chicago still trumps Whitworth. Eastern Mennonites, uh, do we take the Eastern Mennonite? Eastern Mennonites still on the board. Yes, thank you. Uh, Eastern Mennonites in the equation here with a 21 and 3, so certainly. Four, uh, five better wins and four better losses, um, though an SOS of a world apart. Um, and then John Carroll sitting there at twenty-two and four at five twenty-three, so comparable to Eastern Mennonite. Um, honestly, if Chicago had just played one more game and lost one one less, I'd be I'd be pulling the trigger in a heartbeat here. But I can't ignore Ithaca's twenty-two and five. I can't ignore Eastern Mennonite's twenty-one and three. Uh, I think I'm leaning towards Ithaca here. And so I'm digging into the Ithaca resume. Here's what we got. 22-5 and five overall. Um, they have, uh, let's see, of course, St. John Fisher and uh, Stevens are both going to be in these regional rankings. And they were 1-2 and two against St. John Fisher. They were 2-0 and oh against Stevens, so that makes 3-2. and two. They lost to Cabrini, so that makes 3-3. Three and three. Uh, And they won at St. Lawrence. Uh, St. Lawrence is near the bottom of the regional rankings. They may or may not be in. Um, and they also lost to John Carroll. And what happens when we have a bingo. head-to-head in full C? John Carroll's does not the greatest resume right now. The 523 uh, strength schedule is fairly pedestrian, but this is a very strong uh, argument to put uh, John Carroll in the field right now. By the way, uh, um, remember put... that this game almost didn't happen. You remember? Yes, that? yes. <laughs> Thanks to the blizzards of, I don't have the right word to use carefully there. Um, in 2014, 2015, 2016. Yeah, the monster blizzards that started off our winter here um, in the Northeast. Um, listen, I, I, I love. I mean, the fact that John Carroll has that win. All of a sudden, changes my perception of John Carroll a little bit here. Um, well, and I think it would change the committee's perception too. Um, you know, when you get to this point, there are there's there you know because Division Three as a philosophy actively discourages non-regional play. There are very few games where you actually have uh, teams from across region yeah. playing that are both competing against each other in Pool C. Yeah, which is you know why sometimes we talk about the head-to-heads great for regional rankings but not great for selections. Um, I think it actually muddies the water a little bit here because I was leaning towards Ithaca for reasons. Now John Carroll enters the fray. And I'm kind of now bringing extra teams back in. Um, I almost want to say Ithaca. 
I still want to put Ithaca in despite the the win because they only that that loss for Ithaca is the only difference between them and John Carroll in the overall Division three record. But they've still point oh two three up on them in in strength of schedule. So despite the head to head, I think I still want to put Ithaca in. I think we're going to put them both in, right? Yeah, I think eventually John Carroll's going in too. Yeah, but I'm just saying for this round. So we're going to put Ithaca in. I uh, I don't necessarily agree, but I think they're both going to go in, so I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Stevens gets onto the board at 22 and four with a 5.43 strength of schedule. Very presents very similarly to Ithaca. So let's take a little digger, a little bit of a dig into Stevens. We mentioned that. Uh, they have those games against Ithaca. They lost uh, both of them. And against St. John Fisher, they won two out of three. Elsewhere, uh, they also lost to Salisbury. Uh, they beat Brooklyn, who is on the board at the moment. So that helps them. Um, you know, I think fairly, you know, like I said, they present fairly similarly similarly to Ithaca. But they did lose to them head-to-head twice, so maybe they don't have to go in right this second, but uh, they have some criteria that are going to help them and eventually help get them into this field. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm Dave, just... I always find when we do the women's conversation, it's a completely different story. Yeah, and it's because <laughs> I got to get the mentality of what the SOS is out of my head because a 523 SOS in, in men's is pretty decent. Not decent, it's good. It's good. 523 on women's is a little below good. It's weird. And so I am, I'm constantly having to reformulate <laughs> and that's why I'm going, okay, yeah. wait. Um, so I'm just trying to, yeah, break it all down and, and go a different direction. Who are you thinking we go here? I wanted to get John Carroll in last round, but, um, no, that's know, fine. That's six fine. And a half dozen of the other, uh, they have a common opponent <laughs> with Stevens. <laughs> and well, they I, both played Ithaca. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so let's see. Uh, give due diligence to the rest of the teams on the board. Uh, Westfield State, we might have to do a deep dive into their uh, resume to dig yeah, into that, that 22 and 5 with a 510. I get that 510 is not great. I, I totally understand that. Um, and there are a lot of, uh, I mean, just generally, the strength of schedule among contenders in Division Three women's basketball is generally higher, and so are the winning percentages because there are not as many upsets. As evidence. By the fact that three men's conference number six seeds made the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and the, oh, the, absolutely. The, the lowest one in the women's side was only four. If you want to pull trigger on John Carroll here, I'm fine with that. I think, though, if we pull trigger on John Carroll, Eastern Mennonite's coming in right behind him. Well, and we'll, uh, we'll go back and do the... Uh, we'll go back and do the dive into Eastern Mennonite because we only did... We only went in there to look at data... Uh, um, Compared to Maryville. Uh, data correctness. And to compare them to Maryville and not compare them to anybody else. Now, generally, what happens in the ODAC, of course, is that they have so many conference games that the uh, strength of schedule is limited, and they haven't played a lot of non-conference opponents just in general. But of course, that changed in the Old Dominion Athletic Conference this year. Uh, they opened up their uh, scheduling a little bit. They limited the number of conference games that uh, they have to play. Uh, finally, I, I think they've only been talking about this for a decade, Dave. Yeah. Uh, they finally went and did it. So Eastern Mennonite was 22 and three. Uh, against uh, Division three opponents and 22 and four overall, they lost to the Newport News Apprentice School. Eastern Mennonite, looking at if there's anything significant in their out of conference play, 
Um, they lost to Wilmington, who's generally a decent squad, but not in the regional rankings this year. Whitman uh, took a step back this year, obviously, after their tremendous run to the national title game last year and the round of eight the year before. They were just 16 and 10 this time around. Uh, they played Murray Baldwin, which doesn't help anything in terms of strength of schedule. Uh, they played Ferrum. Really, there's nothing here that jumps out as a significant out-of-conference game, Dave. Uh, I mean, obviously, it would have been nice if, uh, if, but if Whitman had been the Whitman of old, they may not have beaten the Whitman of no, old. No, ex exactly. And it's interesting that they were SOS is a 527, considering Whitman is an, an okay 16 and 10. Um, I'm leaning towards Carroll. Well, so we've put John Carroll in already, so who's next? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I missed that memo. Maybe Stevens? Yeah, I think maybe Stevens. I mean, Chicago's still sticking out, but that 16-7 and seven part um, is the tough one. 17-7. Um, I'm sorry. 17-7 and seven is the tough part there. Um, I, I, it's, it's, ooh, um, yeah, I'm going with Stevens. Hang on a second here. Here. This is for you. This is, uh, yeah, I, I already fixed it. Thanks. <laughs> that's, that's Chicago's, uh, uh, two main criteria. So, uh, we've selected Stevens and let's do a quick recap here. So we are 14 teams in. We're getting pretty good. close to bubble status. Maybe a good time to do a recap. That's what I, Oh, you want to take a break too? We could do that. So we'll, uh, I'll recap what we've got, and then uh, Dave will get us out to one of these. But uh, we've got, first of all, these teams, the ones who are safely in. Amherst, Scranton, Bowdoin, DePauw, UT Tyler. I think Puget Sound at NYU and Williams probably belong in the safely in status as well. Also in... Uh, we've uh, we've selected uh, mock selected Stockton. We've mock selected Eastern, North Central of Illinois, Ithaca, John Carroll and Stevens, who also had some interesting interplay amongst each other. So we've selected 14 of the 20 teams that uh, we think will be uh, selected as at-large teams by the NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Committee. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, Dave will have a couple of more interviews. Dave and I will discuss some of these more difficult decisions off of the conversation and when we come back we'll expect to have at least a few more of these at-large teams selected and if you missed the men's basketball selections you can find who we mock selected on twitter uh the uh at-large teams the 19 that we mock selected are out there uh and we'll be bracketing them up uh later in the night uh it won't uh, it shouldn't take until 4 a.m but it might and we don't do the bracketing on this show because the bracketing is basically me talking out loud uh, <laughs> a lot of checking how far teams are apart on the map. And, you know, it's this, it's this amazing stream of consciousness. If you ever want to get into my head, you should watch me bracket, but nobody should have to sit through that. So we don't sit you, uh, make you sit through that. Uh, Dave, did I miss anything? Of course, uh, hashtag uh, Hoopsville and uh, all these other things at the bottom of the screen. You can email Dave at Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. And I'm trying to send it right to break, and I don't have quite all the information I need to do. That's that. right. I'll write it off real quick. So um, we got a, an interview coming up. We'll listen to uh, Ruth Sin from St. Thomas. We'll also hear from Salisbury men's basketball coach uh, Josh Merkel. They're making the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1980. 
1997, I'm sorry, 1997. Um, if you do want to interact with us, Twitter, at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Please don't forget about the Hoopsville ca- uh, fundraising campaign. It's going to be wrapping up in a matter of hours. Uh, we are over our goal, but we could always use more to help us cover Division Three the way we d- think and we all believe Division Three deserves to be covered. We're going to be back. Hoops were presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches, also proudly by the City of Salem and the viewers like you. Ruth Sin coming up next, and then Josh Merkel as well. You're listening to Hoops. We'll be back with this selection special coming up, uh, coming up next. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself, you know, a, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division three school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result, in my mind, is you just become a very well-rounded person. Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests, basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it. Welcome back to Hoopsville Selections Special here on Sunday, March 1st. I am your host, Dave McHugh, taking a little bit of a break from the selection process that Pat and I are going through, our mock selections, as it were. Uh, Give ourselves a little bit of a break, but at the same time, get a chance to talk to some of the coaches who are already in the NCAA tournament, some of them as surprises, as we have already talked to throughout the show, and some of them we probably had written in, even if they were going to be in that large selection, but one of them has won yet another championship, as it were, Uh, and it seems to be almost second nature uh, for the St. Thomas Tommies. Fifth title in six years, this time going undefeated in the regular season and Mayak tournament, so we figured we'd better talk to their head coach, and of course we're talking about the women's team. So joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is Ruth Sin, head coach of the number two ranked Tommy's coach. Congratulations on yet another Mayak title, and congratulations on the undefeated regular season. Uh, thank you very much. We're very excited about this time of year and the opportunity to continue to play and to see what we can do. And you're having a ter- I mean, we're used to you having pretty terrific seasons over the last few years. Um, the last time, though, you went undefeated in the Mayak was in 2012. Um, and that season, you guys unf- uh, did have a loss earlier in the year, if memory serves. I think you started the season with a loss against Stevens Point before then Correct. losing. Um, was that in the in the Sweet 16, I believe it was? Um, or no, Elite 8. Elite 8 to Amherst. Or no, no, what am I doing here? That was in the Final Four, of course. That was in the Final Four. Yes. We made it to the semifinals. Actually, we made it to the Final Four. We lost the eventually eventual national champion, and then we took the third-place trophy home 
um, by defeating Amherst. And that and, should have been... The interest, go ahead. Correct. Well, that was the time that these seniors were freshmen. Yeah. Okay, so that was four years ago, and these seniors, and, and they have been watching and they have been waiting. Uh, some of them had that opportunity to get on the floor during that season, so they've kind of been marking their calendars that you know, they want to <laughs> they want to leave their mark. And sure, you know, through and from that time, we've been in a situation where yes, we've been very successful, but we've had we've had a lot of a lot of adversity with injuries. We've lost three of our top three players due to season-ending injuries the last three years, even though we've still won. So this group is a hungry group because they've had things taken away from them, and they under- understand the importance of making each day count and just doing your best every day. And they, they want to leave their mark. It's kind of fun to work with that group that's uh, that hungry. Well, what's really interesting is that, you know, you talk about that season where you guys won the, the third-place game, uh, and that is, you know, not that long ago, but certainly in some ways it's it's a bit ago. You guys have certainly had success since then. Uh, but as you point out, these freshmen have probably circled that experience and said, we want to go back. Um, did you expect, though, to get through what has now become a little bit more of a challenging Mayak, um, unscathed, as it were, and, and, and go into this undefeated on the season? Or is this kind of a – are you guys kind of maybe riding a little bit higher wave than expected? No, um, if you look at our group and you look at our roster, uh, we have eight seniors on our roster. Mm-hmm. They're a group that, you know, in the back of their minds, they say it, it's it's doable. It's doable if, if we come into the season with the right perspective that we make sure that, as I said, we really work every day on being our best and getting better. And we have the depth. I mean, if you look at our we have so many skilled players mm-hmm. who do so many different things. We have the big hitters. There's no question. We have a Jenna Doctor. We have a Maggie Wires. We have an Anna Smith, and they can they can do things. But we've got so many other players that do so many different key things. We have Hannah Hughes. We have Katie Stone who come and shoot, and then we have these other players that come in and they find ways to make plays for us. And if you watch us play, that's what you would see is that everybody understands their role and they're all committed wholeheartedly to do it. Uh, the season has uh, you, you've had a little bit of uh, fun travels. You went and saw, saw Southern California and saw Redlands and Occidental to start the season. Came back home, got wins over Buena Vista and Stevens Point, Gustavus Adolphus and St. Benedict all at home. Um, certainly took a trip to Wisconsin, got some games in at Carthage before getting into conference play. And what the one thing that jumps out at me is through a lot of the season, you haven't had especially a number of, of less than double-digit wins. Uh, I see one you had, obviously, against a good Stevens Point squad back in November. I'm scanning through the conference schedule, and not one of them jumps out at me. I think the closest might have been Concordia Moorhead on Valentine's Day, which was a 12-point win. Uh, of course, Bethel in the championship game was a 14-point win. You're controlling uh, these games to, to much success, and really walking away with games, at least on paper. On paper, yes. If you go to the games, it's a different story. <laughs> I mean, everybody always says that, well, you haven't been tested. It's like, we have been tested. That is the positive thing. If you go through our Mayak schedule, and you know the Mayak, they've mm-hmm. got very good teams. The coaches do a great job of preparing. we got everybody's best shot. I would be I, I would be remiss to to not let you know that everybody who we played against us they came with 
their best shot. They threw everything at us. We have seen a box of one. We've seen a triangle in two. We've seen a two-three. We've seen a three-two. We've seen every kind of man. It has been a great opportunity for our girls to get everybody's best shot and for them to understand this is what and this is why you thrive. When you're excited about getting people's best shot, you're excited about the opportunity to be challenged, and then you can learn from that opportunity and get better. And and that's the approach we've taken is that we want everybody's best shot, and it's been it's been a good year in that they've been able to handle that moment, okay, because of their maturity, because of their experience, and and they have been tested. It, it's just not showing up in the scoreboard, which, if you ask me, isn't you know we talk as coaches, it's not about the outcome. It's about the process and how you attack the process and how you make the process yours, and that's what these kids have done every day in practice. And and that's why you see the scores. They've really bought into focusing on every possession and making each possession count. You talk about the eight seniors. Six of them are leading the categories in in scoring. Six of the of the top seven are seniors, led by Jenna Doctor at, at thirteen point nine points a game, and and Maggie uh, Weirs uh, at thirteen points a game. Um, this is a team, you talk about that senior leadership, you talk about the fact that they wanted to make this season special. They have so far, and it looks like it will continue, because I can't imagine an undefeated St. Thomas team isn't going to be rewarded with home games, at least in the first weekend. How much of an advantage is that, or how much of a distraction are you worried about? No, we, we, we've talked all year. we just got to focus on what we have control over. So we're hoping that we will be able to get to host and have a home game. Um, but we, we, we can't worry about that. We need to just focus on, you know, keeping our team focused at the task at hand and what we need to do and how we need to get better and how we need to control. And the girls have done a great job of that. That was an interesting thing when we got to the Carthage championship game against Carthage. Um, for the whole warm-up, we had a fire drill going off. Okay? So that would have been a little bit of a distraction, but you know, we just warmed up with them. We talked about, okay, these are the things we have control over, these are the things we don't, and they've done a great job of just keeping our focus on whatever stage. I, I think a fire drill is a good test for distractions. Yeah, I think that might be just a, a little bit of a good test. Uh, having been in a newsroom while they're testing their fire alarms, it's hard to focus on your job when those things are going off. Um, Correct. Uh, the other thing that jumps out at me is you guys are scoring 70 points a game. You're holding your opponents to 48. So while you say you've been tested, you're also defensively incredibly sound. Um, again, 48 points a, a game is is just phenomenal. Certainly one of the best in the country. Has that been a product of a purposeful that we're going to play tough defense that leads to offense? Or you just have the right pieces that are just making this work? Well, that's always been our identity. If you look and go back, we've always been in the top mm -hmm. with points allowed. Um, we're we're a very stingy defensive team because sometimes the offense, you know, it comes and sometimes it goes. And you need to have a constant. And usually the constant you can control more than not is the defense. And the, the girls have really done a great job of buying into that, understanding our identity and understanding how we have to play. And, again, getting back to our depth. We've got players on our floor like Laura Marguerite, who does just a phenomenal job of locking down their top player. Um, you, you talked about Jenna, Dr. and Maggie Wires as their leading scorers. They're just as committed on the defensive end. And so when you've got everybody buying into just making sure that we defend first and foremost, and then the offense is, is another 
perfection of identity, but you really make your identity be defensive, good things happen. You get to win four games to get the right to uh, return to Michigan, though this time about 28 miles to the northeast. Instead of Holland, you'll head to Grand Rapids. And hopefully two more wins there for a national championship in an undefeated season. Certainly that is the goal. That's the goal of a few other teams who are undefeated, including one named Calvin, who would love to be playing in their own home gym, just for everybody else out there who's curious. What is, what are your, what is your team going to have to do? What is going to be the key, no matter who the opponents are, obviously, to be able to, to win the next four at least to return to Michigan and win the next six to win a national championship? Well, you know, at this time of year, everybody that you're facing, uh, they're great teams. And then they understand what they have to do in order to be successful. And so it is really going to be that team that can stick to their guns, that can understand what their identity is, how do they have to play, and even in the face of adversity, that they're going to stay strong, they're going to stay together, and they're going to find a solution. They're not going to get caught up in the moment, and they're not going to doubt. Uh, you see it in sports all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you know the outcome favors the team that can be more disciplined in adverse situations. And we we say it's not about making great plays; it's just about making the plays that you've done all year. And the positive thing about this group right now is they have shown that they have certain repeatable actions that they can continue to repeat over and over, and it's it, it's been very successful because of their depth and because of their willingness on, on both sides of the ball to play team basketball. I'm sure Coach Tower has not yet tried to convince you not to uh, put in for hosting or to, or to rescind that. I assume you're going to hold on to your hosting opportunities. We'll certainly look forward to seeing who you may face off. I can't imagine, again, you won't be hosting. Uh, as always, uh, we give the guests the final word, though. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in tonight? Well, the first thing that we just want to do is we want to just have a shout out to the to, to the men's team because we're so excited about you know there's a culture here at St. Thomas mm-hmm. and the women and the men's team both support each other fantastically and we're so excited about it. they had a great win on Friday it just was a phenomenal um, playoff atmosphere I think it got our kids so excited to play just the next day but so we're really excited about their opportunities there as well and then as again I'm I'm going to really put a plug in for the Maxes. I know everybody says they haven't been tested. We haven't been tested. That's not the case. You know, granted, we have a very special team here. But uh, the Mayak has done a great job of you know, putting out their best. And, and that's, that's not always, that's not always thing when you come into a game and you see some of the statistics that these guys are doing. But they've always been prepared and the coaches have done their, their absolute best. So thank you. You know, and thanks to you for doing these things and promoting, um, D3 basketball. It's, it's, we always say that it's the right reason to play basketball for purpose and passion and just everything that's good about it, you know. So we appreciate all you do. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with the sentiment. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Sunday. We'll find out where your uh, who your opponents are coming up tomorrow, and good luck in the uh, NCAA tournament, Coach. Well, thank you very much. Ruth Sin joining us from number two, St. Thomas. Again, fifth championship in six years in the Mayak, and of course heading to the NCAA tournament undefeated, uh, something they have not done at least in recent memory. Last time they went in this hot with an undefeated Mayak schedule was 2012, and they made it all the way to Holland and the Final Four. We'll see what happens this time around. Of course, we'll find out where the, if they're going to be at home and who they're hosting. Uh, should they be hosting, And which we would assume. We'll find out tomorrow, 2.30 Eastern time, 
when the NCAA Women's Basketball Selection Show takes place. When we come back, Pat and I get back to work selecting who we think are in the NCAA tournament. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches, and, of course, the city of Salem, host of the men's championship weekend. For more ticket information, go to NCAA.com slash tickets. We'll be back with more Hoopsville. Interact with us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. More Hoopsville selection special coming up next. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Uh, the selections special here as Pat and I are going through the at-large teams on the men's and women's side trying to determine who we think are the tw- 19 and 20 teams who will be making it in the NCAA tournament. Don't forget, you can always ask, ask us questions at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Uh, we are taking breaks every once in a while to just kind of give us a chance to either speed up the process a little bit or at least talk to those who are into the NCAA tournament, um, and especially those who may have been under the radar for many or took advantage of opportunities in their conferences when the top seeds took a hit. And one of those teams who certainly took advantage of those opportunities in what is a very interesting Capital Athletic Conference are the Salisbury Seagulls on the men's side. Both teams won, but we're going to talk to the men. Josh Merkel joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Thank you, and it's great to be here. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. First and foremost, we should point out both Salisbury teams winning uh, yesterday on their home floors to get the automatic bid. You guys taking on Christopher Newport. Women having several heart attack moments against Mary Washington, though the women were probably a lock to get in anyway. Uh, It's got to be nice to have Salisbury win an AQ um, for both in a very long time. No question about it. Uh, Yeah, very excited for the women, and they've got a a hardworking team. Obviously, we see them every day, and that group is has been improving and getting better. So excited for the women and certainly for our guys. And being an alum and coaching at my alma mater, uh, I talked to my guys about never having played in a championship game. And so our guys were excited to be there. Our uh, our home crowd was incredible. 
and it was just really a special college basketball game. And we were fortunate, there's no question, uh, to come out on top. There's got to be a winner and a loser, and uh, our guys are certainly excited. Well, what's interesting is you talk about us being an alum. The last time Salisbury men were in the NCAA tournament was 1996, winning the Capital Athletic Conference that season. Uh, shameless moment. I believe they did it on the home court of my alma mater with me in attendance <laughs> and behind the microphone at Goucher College. Uh, it was an incredible environment, if memory serves. That's back in the heyday of the CAC, which has certainly had some good moments since, but I don't think it's been as deep as it was then. But you come in the next year as a student athlete, and they haven't won since. I'm not saying it was your fault, but it's a good <laughs> thing you're the one who ended the run. <laughs> well, I, the, the fact that they had gone to the Elite Eight when I was a high school senior, yeah, uh, it, it was part of the thing that attracted you know as a, as a high school player. You want to go somewhere where they're where they're good, and you're and, and that was one of the attractions. So hopefully, we can continue to attract the uh, the best quality young men out there. Well, what's really interesting is shameless moment again is how many Goucher um, people will cringe at the fact that you guys made the Elite Eight because um, there's a lot who know that they stumbled in the opening weekend of that tournament or they could have been Final Four bound. That Goucher team was darn good, but so are you guys. And so what is the emotions of being able to bring an NCAA tournament berth back to this school um, who has struggled and I know has been trying hard for a number of years. Yeah, it would, to, to describe the emotion is I feel a lot better today than I did before the game. You know, a lot of people <laughs> were, were congratulating us uh, for getting to the championship game. And we talked to our guys about, you know, we haven't really done anything. Uh, even though it had been a while since we've played in one, to us it it, it was unfinished business. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, were, we were hungry for more, and we were certainly fortunate to, to be – to play on our home court against an incredible CNU team who's playing really well. So, you know, I would argue that the, the top half of the CAC is as good as anywhere, but of course I'm a little biased. <laughs> and um, they're just playing, they're just playing incredible. And it was a very, you know, championship games. It was a very hard fought defensive battle and, uh, and players made plays and our guy Wyatt Smith makes two free throws. We're down one. Mm. And uh, he gets fouled with 0 0.7 seconds uh, and makes two free throws after being iced. And it's just incredible for him and for our guys. And, yeah, I mean, the pictures and the looks on their faces, it's something that they'll be able to reflect back on. And it was one happy locker room. And uh, we'll, we'll celebrate the next 24 hours. And uh, tomorrow we plan to go back to work and, and win number 21. Hey, you, you talk about the ending. I was just warming my way up to that. Tell us a That's little fun. bit about that finish. You gave us a little taster there. That's not enough for us. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, it, it, talk about pressure packed. Give us kind of the run-up to that last second. Sure. Uh, I mean, we hadn't been able to get a quality stop on Christopher Newport, who Coach Corian, they have a great team, great young group of guys. They're only going to lose one senior. But they were uh, they were very good. They spaced the floor. They've got good players. They can shoot pass drive. So we weren't able to get a, a stop for a long time, it felt like. And then towards the end, it was a, a three-point game. We got a stop and a score. And then a one-point game. And there was about 30, uh, maybe 43 seconds. And they whittled it down. And they took a tough one. And we got the rebound with, it felt like, 10 seconds. And, uh, and Connor Strickland, our, our point guard, who played 36 minutes in the game, was just kind of walking it up 
uh, maybe jogging it up, but he wasn't going full speed. And everyone, I'm yelling go, and everyone is um, this so loud in there. He obviously can't hear, but he had incredible poise, and uh, he he throws a lob to our big guy who had been running down the floor, and he gets clobbered. He's going up for a layup, um, and it's a clear like he gets fouled by three guys, and um, fortunately there was time on the clock mm. because our point guard, although he looks incredibly poised. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, <laughs> but he didn't know how much time was on the clock. Oh, I told him don't tell anybody that story. No, but no, but you just he, did. he looked he looked incredible. And then uh, our guy, who Wyatt Smith, who has had an incredible year for us, and uh, is one of he's a special player. We'll put it that way. He uh, he went three for nine from the free throw line on on Thursday, mm. and he goes to the line and makes two big free throws that he'll always remember. Oh, you're right. Always remember clinching that berth. I'm sure the place came unglued. Of course, the women have have won as well. So both Salisbury teams moving on. Women may host. You guys will certainly hit the road. Who knows where you will go to? Let's talk about this team and the fact that this is a young team. You have two seniors on it: Connor Strickland uh, and Nick Sperry Sparacino. Sparacino. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not the guys who are necessarily the ones on the floor you need to worry about. Nothing against them, but Wyatt Smith, the junior, at 14.2 points a game. Justin Whitmer, a sophomore, 12.5 points a game. Charles Porter, 10 points a game as a sophomore. Uh, Smith's your leading rebounder at 8. Uh, your other leading rebounder, Gordon Jeter, the, the sophomore, 5.7 rebounds, 8 points a game. Don't want to forget the junior and Kyle Saverkul, 8.1 points a game. Of course, all of them also hand out... Uh, plenty of assists. Uh, Strickland is your go-to guy, though, in that category at 3.1. So if anybody's thinking, oh, this is a wonderful story for Salisbury, this could be the start of something special, as they say. Well, that is, that is the plan. That is the plan is to be in the conversation, and, and you know how hard it is to get into the tournament. Uh, you know how hard it is to win a championship. I mean, there's 425 Division three teams, I think. Roughly, yeah. So, so to be one of those 64 is great, but we always want to be in the conversation. And, and you know, you can have great seasons like we talked about earlier and not get a bid. Yeah. And uh, so we were thankful that we don't have to worry about that part of it. Obviously, we weren't getting in if we didn't win at all. But uh, we do want this to be a destination for players that want an incredible experience, you know, educationally and certainly to be a part of a winning program and, and to be around great people and, and friends for the rest of their life. So we're, we're gearing for that. And uh, this is one step towards it. But we feel really good about the future. We've got some, you mentioned, great character guys. We share it. We're unselfish. Uh, we've got some really good players. But everyone has bought into that team first. And it's never about any one guy. I mean, Justin Whitmer played 31 minutes last night and only took two shots because mm. Christopher Newport does a great job. But you could, you would have never known in his body language. He continued to play defense. and there, He was just as happy as, as everybody else. Um, you mentioned Connor Strickland. He will be uh, he will be certainly missed because although it doesn't show up in the stats, what he does for our team, coach's son, he's been starting for us for the last two years, and uh, he, he's done a great job for us. But if we can, when we do fill that point guard role, we feel really good about next year. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating next year to say the least. Um, again, the women winning and you guys winning, I'm sure there's a huge buzz on campus. What's it been like all season? Because you guys, I mean, you were only two games back. You finished in second in the CAC after a rough start to the season. You losing your third, three of your first four, I think it was, um, before roaring back. Um, what's the buzz been like, especially on, on the second half of the season? 
The the buzz has been good. Yeah, I mean, it's a school of 8,600 students. So we've talked about for us not to pack that gym, that um, that means we have work to do. Because mm. I think that, you know, everybody loves a winner, and they will come support us, not because we're handing out free T-shirts or uh, free drinks, but yeah. we're, we're yeah. just going to be a team that people want to come watch play because it's exciting, and uh, and we play together. So the buzz has been great, and obviously we don't just play for that, but uh, for our guys, they bought into, I mean, we had a great week of practice, and, and we got better in the two days leading up to CNU, we felt like, and this is uh, another great opportunity. We, we get to be together. For another week, and uh, our, you know, the bottom of our roster, guys that don't get to play, they're just as excited right now, and that's that's special when you have a group that they, they don't even mind that they're not playing because they enjoy the experience of being on the team. After losing four of your first six, you have won nine straight, including eighteen of your final twenty-one. To say you guys are on a roll may be the understatement, and I think there may be some people who may not want to see the Seagulls fly into their campus for the NCAA tournament. Coach, congratulations on the win. Congratulations on, on yet another bid, and yet another, I should say, getting that bid for the first time since 96. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, Dave, it's, uh, it's an honor. It's great to be able to talk to you because it means that we did win the game and that we're going to the tournament. So I appreciate you and what you guys are doing and um, bringing some recognition to Division Three Hoops. It's a great environment and a great product and uh we're excited for for next week well congratulations thank you for the kind words good luck we'll look forward to seeing where you may be headed on monday uh, i'm sure you guys will as well and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you down the road that sounds great dave all the best thank you josh merkel joining us on the hoopsville hotline think about it they don't they bring back most of their team Christopher Newport brings back a vast majority of their team. St. Mary's, while they lose Nick Laguerre, will bring back a good chunk of their team. Next year's CAC could be a lot of fun to watch. But first, Salisbury's representing the conference in the NCAA term. We'll see how they dance. Coming on up. If you got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. More Hoopsville selection special coming up next. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself, you know, a, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division III school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result in my mind is you just become a very well-rounded person. Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests, basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it.
college basketball. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and uh, taking the time to join us. Um, appreciate it. We are in the last throws of this show. Uh, a reminder, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Also a reminder that the men's bracket will be announced at 1230 Eastern Time tomorrow. The women's bracket will be announced at 230 Eastern Time. Uh, we will have a special Hoopsville show to follow about 3 o'clock, but that time could change. Bear with us. Uh, we will keep, it abre keep you abreast via our Twitter account. Uh, we will talk to the committee chairs, we hope, at some point. We're still working on details as to when and where and how, but we will get them on, we hope on that show and we'll also talk to some of those teams who are in and maybe if we're lucky maybe some of the teams that may have missed out we'll see if they want to talk about it pat and i have been wrapping up the uh women's side of things we got a few more um oh by the way before i forget the hoopsville campaign right here in the corner of your screen just got another contribution we'll check it out that thing is in its last hours as well anything you can do to help us we certainly appreciate it uh, Pat Coleman uh, rejoining me now as we had gone through uh, a, maybe a few more of the women's picks than I thought we would get through. Um, but we went through a few more, and I'll let you have the floor as to who is back up on those bubble teams, who got in, and who is sitting at the table for our final couple selections or selection. I'll leave that up to Pat to reveal. Yeah, and so what we have here is uh, when we left, we had selected 14 of the 20 teams. Anybody who, uh, who we select at that point or after, you're definitely on the bubble. Uh, don't feel very confident. Uh, don't feel super confident just because we picked you. Um, you know, we're getting to the point where Dave and I are to the splitting hairs point, but we're down to the final selection, uh, and we were to the splitting hairs point in the men's uh, in the men's selection uh, conversation a couple of picks previous to this. So we uh, we had uh, selected and here's who we have selected so far. As a reminder, before we went to break, we selected Amherst, Scranton, Bowdoin, DePaul, University of Texas at Tyler, uh, Puget Sound, and NYU. Those were the uh, those were the obvious ones. Those were the safe ones. Those were the definite ins. And then we have Williams probably belongs on that list at, uh, as well. But they had. Uh, they were 20 and six, so they were a little bit lesser in terms of winning percentage. Uh, Stockton, uh, which is the school formerly known as Richard Stockton, uh, Eastern and uh, North Central of Illinois, and we uh, those were the picks that were probably more relatively safe. Uh, North Central with uh, 21 and five, 575 strength of schedule. Uh, we felt pretty confident about them, uh, even though their wins against regionally ranked opponents were against teams who might not be in the regional rankings when the committee. Uh, put them together on Sunday night. Now we're getting to a clump of teams. Ithaca, John Carroll, and Stevens, they all had some common opponents, a little interplay. John Carroll had beaten Ithaca head-to-head. -head. Ithaca had games against Stevens in the Empire 8, and we put all three of them in. So they were picks 12, 13, and 14. Uh, now you get to Hope. Uh, Hope, 23 and 4, 563 strength of schedule. We put them in. Uh, Hope had beaten the University of Chicago. They lost to Wheaton, and of course they lost three times to Calvin, but a win against Chicago is to win against a team who's on the board, and those are fairly rare in this uh, area of the uh, conversation. Uh, Eastern Mennonite went next. We took them. They were 22 and three, 531 strength of schedule. It's a pretty vanilla resume, in all honesty, but 
Uh, the 22 and three record, you know, that's an 880 winning percentage against Division three schools. Uh, you're not going to find that fairly uh, uh, often this deep in the bracket, and also or in the conversation. And also, we felt that Virginia Wesleyan probably plays its way into the South Region rankings with their win in the Old Dominion Athletic Conference tournament. Uh, I forget who we had them replacing Millsaps, I believe. Uh, they also could have replaced Louisiana College. Either one of them uh, possibilities to for ways to get Virginia Wesleyan in. Also, they could have played their. Uh, they also could have gotten in past uh, Lynchburg because of the. Uh, uh, the play there in the ODAC tournament. So we feel fairly strongly Virginia Wesleyan probably will played its way into the South region rankings. And that really helped uh, Eastern Mennonite. They gave them at least something resembling a positive uh, number for their uh, uh, results against regionally ranked opponents and that sort of thing. Uh, that brings us to our next pick. This is 17 out of, out of 20, 17. Yeah, this would be 17. And we took the university of Chicago uh, University of Chicago, their uh, winning percentage wasn't the best, 17-7 uh, and seven, uh, versus Division Three opponents, which is a 708 winning percentage, lower than some of the other teams on the board, but they had a really good uh, strength of schedule result, uh, six and, uh, 619, which is really high, especially late in the conversation, and 3-4 and four against regionally ranked opponents. We mentioned the game against Hope. Uh, they did very well against NYU, a team who was uh, in their conference and is already in the tournament, but importantly, a regionally ranked opponent. Um, up next, pick 18, we have Whitworth. Whitworth, um, you know, we mentioned this earlier in the broadcast, just 15 and 5 against Division Three schools, six games against non-Division Three opponents, which is why they're waiting and hanging here on the bubble as long as they are. Um, so, you know, because they didn't play a lot of, uh, practically any Division Three opponents outside their conference. They don't have a lot of regionally ranked uh, opponent wins to, uh, to talk about. Uh, they're 1-2 and two against Puget Sound, and they're 0-2 against George Fox. So uh, that's the 1-4 and four against regionally ranked opponents. But at this point in the uh, conversation, they get in. Uh, and that's followed by, uh, let's take a look at the board the way it stands at that point. After Whitworth gets in, we've got two picks to go. The board is Westfield State, Brooklyn, Cortland State, McDaniel, Transylvania, Maryville, uh, Wisconsin Superior, and Bethel. Uh, we kind of go through these teams. Uh, Bethel, 21 and 5, 527 strength of schedule, 0 and 2 against uh, regionally ranked opponents. McDaniel, we've mentioned their resume quite a bit, 24 and 3, 485, 1 and 2 against regionally ranked opponents, both of those against Muhlenberg, uh, or all three of them against Muhlenberg. Um, Cortland State was 1 and 4 against regionally ranked opponents, 21 and 6. 521. They were getting a lot of similar numbers here, not a lot standing out. Brooklyn, 20 and 7, 513 strength of schedule, 0 and 6 against regionally ranked opponents. Safe to say that they're not getting in if if we have the same regionally ranked opponents that the uh, a committee does. Uh, Westfield State out of New England, 22 and 5, 510 uh, against regionally or 510 strength of schedule, regionally ranked opponents just 1 and 0. And then we have Maryville and Transylvania. Maryville is 25 and 3, 519 strength of schedule. It's a really good record, obviously. Strength of schedule is not awesome. 519, 1 and 1 against regionally ranked opponents. That's not a lot to speak of either. But they beat Transylvania head to head. And the eighth team on our board is Transylvania, 24 and 2, uh, 499 strength of schedule, uh, 0 and 1 against regionally ranked opponents. So that's a head to head. Dave, and uh, yeah. that was a big reason that why we have Maryville in uh, in this 19th spot out of 20 over Transylvania. Yeah, and, and again, another head-to-head -head coming into play, which we aren't used to seeing 
all that often, and I think it's hard to say, okay, one team's in, another team's not, but they have a head-to-head. So um, I got Maryville. Uh, I agree with Maryville going in there, and I think uh, they'll be pleasantly. Su- no, I don't think they'll be surprised. I think they hope to get in with a twenty-five and three record. I think maybe they'll be surprised it took this long. And it may be um, because Eastern Mennonite sat on the board for quite a long time. Maryville, yeah. uh, in our mock projection here, doesn't get to the board for a while, so it makes it difficult to get them in. Um, coming to the board now is Randolph-Macon. Uh, now that we've put Virginia Wesleyan in the South Region rankings, we have Macon at 20-4. and four. Uh, uh, They also have a game against Division II uh, Virginia Union. Uh, the 538 strength of schedule and 3-1 and one against regionally ranked opponents. Uh, and then there's Transylvania, 24-2, 499, 0-1. I really think, Dave, uh, these are the two teams that we're coming down to. I, I think that... Uh, you know, you and I talked during the break. Transylvania is better than McDaniel, both just barely in winning percentage and somewhat more significantly in strength of schedule. So we can kind of knock uh, McDaniel out of the conversation. And a lot of these other teams just pretty much have the same resume. You know, 20 to 21 wins, strength of schedule in the 510 to 520 range. Um, you know, no real significant uh, uh, numbers against regionally ranked opponents to speak of. Um, Transylvania is one of these classic high win percentage, low strength of schedule teams. Uh, they lost to Hanover in the conference championship game on Sunday and they're sweating it out and deservedly so because the, uh, the resume is not very good for them. I was looking at, um, by the way, a friend of ours from the Cortland area has made a kind donation to the Hoopsville fundraiser. Wants to know if he he wants to know if (laughs) nice. (laughs) He wants to know if he could up his donation if we put Cortland in. Um, sorry. Well, just, we're not the ones that you really want to. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, listen, I think. Yeah, I mean we're tough here. Transylvania does have an above ninety percent winning percentage. I think it's nine twenty three or something like that. I mean that's it's it's hard to ignore that. Randolph Macon's got a very good resume too. <sighs> Yeah, uh, you're right. Transylvania's nine twenty-three. Randolph Macon is eight thirty-three. Yeah, and lower if you count the Virginia Union game. Uh, Transylvania played Asbury. Is that right? That's their non-D three game. Yeah, I think so. Um, which is a uh, pretty nondescript. Also, um, we go dig into that though. We probably should just to do just to be fully complete. Um. No, Berea. I'm sorry. If we played pick the a, uh, pick, a, pick a Kentucky NAIA team. So the trick Kentucky here, and this NAIA. is where this is where it gets tricky. So if you played the point oh three to I'm two sorry, games Dave. ratio, you'd get these two teams equal. I apologize. I got to jump in here. Um, they uh, Spalding was in the regional rankings. And Transylvania beat them. So Transylvania is one and one against regionally ranked okay. teams. Never had to really think about a Slack team being regionally ranked. Yeah. Hmm. My my gut tells me, kind of like we did on the men's side with Catholic, that at some point the winning percentage has got to trump something here. And if anyone's asking me why we haven't considered McDaniel, well, the difference between McDaniel and Transylvania is one more loss for McDaniel and lower SOS. So that's why Transylvania is the only one where I'm considering this. Um, and just for argument's sake, uh, Beret is 15-9. and nine. Okay. 
they play in a scholarship conference. I don't think it's not one of the NAIA power conferences, obviously, but uh, you know, that's a team that's at least fairly decent. Transy beat them. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards Transy. Um even though Randolph Macon's criteria is certainly jumping off the screen a little bit too. Um I just I, I think at some point you're the SOS is just close enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just close enough that I, I'm I'm comfortable with Transylvania here. Well, I can't argue with that. I think getting Spalding getting the accurate the data to make sure Spalding is counted as a regionally ranked opponent certainly helps. At least they have one win. Exactly. Um, it's not a great one. Obviously it's a team that's at the bottom of the central and you know, we've kind of poo pooed those kind of wins earlier, but uh, 923 winning percentage, 24 and two. That's, uh, you know, that'd be difficult to keep them out. What were the, the hope teams that didn't get in, right? Uh, which are, you know, in this region in previous years, just yeah. kind of compare on a, uh, uh, on a historical standpoint. I'm trying to remember what those teams were like. Were they three loss teams, four loss teams? Maybe I think they were usually four. Yeah, I think they were usually three loss, four loss teams, if I, if I missed. And that's kind of the McDaniel example. They're 24 and three. With an even worse SOS at 485, that's why, you know, two losses with a 499. At some point, you know, we talked about on the men's side, the win loss has to kind of finally win out in some capacity. And I don't mean that in the sense that it trumps everything else. I just mean it's hard to ignore. Um, the uh, the hope the last hope team that didn't get in uh, with that kind of uh, thing going on was 22 and five in 2012. Just, just for historical reference, not necessarily for comparison purposes, because no two years are alike. No, and that's three more losses anyway. Um, I, I'm staring at Randolph. It, nothing from Randolph tells me that's the team. Uh, well, no, that's not true. A lot of things tell me, except it's one loss. Uh, and so, similarly, the two wins against Virginia Wesleyan are against a team at the bottom of the regional ranking. Yep. Um, they beat they beat Stevenson though, right? That's the team. They that, did uh, beat Stevenson, who's anywhere from probably they're number two or number three in the Mid Atlantic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably three. The pecking order is probably not going to change unless well, unless going to fall. Yeah. I, who knows. That's a tough one, man. Um, we can open it up to Twitter. Anybody on Twitter have a uh, use the criteria to support your your. Uh, um, I might have an answer. Let me hold on. I have one person who's at large includes Transylvania and Randolph Megan, so that doesn't help us. You gonna go do one of these? Uh, no, no, not that. <laughs> okay, we're glean free. We're gonna do this on our own. No, there was another email I got earlier in the day. I'm trying to find it. And so we're doing through and putting this uh, final touches on the mock selection. Once this is done here in the next eight minutes, uh, I'm going to go take this and bracket it up. I'm going to bracket up the men's as well. I'm not getting a lot of sleep tonight, but uh, we want to make sure Dave's all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for the NCAA.com selection shows in the morning and the afternoon. And, uh, well, it's it's morning and afternoon my time. and, uh, you know, so maybe he doesn't berate the uh, committee chairs quite as much this year. He'll be a little more well-rested. <laughs> um, yeah, one of them had him 
both in, and one of them had neither of them in. Um, and a reminder of who we have right now. We've put in Amherst, Scranton, Bowdoin, DePauw, Tyler, Puget Sound, NYU, Williams, Stockton, Eastern, uh, North Central, Ithaca, John Carroll, Stevens, Hope, Eastern Mennonite, Chicago, Whitworth, and Maryville. Those are the 19, and we're just debating between basically Transylvania and Randolph-Macon for the last spot. To recap everybody else, we looked at UW-Superior, um, 19 and 7, 506 strength of schedule. Uh, the strength of schedule pales and the uh, winning percentage pales. Uh, Bethel didn't have anything that stood out. McDaniel, we've talked about ad nauseum. They've been on the board basically the entire night. Scranton's going to be one of the first teams off, and uh, McDaniel's not going to go anywhere. And the team that's behind them is Albright, who has a, a good strength of schedule but a poor record at, at 20 and 7. So if the committee decide to flop them, Albright might get into the conversation, uh, but McDaniel, I think, is going to roadblock in the third ahead. Uh, we talked about Brooklyn uh, losing all six of its games against regionally ranked opponents. Westfield State only played one regionally ranked opponent. Cortland State is one in four against regionally ranked opponents if St. Lawrence stays in the regional rankings, which is a, uh, a big if. Yeah. So uh, I know Justin Sweeney had requested a recap. I saw that. <laughs> Thanks for joining us here on the uh, Hoopsville Selection Mock Selection Show. Feel free to mock our selections after the show. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm going with Transylvania. Oh, good. I think I was going with Transylvania too. So I think that means we're done. There we go. Justin, I'm sorry you don't. Uh, I know there's about a minute delay or so, so uh, you're not gonna. We're gonna be done by the time you you hear this. I think you can handle it. Yeah, I think uh, I actually think he uh, he says here, right? He's already got Transylvania. He's yeah, he's he. That's where he's leaning to. Yeah. So, oh, because they have a former Northwest Conference coach. It's true. She coached at uh, Lewis and Clark. Lewis right? and Clark. Yep. Yep. Lewis and Clark. Um, so a, a tough Sunday for uh, for Transylvania, and then we made them sweat it out on the bubble, and they're going to be sweating it out even later because that selection show is not until two thirty Eastern tomorrow. Yeah. They're gonna not love life all that much. Hey Dave, um, I have a I have a suggestion for you. Go for it. So I know Dave will see the bracket early uh, because he has to prep for the show. Um, yes. When uh, when I did some of these shows with ESPN, one of the things that I made sure that we tried to do was uh, present the brackets in an order so that the drama is still there at the end. Because a lot of times, uh, a lot of the answers are answered in that top left quadrant. <laughs> and we just need to be in a position where maybe we just don't re if if the top left quadrant has Transylvania or Randolph Macon or you know somebody who's out here on our bubble like Cortland State or McDaniel don't reveal that first reveal that last I know you know this but they need to be reminded that would I will, be my suggestion I will ask them I don't know if I've got that kind of pull <laughs> but it's a good I know, point uh, we did I was. I was flabbergasted the, the year that we had a we had that in football where the the big dramatic stuff was in the top bracket, and I asked uh, ESPN News to hold that for the last one, and they did it. It was wow, great. Wow. Okay. Well, I'll talk so, to them. You never know. You never know. Never know, man. I will check. You're the, you're certain... the news guy. And no, the I other am. thing is the other thing, of course, is to sit on the uh, on your uh, suit coat so that you have a better line across the back. Oh, I, I learned that from broadcast news or network or something like that. I still got to pick that out. I don't know what I'm going to wear yet. Um, you should wear something. You should have your wife pick it out so that you're wearing oh, the right colors. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is red. This is purple. Yeah, it'll, that's green. It'll probably be uh, it'll probably be uh, gray suit, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it um, may be gray to you. The question is, is gray to everybody? Touche. Else. Um, what color is that suit? So, yeah. <laughs> I will certainly ask. I, I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, well, I'm gonna get the. I will get the bracket ahead of time. If anybody's asking, is wondering now whether I will secretly get you information. Oh heck no! Uh, we have actually had the bracket early between oh. football and men's and women's basketball the vast majority of the time, and you never see it from us early. No, nope. because no, it's that's not. What the, that's what the job is. If we're being called on to analyze something, we then can't just go blab it because then we won't get invited back. Well, not to mention the fact the selection shows are 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 a nice thing for division three. You don't get those on ESPN and, and CBS or anything like that anymore. And why take that away? Why take that experience away from the student athletes? So uh, I'm not about to do it for that reason uh, more than anything. So um, no bright ideas from any of you people. Um, not going to happen. Yep. So yeah, the bracket show for men is at 1230 Eastern time. The women's is at 230 Eastern time. I just got a message because someone's listening. Yes. I am participating as the analyst for NCAA.com. Um, kind of the shot you're looking at right now. I don't know if we'll change it up in any way, shape, or form, but we'll make some adjustments. I know of a couple things in there that will change. But, um, yeah, so I will be uh, – the microphone won't be as prevalent. We'll probably hide it a little <laughs> bit. Um but we have it's a boom. You can so. keep that D three hoops logo pretty prominent in the back though. That'd be great. It's that or the NCA basketball one. I don't know which, but I'll figure it out. I also have that nice computer monitor, so I can always put that logo in there too. So I have flexibility here. Um, yep. You know, there's a couple things right about there. You'll see it later over my right shoulder. I think I'll get rid of. Um, but yeah, so looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be fun. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a great, I mean, they contacted us last week and just kind of randomly, and then, uh, they may have a role in Salem too, but we'll also do a lot in Salem. We'll talk about that, but more importantly, we'll have a show on Monday too. Um, as we will, yep. uh, hit the air probably three, three thirty Eastern time, depending on exactly how long the women's show goes, um, and go from there. We'll talk to Coaches, we'll hopefully talk to both committee chairs. That's always our goal. We've reached out, and I've heard back from one. They're busy. Once the brackets come out, there tends to be a lot of conference calls that have to take place. Um, but we'll try and get them as soon as we can and ask them questions and find out information from them uh, accordingly. Um, and we'll talk to some of the coaches who uh, who are in and, and maybe who missed out. It, that, that depends. Um, but we'll work on that. Of course, Pat, we have our final top 25s before the tournament and the second to last, the penultimate. I can always get the beginning and never get the end. Penultimate. Thank you. That's yeah, what sure. I was trying to say. Um, top 25s, and those will come out too. Um, wouldn't be surprised yep. if you only have 25 vo 24 voters on the men's side. Uh, you're saying you're not going to turn in a ballot? No, I will. <laughs> I can get someone to ghostwrite the blog for you, too. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> nice. Ghost vote. I think I'll have some time at some point in the middle of the day. I can maybe slap it together. So, And I don't mean that in a way that I won't take it seriously. I've already been thinking about it for hours. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap it up here, sir, uh, after uh, going through our mock selections? Yeah, Dave, I do have one. It's not really related to the selections, but... I just wanted to point out, Lauren Hill is still alive. God bless her. Yeah, absolutely. She is still with us. That is incredible to me. I 
was, you know, I think we were so sure that she wasn't going to make it to the 1st of December. And, you know, she's done so much good for uh, her cause and for raising awareness of pediatric uh, cancer in general and pediatric uh, tumors and, and DIPG that it just, I felt like here at the end of the season, just like where we started it back on, uh, you know, the first weekend in November before the uh, season was actually even permitted to start. Uh, we should just uh, mention that here as well. No, absolutely agree with you. Um, I've got the Ohio Wesleyan jersey, number 22, over my shoulder, and so that's always on my mind. Well past what we thought. She's it's rough right now. Clearly, from the last story I saw Brad Johansson put together in Cincinnati, yeah. it's certainly rough right now. But, yeah, I mean, the beginning of the season started early for her, and she's still here now? I mean, come on. Um, that's outstanding. Just um, incredible. Yeah, so – Definitely. Good point, uh, to be sure. Before I let you go, just in case anybody wants to know, can you give everybody kind of a rundown of where they can find things in the next 24 hours that they may need? Absolutely. So, uh, well, uh, so we've uh, projected out these uh, selections. I'm going to project out a bracket and you'll find them on the front page of D3Hoops.com starting probably around 2 a.m. Eastern, I would guess, would be the when the first one would hit. Uh, tomorrow, we will be carrying the selection shows live. Uh, Dave will be, uh, of course, uh, availing the NCAA of his expertise, this time solicited. Sometimes it's unsolicited, but this time solicited. So uh, we'll have uh, those uh, right on d3hoops.com all day tomorrow. Uh, so uh, tune in and watch them with us. Uh, we'll be uh, shooting those links around and we'll have them on the front page. But uh, we'll, we have the uh, selection shows for you. Uh, Dave, as you mentioned, is going to do that show uh, and I will join him and we'll we talk with the committee chairs starting around 3 or 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, also, though, uh, you know, if you want to just double check uh, who the automatic bids are, because we didn't really talk about those at all. We focused on all the other bids. Uh, there's uh, two links on the front page in those rotating front page stories who's in the tournament. So you can uh, just recheck on those kind of walk your way through all those conference tournaments. Sports information directors, this is for you. We do have one final team of the week presented by Scoutware. That's our weekly honor roll, honoring the top player at each position. Deadline for that is still 8 p.m. Eastern. Somehow we are going to process that through the course of this week, even though it is a crazy week. Um, because also going on right now are the all-region nominations. So if you're a SID, I sent that out, an email out about that on Friday. If you did not get that, uh, let me know uh, sooner rather than later. I mean, the deadline is not for another week, but, um, you know, all the games that count for all region status have already been played. Uh, NCAA tournament games don't count. ECAC, NCCAA, and all those other conference, all those other postseason tournaments, they don't count. So go ahead and get your nominations in now. And um, let's see if there's anything else I'm missing. We'll have... Uh, we'll have a NCAA tournament preview, our surprises, disappointments, our projected Cinderella's. Gordon Mann and I will do those again this week. We'll have um, we'll have uh, another uh, set of features from our uh, regional reporters, our around the region reporters. So we'll have uh, feature stories all week. Uh, game night starts Thursday night with uh, the two Division three men's games, and then wall to wall basketball on Friday. Except, you know, the first wall doesn't start until about 5 p.m. Eastern time when the first women's games will probably tip off. Uh, and then Saturday also as we get the, the first round of the NCAA tournament. And there's a there's a Thursday night Hoopsville show in there, too. And, yeah, it's this is the week. Uh, the great thing is that the site doesn't crash on Selection Day anymore. So that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Remember Woo! those days? Thank you. Rest of sports. Yes, absolutely. And, of course, it's nice, too. Our show doesn't slow down anymore. <laughs> <laughs> when it used to um 
but no it's uh thank you yeah exactly <laughs> you're funny um no lots to cover we will be on the air uh tomorrow um again three o'clock ish eastern time that's not counting the selection shows that'll be after the final one is on the air um and then we will be on the air thursday as well and of course sunday don't know where my destination excuse me my destination is uh this coming weekend if i can get anywhere it all depends on the brackets all right brackets um any final thoughts sir out you be out very good. Thank you so much, Pat Coleman, joining us here on Hoopsville. Um, again, if you got questions for us when we're off the air or throughout the day tomorrow, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or use the hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. This fundraising campaign ends literally in less than three hours, two hours, something along those lines. If you have a moment to donate, please do. If you're watching this on the archive and this is already closed and you're interested in donating, please email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. We can find a way to make it work. Uh, I know some people have been interested in the past. I want to thank all of our uh, guests who are, appeared on the show earlier today. Um, you'll hear from more tomorrow. I want to also thank Pat Coleman for joining me in doing our mock draft. I want to thank all of you who have donated to the Hoopsville Fundraising Project. Really do appreciate it. It's an honor to do this show. We love doing this show, and it's even more, um, it's even, it's even better when you decide that what our efforts are are worth it um, and worth contributing to. We have raised our goal, and we thank you for that. I'm going to sign off. We're going to be back on the air again tomorrow, but look for my presence at least uh, on the NCAA tournament selection shows. And of course, you can follow us. You can also follow Pat at D3 Hoops. And use the hashtag D3H with any questions as well on Twitter. I want to thank everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This was a fun show. Glad we kind of changed up our Sunday normal show just a little bit. We had a lot of fun doing it. And we thank you for tuning in. We certainly had plenty of you and well over 100 still watching as we speak. So thank you. Uh, it is after midnight. I have to get some sleep so I can be up and, and looking good tomorrow morning and maybe sounding good. I don't know. No promises. <laughs> you never know. But thank you very much, everybody. Again, Men's Selection Show, 1230 Eastern Time. Women's Selection Show, 230 Eastern Time. Hoopsville hits here approximately 3 o'clock. It's going to all be found on D3Hoops.com. Links to everything you need, including as Pat will work on those brackets and maybe get some help as well. well our mock brackets, as it were, will come out uh, as well. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for donating. And thank you for joining us here on Hoopsville. We're going to sign off. Good night, everybody. Appreciate your support and take care.